Did you ever have to fight? Every week. I liked it. They had Fight Night Fridays with the cops. The cops would fight you. <laughs> yeah. It's Fight Night Fridays and Lock Up Mondays. So what that means is if cop want to fight you, body shots and shout. No face shots. The face shot, you go right to jail. They beat the shit out of you. All body shots. In order to stay so f***ed up, the cops would come in from all the other compounds and they bet on the fights. You had a problem with one of these cops. He takes his vest off, he f***s you up or he f***s him up. If the cop f***s you up and you didn't get over it by Monday, they lock you up. And that's what it was. And why were they fighting? Just f gorillas. What makes me dangerous is I've been broke, I've been in prison. You can't scare me. Devin Riley. You got him. What's up, baby? <laughs> What's going on? How are you, man? Another Pro day. Professional asshole. 100%. Um, uh, Kingpin. X. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> former, yeah former, former Kingpin. Former, former, um, Got a, I mean, facing 80 years 80, in prison. Yep. 81 years. 80 years with a 40-year minimum. Yeah, that's, that's heavy. That's Way heavy. too many. That's uh, too many. Leading, you know, like a, a giant, I guess you could say a drug ring. Is that? Is that that's is what that, they claim, yeah. That's leader. what allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Allegedly. Was, uh, 35 co-defendants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minimum. An insane picture from inside the courtroom mm -hmm. of you just throwing the thumbs up. I'll be all right. Spiky hair. Ready, <laughs> yeah, ready yeah, to yeah. go. Backstreet Boy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm showing my age there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, a wild life uh, and a very, like, interesting story and a very interesting dude. So I'm excited to jump into it. Uh, the thing that I'm curious about first is just growing up in Jersey. So you, you're from Melville, is Melville, that? Melville, correct. That's, yeah. that's where you spent, like, your first 18 years? Uh, 15. Okay. Um... My, my parents got divorced when I was probably, I think, ten, 8 or 10, whatever it was. Um, my mother got back with her high school sweetheart who lived in Philadelphia. Mm. He would come down to Millville for a couple of years. Then we moved to, to Philly with him, you know, when I was, I think, 16. Because I angled it where, hey, Mom, we should move there because I can get my driver's license at 16 in Pennsylvania. It's 17 in Jersey. Mm. So I got mom, you know, I, I talked mom into moving there into Philly. So I get my driver's so license. So you knew it even as a kid. Right away. Yeah, like I knew it. I was driving, I was probably 14, 15. We lived in this little yard. I was driving my mom's Honda back and forth. You yeah, know, like in the driveway. Ready. Just getting, getting ready. ready. So I was ready to go. Because that was freedom. Freedom. Listen, yeah. and uh, you know, we're, I'm on the, the house phone, to, like it's a cell phone. You know what yeah, I mean? That's yeah, before yeah. The, all the cell phones. So I, um, I went to Philadelphia school for a couple semesters and came back and moved my father at 17. And what is Melville like at the time when you're there for the, you know, as a kid? It was 25,000 people, you know, it's just, it's, it's a little, there's nothing special there. It's, it's a, it's a factory town. There was a bunch of glass factories um, that took up the whole city just about. That's mm -hmm. what, you know, that's what it was. Um, my father's attorney in the town. We owned, uh, my grandparents owned a ice and fuel oil company in the middle of the town. So I worked with my grandfather's and I was like, Eight, what, is that, what does that mean? Like ice and so they sold block ice for like the farm. So it was all farms around there too. So they would sell like crushed ice, like two tons of crushed ice. They put it in a machine. They big three hundred count pound cakes of ice. They produce. We put it in a big walk in freezer, bring it out, crush it on a platform. So when you know it's before they had all the bagged ice before the you oh, know you go Seven Eleven and get the twenty pound bags or sixteen whatever they are now. Yeah, you come, you bring a bucket to the ice plant. You get 25 pounds in a bucket and take off. And like a dude would break it up and throw and he'd it put in. It, there's a crusher with like some wheels and shit that would go around. Yeah. So oh, was, wow. They, they had that in, in the winter. They had fuel oil. So it kind of, you know, made sense that they kept everybody working the whole time. So they sell, you know, fuel during the winter and then ice in the summer. Interesting. So that's what your grandparents did. Yep. And then and they stayed in that area. And then your dad became an attorney in that area. Yes. And then what did your mom work? My mother, she she worked. She was she wanted to go to school all the time. Um, when they got divorced, we lived in a two bedroom. My sister and I bedroom. She slept on a couch. Mm. At that time, she was working at the Red Cross, okay, making seven dollars an hour. I don't know. You know and why was, why did she do that? Did she like helping people? 
I don't. I think she was just fucked up at the time, honestly, from my father. Like oh, he, really? he tortured her. Yeah, he was a motherfucker. Really? Um, can I, I can cuss? Right? <laughs> yeah. You're required to cuss. Okay, that's yeah, all yeah, good. Yeah. So she she did what she could, um, but she was probably going through a depression. You know everything else. Yeah. I was the one. I was out doing more than she was. I had two paper routes. You know, I was working with my grandfather. Um, I bought the VCR. I bought the first VCR for the house, and that's how old oh, really? I am. Yeah. You know, so she, you know, she's sleeping on the couch, crying herself to sleep sometimes. I'm bringing VCRs to the house. So before your parents split, who all was living in the house? It was my sister, my father, my mother, just four of us. Gotcha. I got one sister. She's four years younger. She's younger than yep. you. Okay. So you, do you feel like a protective role for her when you're a kid? No. You know, we were at that. We, it was just that weird age where we, she, I couldn't stand her because everything I did, she wanted to do. Uh, of course. Yeah, I, yeah, she'd yeah. have her girlfriends come over and they'd go in my room and steal my shit. Yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. just a battle. You yeah, know, we'd go yeah, to the yeah. restaurant and she'd order, what, she'd wait for me to order and she'd order the same thing. Your parents probably loved her like uh, way more. She just, was a girl. Yeah. I'm the asshole. You know what I mean? Like I've always been. So, yeah. she, you know, she's a good girl. I kind of, I kind of fucked her up when she was, go she went to IUP and she wanted to be in the FBI. Mm. Well, you can't be in the FBI when your brother's a drug dealer. So they kind of like pushed her away from that. No way. And then she got into, she was, she was a probation officer instead of parole or probation officer. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So I kind of owe her a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I mean, but I'll take care of her when yeah, she's yeah, all yeah. said and done. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And so your your dad, I mean, you said it was not like the best dude growing up. Nah, my dad's a scumbag. I mean, listen, he's still, <laughs> I tell him this all the time. You know, now he's older now, but, um, and, and, I don't blame my father for anything because no, we do we make our own decisions at the end of the day. Yeah. But you know, my dad's been married four or five times. You know, and every wife got younger than the last. You mm. know? Was your mom the first wife? Yes, my mother was his first wife. Interesting. And uh, so, I didn't see a lot of my father growing up. You know, I, I saw him. He was more my friend than my father, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, we go a year without talking sometimes. Right. You know, they'd fight over dumb shit. You know, the child support. I, you know, I, I remember those stupid fights. I don't think it affected me at all, but it's just, you know, like I, my dad was my friend. So I call right. him when I need, hey, dad, listen, this happened or I got in a fight or this or that. Or I, I was skateboarding on the sidewalk and I got a ticket. Hmm. You know, back then you get tickets. Now you can ride four wheelers down the middle of the street doing wheelies and they don't even pull you over. Right. So, you know, times have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So your dad is, and he's an attorney. What kind of law? He's like So he practices general law. Okay. And so he was just a typical attorney, you know, very dressed well. He always, you know, he took care of himself. That's the thing. So he was always dressed in the good suits, the Italian shoes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, he was always fly. He's always, he always, he was put together. So he had all the women going crazy over him. He go, he go in the courtroom, he'd smile, they fucking drop their panties. Like, that's the deal. Uh, you know, my mother's like the straight up, she'll beat you kind of still, you know, the little Italian lady. And, yeah. you know, my dad's like banging all these dirty whores <laughs> like i go to his office i wouldn't sit on his leather couch because i didn't know how much dna was on no her way. even when i was a kid i was like i'm not sitting on that couch she was a crime scene oh like, i'm yeah, not touching fuck. that i'm not touching that i'm gonna get something oh that's crazy yeah did he drink so he he was a functioning alcoholic i would say um he so he typical thing 4 30 he'd walk to the bar seven o'clock he'd be home go to sleep he never drank during the day Hmm. Didn't take pain pills, nothing. During the day, he was totally sober. But that four to seven, he's drinking stingers and, you know, like heavy shit. Getting after it. And, and then you go home. He'd have a couple thousand dollar barbell back in the day. But he's, you know, he's a big shot attorney. He's buying, I buy you drink, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, he's wake up the next day, six o'clock, start his day. Not wow. drinking. You know, so he functioned very well at it. So now, though, what happened is he has rheumatoid arthritis. He stopped drinking three years ago. That's good. Went right down. Now it's terrible. We can't even walk around. Now it's like he. We found him one day in a puddle of blood. No, the medicine stopped working. So the doctor said you got to stop drinking. So now he has diabetes because of all the the sugar and the alcohol. 
So now he was craving milkshakes all the time and things like that. Oh, so, so he suppl like he supplanted the alcohol with sugar, sugar. and then that caused even more, more health makes problems. It, right. So oh, now he, he got a, I got a hospital bed in the middle of his house, and he won't go to assisted living. And he's a pain in the ass. Like, he tell every day, listen, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> like, if you don't want to go, I'm just going to take care of it for you because I would never want to live like that. So right. I don't know if when we're younger, we see that and say, I don't want to live like that. And then when you get to there, you, you're automatically, you know, survival kicks in. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to die anymore. Right. But that's me. I'm getting on my plane. I'm fucking going into a mountain because <laughs> I'm not living like that. Like, there's no quality of life left, you know? Right, of course. So that, that's how it is. Interesting. So Lil Dev is seeing his dad, like, drinking, banging chicks. Do you remember the moment where you're like, oh, I don't have normal parents. Like, I, like, I don't have a normal upbringing. Was there ever a No, moment? you know, because my grandfather was always there for me. So he, oh, that's cool. my grandfather always had me, he picked me up from school every day. Oh, that's cool. You know, I, he was my best friend. I would, we'd go, I'd go to his house every day after school. And he was a good dude. He was good. Like, he was the best dude. You can't, he's one of the dudes you can't, you can't replace. Yeah, yeah. He died early. He died in 60 something years old. Mm. Smoked every day. Had a cough one day. Three months later, he's dead. He died on my birthday. My 17th birthday. That's awful. January yeah. 1st. January 1st. Damn. Yeah, he said he told me happy birthday and died three seconds later. That is brutal, yeah. bro. But, I mean, it's terrible, terrible. I mean, you know, because, but my stepfather, my mother's husband, who she divorced twice. She divorced once and married twice, I'm sorry. Okay, so they were high school. Let me tell oh, you that. She ran it back. <laughs> so she was high school sweethearts with this guy. Then my father came in, being the whore my dad is, took my mother. My mother married my father at that time, left Rick, who Rick is my stepfather. And probably a good guy. Best dude in the world, <sighs> right? I mean, best dude in the world. Love him to death. And she gets divorced my father. Rick is still, he visited my grandparents all the time still. And so he got divorced. And when he got divorced, he sent my mother flowers for like every year they're apart. Like, he's just a good dude. And um, my mother then went through menopause in Philly. Mm-hmm. And I was having my first kid. She took off to Arizona. We, we, he gave her everything. He drove her, and I drove a U-Haul to Arizona, from Philly to Arizona. Damn. Because she went out there for four years, got her shit back together, came back and remarried him. Wow. Now they're, now they're together and they're still stuff. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. But he's my, he's my man. Like he's See, nice guys finish first sometimes. You know what I mean? Shout out to yeah, Rick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, Rick's awesome, dude. He, he worked for me for a while, a couple years, and he retired. Oh, that's cool. And when he retired, he... um. They went through some hard times. Not, you know, but they, he had he had a um, Austin Healey car. Mm -hmm. He was old, like, you know, they had, like, through college, and it was always sitting in the garage. They needed some money. They sold it. And it was probably, I was just, I mean, I was a year home from prison, so I wasn't even there yet. You right. know what I mean? Like, I was just getting my shit back together. And three or four years ago, my oldest son and I bought him a, a Cobra, a factory Cobra, a factory five Cobra, like the rep, yeah, you know, the yeah, kid yeah. cars? The rep, yeah. It's like 80 grand. But that's what I gave him for retirement that's because sick. he didn't have that car anymore. Like he yeah, got rid of it. Yeah, yeah, he always yeah. that's all. So he takes the car out, no top. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. And and, and those reps, if you get a nice one, they run dude, great. Sick. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, it takes race track. It's it's fast. Put it on like a Volkswagen chassis or something like that. Yeah, it's a well, it's got and it's got a three fifty in there. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it thing smokes. No, they that, move. You know, it's all and, and, and the cool. sound system is great. Like they fix all the problems with these old cars. Everything. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. And, that's cool. You know, Everybody looks at it, and he just, you know, it's loud and it's fast, and he just takes it. So, yeah. And then the registration says, like, Kia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Old, 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 yeah. So, he, he, but he, like, he, um, when I was in prison, he didn't miss a weekend. That's awesome. I was in Northern State, and it was a two-and-a-half-hour ride in the summer. It was probably five hours to get home. Right. Never missed a weekend. And then your biological dad. Saw him probably five times while I was in prison. That's interesting, man. That's interesting. I, I'm curious, like, how you deal with this as, like, a young kid. Like, your dad kind of being an asshole. It didn't, you know, that, and I'm an asshole now. And, <laughs> and, and, and it, But it didn't bother me too much, I don't think. Like, you know, my, it bothered my sister a lot. She's like, do you remember when that, 
I don't remember any of that shit because I think I just didn't even pay enough attention yeah. to it, you know. Um, was your dad angry? Yes, to to an extent. So yeah. when I was when I was young and you know nine, ten, eleven, um, he would have his girlfriend there and they'd be down. They'd doing crystal meth in the basement all weekend, You're, playing poker with all the other attorneys in town. They're doing meth. Yeah, this is back in the day when the you know you take the glass. You, they're doing crystal. They stay up all weekend. In the basement, what? playing poker. All the attorneys in town all weekend. They Friday start Sunday. He come upstairs, lay in front of the TV, sleep until Monday morning, and then go to work. So you know, like, and then but he was real cranky sometimes. You know, in that yeah, because he was on a bender. Oh yeah, that is weekend. crazy. But that's what they did. You know, it's just one of those things. Like that's what they did. That was normal to know they're not coming upstairs for all weekend. Wow. Just doing straight up meth. Meth. That's it. Yeah. And if he got pissed at you, like, would you ever get spanked and shit? Oh yeah. Well, I fought him. I fought him a couple of times. As a kid? Yeah. I fought, I was probably 15 and I took a bat to him. Cause he, what? yeah. So he, um, he was, we called him bear because he would just like flip, fly off the handle. You know, this, you know, say dinner or something, you know, you like fly off the handle. And my, my uncle was at the house and he, I was saying something, but I was like, not even paying attention to my dad. You know, he said something and he went to grab me like at the table. So I took off up the steps and he came after me. So I grabbed my bat. I hit the motherfucker in the legs. Like I hit him in the face. I hit him in the legs with the bat. He put me through the sheetrock. Whoa. He said, you got to do better next time. <laughs> hey, he's, a, he's a big dude. He, he's, like, he's 5'10". Wasn't big, I mean, big then when I was, you know, he's yeah, not, yeah, but, you're you know, a kid. I was a kid. Yeah, So yeah. now I'm just you know, squashing like a bug. But then, you know, it's just like, okay, I got you. You oh, know, so we had, some, we had some real battles. And you were afraid of him when you were young, young? Yeah, he was probably the only thing I was afraid of. Yeah. But I knew that my grandfather would have me. So I knew right. I could, oh, he, listen, even though my grandfather's a little dude, I knew he, if he had to, he'd shoot him. Was he, was your grandfather ever, like, disappointed or frustrated in your dad? Because that's his kid, right? No, no, that's my mother's father. Oh. So he actually adopted my mother. So my, my real grandfather was a newscaster for ABC New York. Whoa. And my, my, my mother's mother divorced Scott, his name was Scott Vincent, divorced him and married John Whitaker, which was my grandfather. And John, Jack, well, I call him Jack, he adopted my mother as a kid. So, so he's my real grandfather. I mean, might not have been blood, but he was, you know, I didn't like my grandmother too much. My grandfather's everything. Because my grandmother's from the old school where her son, my uncle, who I didn't get along with too well, because I watched him do bad shit to the company and steal, you know, like that they didn't want to pay attention to as your kid. Yeah. Um, she had, my grandfather, I would speak every night. He'd pick me up from school. My grandmother was jealous of that relationship. Mm. You know what I mean? Of the relationship, my which you should never do. Right. Yeah. yeah but yeah. that's from the old school where the, you know he didn't. His own son, I was favored more than his own son. Yeah, and, and I could see how that would breed some animosity. So but, at sixteen, yeah. I had to beat up my uncle on the at the ice at the ice factory, for on the platform. Just we were just arguing about ever ever since I was I don't know ten eleven years old. I worked at the ice plant, mm -hmm. and I had ideas to make it better. I mean, I just, I had a business mind that young, mm -hmm. so. We were, I, I remember we were doing, I wanted to get a volumetric bagger. They just had come out. It's the ones you hit a button and it puts eight pounds of bag and put it through a plastic bag and we sell it. Right. Before you would have to measure it out. Right. Before Someone you would have put, to do it. You, you'd crush it in the machine. You'd put it on a scale, weigh it. Right. Do I, they had this whole thing put together. Well, my, I guess my uncle had tried to do things like before my grandfather was like, no, but he was listen, he'd listen to me. He had a kid. Uh, so my, grand, my uncle had a problem, so I just had to beat him up on the platform. And I didn't talk to him for you. I still really don't talk to him that much. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's just, you know. And so when you're a little kid, are you like, like you're not angry at your dad? You just kind of like accept for who yeah. he is? Kind I know of thing? what it is. So yeah. I, I, and that might be a problem with taking shit like 
I don't take things to heart now. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I don't really get bothered. And mm-hmm. if I do, I'm bothered for 10 minutes. Right. You know, you can cuss me. Don't touch me, but you can cuss me, call me all the things you want. And in 10 minutes, I'm over it. Like, I can go to sleep tomorrow. Like, some people get ruined for weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Is See what part of the reason you don't drink, you think, because he was a functional alcoholic? I think I don't drink just, I don't like being out of control myself. Yeah. You know, because I would go to the bar when I'm 21 and 22, and you get these dudes that are five foot six, they want to fight the biggest dude in the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I make poor decisions sober. You understand? <laughs> like, I say that now, but I don't even like alcohol. Like, right. it's just not, I don't, I want to be in control of me. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah. want to control anybody else, but I don't control me. Yeah. I want to know if I'm missing a deal, making a deal, that kind of thing. That makes sense. And so, where you're growing up in Melville, after your parents split, all of a sudden, you move with your mom to right. a worse situation. I oh, guess. we were living in the shells. Shells, because she didn't have any money. She's so making one my dad t- one paying. When you were born to like 10 years old, things were okay. You lived in like a decent yeah, neighborhood. At least in a nice neighborhood. Like this, when I was in school, like the teacher's like, oh my God, you have this great house. Well, you look at it now, it's a piece of shit. But, but it was, back it was then, a regular it was, suburb. Yeah, it was a nice, yeah, it was a nice house. Yeah. You know, it was back in a good neighborhood, you know. But then from like 10 to 18. 10 to 15, till she got. So from about. Nine to fifteen, when they got separated, we were in like one and two bedrooms. Gotcha. You know, and my dad didn't pay much child support. Right. You know, it's just that kind of. So it was you and your sister and your mom. And she was on the couch, and my sister was. I just had a room. Mm-hmm. And that was at the start of like the financial insecurity. Like, I think I always hustled though, so I would even go, before that. Oh yeah, I mean, I was in. Well, the school went up to sixth grade, so I was probably in third or fourth grade. And I was selling now and later's, and I, there was a there was a a. Um, it was called Broadwater's little gas station and sold like candy. I would buy the box and break it down into the Sour Patch, get into the colors and sell them at school. Yeah. So I was selling Polaroid pictures. So when I go to visitation with my dad, I'd make him stop at Wawa and he'd buy me a pack of Polaroid. Remember the Polaroid film? Yeah, of course. I'd take 10 pictures. I'd charge two, one or two dollars a picture. I'd make my dad buy it for him. He'd make him feel bad. I make ten bucks, twelve bucks to school. And so, what you would take pictures of people? Of people, you know, just before you know all this shit was out. Hey, everybody want to pick their picture taken to buy the picture. That's actually a cool hustle. So I, I sold pies at school. Yeah. I would go get day old pie. I'd buy the whole pie for a dollar and sell a dollar slice. Oh, sell wow. it every day. Interesting. So I always had that. The picture else was cool. I've heard people like go to school and sell candy and stuff. Yeah, but like the picture, the picture where, was great. Where did you get that idea? You just thought of it, or did you see someone do something I, I like think that? I saw in a somebody, movie, but like my my mother's stepmother who was you know she got me the polaroid camera mm. but my mom didn't have money even to buy it like film was yeah, like film eight expensive. bucks or ten bucks back then yeah. you know what i mean she didn't have money to even buy it so i've made my dad do it but i think i might have taken one in school one day and be like hey i want a picture went, okay listen we can make money on this yeah yeah did anyone ever judge you for coming to school with a hustle i don't think so no nah because i kind of nah nobody because there was nobody there that could really do that you know you had a couple of like the rich kids that you know right. you thought were rich back then yeah, now yeah, you yeah. kind of like laugh at them like I, <laughs> I thought your mom had money that bitch ain't got shit yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? but so it was that kind of thing but no i didn't really get judged I mean, it wasn't like that it was listen he's making he always know make money we had a bowling league all my four guys on my team would give me all the money and so we all had more together we get better shit when it was all together mm. so we had four guys on the team you know, I was in fifth, sixth grade, you know, like the bowling club or whatever it was. They'd all give their eight bucks or 10 bucks, whatever it costs. We get more food, you know, put, as we all put it together because they understood we can buy more with 30 bucks than we can with eight bucks. Yeah. You get know, a little so, group discount, work out a thing. Work, buy, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, buy, yeah. You know, we can buy pizza, a whole pizza now instead of buying two slices and we get a whole pie. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So it's always been, it's always worked in my head like dollars and cents. Did you have to fight a lot as a kid? No, I wasn't in many fights in, in like grade school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
in high school, there was a battle going on with another town over, the, and we were on one side or the other, so we fought every weekend. Mm -hmm. Nothing terrible. Um, I got arrested for a few times for, like, riot and citing a riot and shit like that. Yeah, um, we went into a project, me and, like, nine guys going after people. And, of course, I get arrested because I'm the easiest one to arrest, you know, because everybody knows my father in a local town. Mm. So they picked me up in high school, like my dad would have to come get me things like that. Wait, why were you going over there to fight? We because it was just fighting like one it was Woodbine, and I was Woodbine. And they were fighting against like Port Nar, so it's all the like surrounding sending districts. And they're so, like, "Yo, meet in this parking lot." Yeah, let's go here and we we'll see where it's going to be. Or we drive around looking for them. Like we four or five of them pack them in a car, find one of these dudes, just and, and it was that, on. Back then it was just fisticuffs. Now it's right. now they're shooting. Right, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, stupid. Yeah. Like, but it's a regular old fashioned fist fight. Yeah. They what happened to the good old days, right? Were, I know, listen, <laughs> they do in prison. In prison, I fought every week, every Friday. Right. They had fight night Fridays with the cops. The cops would fight you. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah, Don't so, forget that. Yeah, we're no. going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. But so growing up, like you would find fights, but you were not like uh, getting bullied or nothing. Nah, nah, nah. Mm -hmm. Did you play sports when you were a young ba kid? I played baseball. Okay. Um, like, I mean, I played, I didn't play, I didn't play sports because I didn't like getting yelled at. So mm -hmm. I would go play football every year. And the first time you yell me, fuck you, I'm out. Mm. Talk to me and I'll do whatever you want. But I have this thing about getting yelled at. You know, like, I, there's, you know, people that need to be yelled at. I 100% agree. Like, if you yell at some people, it motivates them. Mm. To me, it shuts me down. I'm not your son. Yeah. Don't grab my fucking face mask and yell at me. Tell you to say, hey, you listen, you missed that block. Yeah. Next time, get it. I got you, coach. But when you grab my face mask and act, get off me before I hit you. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it triggers me the other way. That makes sense. So I'm not like, to this day, if we talk, if it's a problem, but as soon as you start getting aggressive with me, yeah. I shut it down and now I'm going to battle. No, I get that. And I'm built for conflict. I don't want it. So I don't ever want a problem, but if there's a problem, I don't have a problem. Yeah. So, you know, like that makes sense. So I, I'm, I'm okay with conflict. I'm not, I don't run from it. I go right to it. And was your dad a yeller? Like, was he yelling? No, but he's at you an stuff? attorney. So he's always, he never lost. He was, you know, that kind of thing. So no matter what you said to dad, he was never wrong. He was never wrong. Even if he was wrong, Even, he was still not wrong. And mm. when he thought he was wrong, he was wrong because he thought he was wrong. So it's yeah. that kind of thing, you know, and um, it makes you feel like shit as a kid. Yeah, you like can't you, do anything. You, you feel so small. Yes. Like, okay, so this guy, if he's doing fucking meth in the basement, he'll beat the shit out of me. Right. And if he's not doing meth, he'll break my brain because he's way better at arguing, 100. and I'm gonna lose every, every argument. Time. Yep. Yeah, that would make you feel like shit as a kid. Yeah, but it didn't bother me. Like you know, when I had the good times, we he, we surf fish off of Long Beach Island Beach. Mm -hmm. You know, we drive the truck back and forth. So you know, we had good times with it too. Mm -hmm. Um. After when he his second wife is when he kind of like cleaned up and was like trying to be a dadish if you want to call it that. Mm -hmm. um, That's good. Yeah, but at that time I fucking need it. Yeah, you not know? for you, but it's yeah, good for him good and for his him. other kids. Yeah. And he cleaned up. You know, he got you know he he was then you know he got done the party and but you still drinking every day. Did he ever apologize to you? I don't think so. Would you know. want that? I don't care. Doesn't bother me. I mean, it really doesn't. Would it feel nice if he was like, "Hey, Dev, I was kind of a dickhead." No, because then I would think that you're a pussy. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, like I'm over it. Yeah. You would think he's a pussy for he's apologizing? A 100%. Stick to, stick to your guns, man. <laughs> stick to your guns. But what if he fucked up? What if he was like, He knows I, he fucked up. I know he fucked up, but well, it's over with. But if he's like, yo, I shouldn't be doing meth, like, yo, my bad. He would never say it. I wouldn't right. look for it. You know what I mean? Like, right, he, right. But if he did. Because we go today, he'd say, I wasn't doing it. We, we did a little cocaine or something. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> he, that's, you know, so. Because right. he's never wrong. He's never wrong. Yeah. Perfect example, my father, I want to put him in assisted living. Mm -hmm. Okay, my sisters once we're both on the same page. My mother as well. Mm -hmm. Well, during when he goes, he's lonely, so he's kind of going through depression now because he's got no, you know, he's now he's stuck in the hospital bed or in a chair, he can barely walk. He went from 190, you know, in good shape to 85 pounds. Damn. And but when they interview him, 
he's sharp as a fucking tack because yeah, he knows what to say. So I have no power to put him in our home because this motherfucker Good. knows exactly what to say. Mm -hmm. He gets into rehab, the encompass and things, you know, like for physical therapy. They fucking love him. Then he comes home and like fucking falling on the floor calling 911 because he's bored. Right. So he knows he's still too smart. He knows the game. He's almost he knows too smart for his own good. For everybody's ways. good. Yeah. So, and I know that feeling. Like, I know, listen, all the psychological shit I went through, mm -hmm. you know, in, in prison and other things, I know what to say. Not, I know what's right and wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's part of that in you, kind of. Yep. Yeah, especially back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I know what to say and not to say. Right. Even if you're not going to do it. Right. But I know what you want me to say. Right. So That's why I, I don't yeah. even in, in therapy and shit. Because... I don't think people tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So they just want somebody to tell you, you know, we're sitting here and you're like, oh, well, you know, my life is sucks, this and that. You know, I'd be like, well, fucking kill yourself then. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, and I don't mean that like in a bad way, but I'm right. just like, dude, listen, figure it out. Right. Have you, you know, ever gone to a, to a therapist? I, my mother took me when I was, so the perfect, my mother would take me, my mother, she got her degree in psychology. Oh, really? Yes. She never did any with it. Like a PhD, master's? Yeah. Mm -hmm, PhD. She's in a PhD psychology. in psychology? But she never opened, she never hung on the shingle or anything. Okay, but she worked. She when she moved to Philly, she went to mental health, mm. which is even worse. But I've never met a therapist I couldn't make better because they're listening to problems all fucking day. Like you think about it, like <laughs> yeah. they're fucked up, worn weird. I think nah, a couple that, that shit is heavy. Yeah, yeah, like that takes a lot out of you. But um, so my mother was in it. So you know, it's it's one of those things where my mom when they got divorced, she's like, oh, we're gonna go talk to somebody. By the time the conversation's over, I'm running the show. Mm. At 14, 13, 14 years old. Because you know what to say. And I, I got your attention now. Yeah. So I know what, you know, so it goes from not what you, what are you feeling to like, oh, we're talking about baseball. We're talking about this or that. Right. I, t I take over the conversation. Right. So therapy to me never kind of worked. You know Right, because I mean? you knew what to say, even if you didn't apply it. Correct. And so the therapist would be like, hey, your kid's great. Yeah, there's nothing I can do. What, there's nothing, We're in here talking about baseball the whole time. Right. That kind of thing. Some people need it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but yeah, of I course, think but for you, it's mental. Yeah, like how strong you are mentally at the end of the day. Interesting. And so we're, you said you were like kind of angry as a kid growing up. Angry is probably isn't the right word, but I was maybe on edge. If it, Not even on edge. Because I just wanted to get it. I know what I wanted. Like I didn't want to live like my mother. I knew that. That was the biggest thing. That was the biggest thing. So I didn't want to be, I don't want to cry myself to sleep ever, mm. you know, at night because my X hates me or what I don't give you know that kind of thing I never want to worry about where when we're going to eat I don't want so if I can handle all that now life's good did you feel bad for your mom I don't think I knew well enough to know bad for her like mm. I do now because I see it right but I also think my mother could have done more what do you mean I, so you know some people I work every day mm -hmm. I work seven days a week mm -hmm. I work till it's done not a lot of people have that right if I'm I starve to get what I want I, listen, I'll eat ramen for a month yeah. if I have to because I need to see. Let's get it. People don't don't think like that. So could my mom had a better job? Absolutely. Hmm. But she, not that she played victim, but she was so bothered by my dad never paying child support and things like that that I don't think she ever came up to her full ability of what she could have done. She got caught up in what happened instead yes. of focusing on what could happen next. Right, of how to make it better. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, my grandfather was tough on my mom. So he would give me anything I needed, but, you know, he owned an oil company. He still made her pay for oil. Oh, really? It's just, hey, I mean, and, and you know, you see it like. No handouts type. No handouts. Yeah, like nothing's free. Interesting. And so I think, that, you know, it brings a lot today. Like I'm tough on my kids you mm -hmm. know, for the same reason. Like nothing's free. Right. I made his money. You didn't. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. You don't. It's like the Shaq thing. Have you yeah. seen Shaq talk about that? I did. And so, and actually, you know, so going that, I, I put a trust together. So I have a trust that all my properties and things are in. And the trust is set up so that. If I die today, 
mm-hmm. they don't get shit. Mm-hmm. What the, if they they get they get something? So like my oldest son gets a hundred grand a year, right? Which okay, is it's amazing. nothing anymore. But I mean, well, no, nah, I mean, but you, you, you can live know, on that. Yeah, but you know you're going to be okay. A couple of properties each one gets, you know. But if they need money, you know, at the trust price worth worth a good amount of money, you mm-hmm. know, especially all the properties and life insurance things like that. But if they want money, they got to go to the trust, the Wilmington Trust, with a business plan. Mm. And you don't give fucking shit if they don't like the business plan. So if you need money, it's there for you. But if you don't, that's just going to go on. You know, that's cool, things actually. Like that. I like that because approach. I don't want them thinking if I die tomorrow and they leave them ten, twelve million. Yeah, that's, that's guess what. In three years, I bust my ass since I come home for this shit. Yeah, my my middle son, maniac. He'll buy three Lamborghinis <laughs> and all the whores and be in Vegas and be broke. Yeah, I didn't work this hard to just give this shit away. Yeah, yeah. you know. So that's that's the kind of you know. That's I actually think, a cool structure. I, think actually, I, learned, I, I don't mind that. Like, okay, there's a base level that you'll get. Yeah. Which a hundred grand a year is like great forever because listen, just the interest pays that. Don't get me wrong, that's amazing. Like yeah. most people, I think the average is like fifty, sixty k in America. Like yeah, but yeah, and a hundred is just because he, listen, he's a great kid, he's a good kid, but he can move to Omaha, buy a house, and have kids, and have an amazing life. Right. Yep. I'll take that tomorrow. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, like, yeah, that, yeah. That's great. Yep. Uh, and then coming in with a business plan, I'm like, yeah, that's that's awesome. Because why waste it? I'm yeah, not going to give cool. you if you if you you know you're 25, 26 years old, mm-hmm. and you get three, four million, five million. Yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Big mistakes. Yeah. What would you do if you got three million oh, at 25? <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. Yeah. I, no, I'd been dead. Yeah. I mean, so you know, that's smart actually. So then you get into high school, you're playing baseball a little bit. You're not really talking to your biological dad that much here and there. That's it. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, like he he would he'd pick us up for like visitation on the weekends. Yeah. And he made me cut his grass. Yeah, you yeah. know, shit like that. And then, what kind of jobs are you doing into high school? I was still working with the ice plant. I was doing that. You know, I uh, the ice plant I worked for gravel every day mm-hmm. um, until I was until I was until he died. Until you know my the, my 16. I was 16 that winter January of you know turning the day I turned 17 is when he died. So I worked there my 16 you know year, mm-hmm. and this, then 17. It was my junior year in school. My grandmother put me in the back. She had a Lincoln Town Car, right? yeah, the big old yeah, Lincoln, yeah, yeah. the boats. The, yeah, so she had a Lincoln Town Car, and I was in the back. I remember, like it was yesterday, I was in the back seat of her car, and I said, "Listen, I need fifteen dollars an hour. I've been here forever." Mm-hmm. And so at, even then, back then, it was at what nine, in nineteen ninety, I think it was. I need fifteen dollars an hour. You know, McDonald's is paying twelve. It might have been twelve dollars. I don't know what it was. Yeah. And she was old. She and she drives by. We had a vending machine that would sell the eight pound bags of ice. You put a dollar in it. You know, pops the thing out. And she drives by. She said, "You see that sign?" I said, "Yeah." She said, "What's it say?" I said, "It says 100 years. It was the 100 year anniversary." I said, "We can do it without you." My grandmother told me this. Wow. Never worked again. Guess what? Two years later, it shut down. Oh. Yeah. Three years later, she died. Why, why, why did it shut down? Just because they they, they they passed terrible away. management. Wow. You know, my grandfather had died. They thought they could do it. Her and my uncle and you know his her my other my my grandfather's brother was in the company still. Your grandfather's holding it together. Yeah. Wow. And just, they, I, I could have held it together. If Rick and I went in there, I probably wouldn't notice I've ever sold drugs if right. we took over that company. But then I wouldn't be where I am today either. Sure. I'd have been happy with the 100 grand. Which, who knows? Who knows what that is? Right. But yeah, I'm just yeah, saying, you know, yeah, like, it would have been a different path. For been sure. a different, 100%. Yeah. So, like, through middle school, high school, you're a pretty good kid. Grades are pretty good. Grades are average. You're, BC. you're smart enough to kind of get by in school without That's really it. trying. Right. And then focusing most of your time on like working yeah. and then probably girls. Girls came in. Probably my eleventh grade year. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want. You I had a little growth spurt. You had yeah. a little growth spurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, back then, everybody was like, "Now it's time." So that's when the girls came in. I, was, I got okay grades. I was always, I always got detention every day for some dumb shit. Like mm. you know, 
Um, I was always late, probably the first my first class or yeah, something. Yeah. You know, just dumb shit. But I never, I never, I never skipped one day of school. Mm-hmm. I never got suspended. Never doing drugs. Never did. I didn't do. I didn't do. I never did drugs until I came home mm. from prison, and got and my parole officer said you can't get a, a medical marijuana card. I said, oh, no, watch. And that's the only reason I did it. And then I just take edibles at yeah, night yeah. and I don't do it during the day. Yeah, yeah. But so that's how. That's the only. I never did drugs until I sold thousands of keys of coke. Yeah. I ne- and I never saw heroin until I was in prison <laughs> because it wasn't in my area. That wasn't a big thing. Even in Philadelphia, it wasn't a big right, thing. Right, it's not then. the biz. Nah. So I never saw until prison. So like through high school, middle school, everything's pretty good. It's good, yeah. A strange relationship with your parents, not like the easiest childhood, but like doing good in school, yeah, doing good. playing baseball, hanging with your boys. Uh, yep, that's it. Life is regular, getting some fights here and there. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, just in the neighborhood, just, yeah. you know, because somebody was talking shit and we just fight. And then your grandfather, who I guess at this point would be a mentor, a father figure. One, the one I never want to let down. That's, He's the reason I stayed out of trouble. That's the one. Yep. He passes away. 17. How do you feel in that moment? That's like... You know, I, I, I never cried. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a crier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was definitely upset, Yeah. but it changed my whole life. The next day, I'm, I'm buying drugs. Yeah. Can you sell. explain like that 48 hours? Like you find out he passes away. So when I was 15... They made me a deal. They'll give me they'll give me five thousand dollars for a car if I don't do drugs. Okay, well I never did drugs, Pretty you know, easy. no problem. So I wanted IROC, I wanted fucking IROCs. No, what the IROCs, these, the Camaros, the Trans Am, or whatever they were. Oh, like the IROC. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted like those old, like the you know, like you're a real Jersey motherfucker. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Fuck yeah, like Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that we, so it had. I wanted that car. Well, my grandmother wouldn't let me buy it because it was too fast. Yeah, of course. All right, so I got like an Audi five thousand. Okay. <laughs> yeah, equal. Well, yeah, I mean, whatever. But that's all we, we had because yeah. my mom had money, so it was like fifty two hundred. You know, whatever. But so that kept me kind of straight. So the day he died, I now I didn't have anybody. It didn't matter who I let down because he was the man. I was, you know, he was my man. He was my mentor. All the structure evaporates. Go, yeah. And so I didn't want to be my mom. Right. And I watched this stupid ass video, Ice T, New Jack Hustler, when he's at the pool with all the drug money and shit. Yeah. And that's what that's what turned it on. Yeah. People say I was like, that is the fucking music video. I can't find that. Look for it, I can't find it. But that's what started me selling drugs. Where'd you see it? Like on MTV? Yeah, it was on MTV. That's when MTV was like yeah, MTV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see this video, you're like, that's I, awesome. I want to do that. Which of course, like any dude that sees any rap video, you're like, yeah, that's the coolest shit ever. Ever. Yeah. But you were at a point where you're like, I got no one to let down. I got no one that's like fighting for me. I'm on my own. And I got the connections in Philadelphia because that's where I'm coming. I'm coming. My mom's there now. And you got a little bit of bread because you're working at. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, a few thousand, but not, you know, but, but I, was, I have more, for that time. At 17, it's a, ton. It's a, ton, a couple yeah. grand. Like, a yeah, you, can, you yep. can get going. And so he passes away. Do you feel like you like suppressed any of the emotions from that? Like in full honesty and hindsight, you know what I mean? I, I I probably did. Yeah. I just don't know. I don't know that emotion. Right. Like, I, you know, and that's like you my disconnect. You can't know what you're not feeling. Correct. Right. I, and I just don't know. Like, I was, it, it probably would made, I have such an easy disconnect. Like, I can never talk to you again. Tomorrow I'll be fine. Right. And I think that's kind of like, I think me, with him, the hurt, I probably, the pain I felt from him passing mm-hmm. was something that I had to put away. Right. And I think it just, it, it gave a pathway for the rest of my life almost to, Right. Nothing bothers me now. Right. You've you've dealt with people, quote unquote, like dying in the past, yeah. whether it's literally or metaphorically or figuratively. Yep. Someone cutting you off, someone being like, hey, we're done. Like it's them effectively dying. Right. So you've been through this grief before. Yes. And so when it happens to you for real, you're like, all right. Tomorrow's another day. It's sad. Yep. But I'm gonna push it down yep. and I'm gonna keep it moving. Keep it moving. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That's I get it from your perspective, like the shit you've been through. Dealing with that is like, all right, I'm just gonna keep on going. Yeah, what are you gonna do? What? Listen, I yeah. didn't have anybody to run to. Right. I run to my, if I got a problem, even to this day, I run to myself. I don't have a guy that you know. Yeah. Like, hey, save me, that I'm broke. Save me. Nobody's gonna save me because nobody can. If that makes sense, you know, yeah. like if I need a place to live, of course I can live in my mom's house. Yeah. I would never do it though. I'd rather sleep on the street than move back. Go backwards, right? Because once you go backwards, then you get comfortable. You don't move forward, right? Yeah, I think opinion. like if you had a more traditional upbringing, let's say you had two parents that were like supportive. You love your grandfather, of course, like anyone does, and then he passes away. You might have felt the more regular stages of grief. Absolutely, you would have gone to your dad. You would have grieved right. with your family. But you would have all no cried together. Right. My father had no emotions either. Right. So yeah, how are you going to know to feel anything? And, and when you watch your mom upset all the time over that shit. You can't. You don't want to. You don't, you know it, the worst thing ever is to watch your mom cry yeah, to this day. Yeah. Um. So it's you know you just get into to a a mindset where like it you can't be affected. Like, you get so used to it, you start to disassociate. Hundred percent. I think that's probably the best word for it. Like I've not to that extent, but I've felt that in times where like bad things happen, and I'll just disassociate. I'll just kind of be like, all right, because like, it's easier to not feel any emotion. Than yeah. to deal with the grief that's going on. Hundred percent. So, and you make bad decisions on emotions. Oh yeah, of course. If you're angry, if you're sad, and you, you start drinking, whatever the fuck. Like yeah, there's a ton of terrible things that can happen if you're not able to control the emotion. So you might as well just not have the emotion, 100%. disassociate from it, and then just keep on pushing through. Keep pushing through. And then people will be like, "Are you okay?" And you're like, "I feel like you don't even feel like you're pushing it down." No, I know because it's every day. It's the same right. thing. You know, when I went to prison, I didn't. I didn't. I was not upset one second. Mm -hmm. Which sounds messed up, but this is—you've been dealing with like, getting cut I, off. I got this, right? Yeah. I got like, it, and I can handle life. it. Yeah, yeah. And I, in my mindset, is there's nothing I can't handle. Right. To this day. Right, which is a positive attribute and potentially a negative attribute. Could be terrible because there's no, I'm not scared. You know, like it, you know, <laughs> yeah. There's things that don't because I don't get bothered. Yeah. Makes me kind of scary, and because I could make a bad move. Yeah, of I course. Know it's not, you know, listen, I can cut that. I cut my kid off. I haven't talked to him in like five, six years right. over something, you know, but I'm okay with that, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're not loyal to me and I don't mean like do what I say, but if you, if you take everybody over me and then you come to me when you need me or something, mm -hmm. I don't need you. Like right. you're not doing anything for me. Right. So even though you're blood, I have people who aren't blood that are way more loyal to me than any of my family. Right. You know, Rick would die for me tomorrow. Mm -hmm. My mother would too. I'm not saying, but you know, sure. my, that's a mother an example of a friend or but something. But like Rick, he's not my blood. He's Rick got his own kids. Dad. Yeah. He's yeah. got his own kids. He would step in front of a car for me right this second, no questions asked. Mm. And I know that. Yeah. That's the kind of loyalty I want because that's what I give you. Right. And if your blood is already betraying you early on. My daughter would call my girlfriend and say, oh, you know, dad's fucking this girl and Devin's fucking that girl. Mm. Because her mother hated me so much. Right. So now you're looking at, okay, I got to take care of myself. I got to protect myself. And I'm going to protect the people that look out for me, et cetera. And but that's what I, I do. I can't worry about blood or not blood because my blood's already fucked me over. Correct. 100%. Which again, I'm not saying is necessarily right or wrong. That's just what it is. That's what that's what it is, and that's 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 the what that's the exact that's the way I feel. Is that you know, listen, if you're not doing anything, I don't need to do anything for you. I'm not your ATM. Mm -hmm. Listen, if you're dying I, and I had to give you my kidney, I would. I'm not right. saying I wouldn't, mm -hmm. but like every day, go on with your life. I'll go on mine. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, and that sounds cold, but it's just you know, I think people that torture themselves over these relationships they have with their own family, like oh, it's your it's your blood, it's your uncle. That I don't care. Yeah, for care. you it's different. You you came up in a situation where it's about yo, I got to get mine. Okay, yeah, because like, the I people be okay. that, the people that are supposed to take care of me are Can't doing meth it. in the basement. Right. Yeah, you and my mother mean? just doesn't have the you know she doesn't have the, the 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 means to do it. Yeah. You know. 
So I get the perspective. Again, I don't know if it's right or wrong or healthy, unhealthy. It just, it's, it just definitely is. Definitely it's probably wrong and unhealthy, but fuck it. I made this long. You know what I mean? like, and, <laughs> Again, and, I'm not here to judge. I'm and, just saying nah, it is you know, what it is. Yeah. So I understand that, actually. That makes a lot of sense. It's just, I, I think it actually adds perspective to who you are as a person and kind of like what will transpire, you know, like in the in your life up until this point. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, no, great. Mm -hmm. So I think it actually like kind of helps package that idea. So your grandfather passes away. You maybe could be feeling grief, but you don't. It just is you, you disassociate. I was at the I was at the I was at his funeral, which just sounds fucking terrible, but I'm like laughing with the guys. And he was a very well known guy in town, so there's probably a couple thousand people on through. I was like, yo, we should charge for this shit. Like that's what I'm thinking <laughs> yeah. in my head. Like I'm talking to the people that own the funeral home. Mm -hmm. like, if we take five dollars a head, we can make some money here. Yeah. Like that's but that's my mind. Yeah. So I don't know if my mind just that's a protection thing for me. It's the same thing with like laughter and comedy. Like I do that with, with jokes. Right. So like if something goes bad, I laugh at it. Yeah. And if something is uncomfortable, I laugh. And I think a lot of people do that. Agreed. Like yes. if someone trips or like something awkward happens and you just laugh. Instead of, you know, addressing it or like that is my re reflex and your reflex might be business. My reflex is get the fuck up. You're not broken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, I don't like, laugh like, yo, you okay? If you're not, if you're yeah. not bleeding or dying, then you're get the fuck up. Leave right. me, you know, but it might, it might even be like, yo, let's get some money. Like, oh, like, yeah. like the reflex is like, okay, something bad happened. Can we monetize it? Yeah, something how bad we, happened. How do we make money we, here? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. which again, is not right or wrong. I just think it is a reflex that people have and being aware of it can be helpful. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been with people to laugh when, you know, people trip because they're so nervous they don't know what to say. Yeah, 100%. But I'm the one I get that, that. that I go pick you up. Right. And you're good. Like, look, yo, you're all right. Get up. You know, you're yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't say another word. Get out of here. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, and, and with, with the being, not that I'm cold, but I'm just not. I, like I know what you're feeling a lot of times, if that makes sense. But I just you you got to get rid of that. Like that's you got to get over that. Yeah. Like I'm you know when my kids are growing up, and they cry, stop fucking crying unless you want me to give you a reason to cry. Like there's no if there's a problem, tell me. And, right. and what in my relationship with women is if you have a problem, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Don't don't be mad for two days. Come to me right now. What's the problem? Either I can fix it or I can't. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. If I can't fix it, you got to go or I yeah. got to go. Right. If I can't fix it, I'll do whatever I can to fix it. But if I can't, I'm not going to say, oh, I'll work on it. I can't do that. I'm now, not going to do that. I don't know a ton about women, but I imagine that perspective, not a lot of women love that. No, they don't. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's what it is. Of you know, course, just, of course. But know, I get that. If you don't have time for your own emotions, it's hard to have a ton of time for other people's And I don't emotions. understand them. Yeah, of course. I don't, you know, like. Because if you're not dealing with your own emotions, how are you going to be able to deal with some random person's right. emotions? And I, yeah. it doesn't, like, some of the shit, does, like, you're upset over that. Like, you know, I'm dating this girl. I'm at the casino. I'm playing thousand dollar hand blackjack mm -hmm. i got my chick over here sitting in a chair like you know she's on her phone whatever because she walked away from tables i had lost a couple hands in a row whatever <laughs> some dealer walks over and hugs me or like grabs my arm or something like hey i haven't seen you in a while mm -hmm. i mean what the fuck i'm playing cards my chick gets so mad i'm like station what are you mad about i didn't do anything i was playing cards the girl walked over to me but in their head they just turn it well you're probably at dinner with her you probably fucked her last i'm like what? Mm. Because I don't think like that. Like, I'm not a jealous or emotional person. So when I get with people like that, it doesn't make sense to me. Right. Because I think jealousy is like a terrible emotion. Like, I think that rules more things than anything else. Sure. If you're making $100 million, I'm not jealousy. I'm glad. Like, you'll put me down. Yeah. Or other people are like, I hope he fucking loses everything. Not right. me. I want you. Listen, the more money you have, if you could put me on, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, jealousy is one of those things that that's my problem. Mm. Is it? Don't be jealous. Like I'm. Listen, I smile, I flirt, but I don't mean I'm coming home with you. Right. That's how I get things done. I'm a transactional person now. 
Every, it's, everything's a transaction. Do you have a hard time seeing when other people could be jealous because you don't possess that trait? Yes, 100%. Mm. You know, like I, I the, the girl before Stacia, I was dating a little bit. She gets, if I smiled at an eight year old woman in Lowe's because she was working there and she would give me, tell me where all the scratch and dent shit is, it's hidden, we'd have a fight. I'm like, I'm working. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I so I don't, I can't, I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. The girl I was with for 15 years, Michelle, the one I got in trouble with, she might have been jealous, but she never showed it. So you guys were good. Listen, but it turned into a business relationship more than like a love relationship. So she's like my best friend rather than anything else. You know what I mean? Which I fucked that up. I let it get there. But business is your love language. Exactly. So you're like, all right, if it's business, then it's business. We're good. You know what I mean? Right. And that's just kind of the way that you are, which makes sense. So, okay. So back to 17, your grandfather passes away, which is tragic. And then immediately, to correct me if I'm wrong, you say, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to go buy cocaine. That's it. How does that happen? That seems so crazy. Because, you know, I, I remember when I was driving down the street. I remember where I was when I made the decision. How bad it is. I was going through a South Street. I passed the car. I, I would go by a cop. Cop came, turned around. And in my head, I'm like, I know where I'm going tomorrow. I got to figure this out. Because now I don't have my grandfather. The deal's over. He, he gave me the 5000 a year before for the car. Mm -hmm. I got the car. And there's nothing. Now I can't let anybody down. And in my head, I'm not going to get in trouble. Catch me if you can. I think I'm smarter than these dudes. Mm. So I everything I do, I study before I do it. If I don't, if I'm not good at, it, I just don't do it. I mean, I'll try and play. Like you want to go say, let's go play tennis. Okay, I'll try. Right. I suck, but I'm not gonna say I'm gonna beat your ass in tennis. Like no, yeah, you are gonna yeah. fuck me up. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So that's where my mindset was. Like I know what I want. I seen these videos. I know what's available because I see. I go from Philly city life to the suburbs of a bunch of hillbillies in the country. I know what they're looking for. I know what's happening in the city, but there's no mm. nothing there. So there's no there's no drugs around where I am at this time. Right. It's very hard to get. Is in Philly? No, in, in Jersey. In Jersey. But I had the Philly connection because I was living there. Gotcha. With my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, ha I knew what the city was doing, which, you know, city life compared to, you know, the difference. Look at here compared to the suburbs. Yeah. I mean, so I had that. That's what we're going to do. That's what I'm doing. Interesting. And so did you even have an intention of doing the drugs or you nope. just wanted to flip it? Never. I, I would buy 50 pounds of weed at a time and I was scraping the table to put it in a bag to sell as a quarter. Right. Like I didn't smoke it and the coke when we break every I was taking the thing and I'm scraping. Like I want everything all I want to say, it's about money. Money is my drug. I don't like being fucked up. I don't like drugs. I hate drugs. To this day I hate drugs. Right. I always hated drugs. But it was a a, a means to an end. Did you ever it, try blow when you were never, coming up? Never done coke in my life. Really? Never. That is interesting. Never did, never smoked weed, never did, never did coke, nothing. But in your mind, did you think like, oh, this is the fastest way to make the most money? Yes. And that's, it was, a, it was a money thing. That's all it came down. And to. there might've also been like a, I don't want to say like an arrogance, but like a confidence that went with it where you're like, the dudes that are doing this, I feel like I can do it better than them. Yes and no. Okay. I, because I came down, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a big fish when I came back to Jersey when I come. So I would go buy, I started an eight ball. I mean, I was buying eight ball for I think it was 120 dollars back then. And for people that don't know, what is an eight ball? Eighth, eighth ounce of coke. Okay, you know it's three and a half grams. So I go to Philly, grab that, come down, put it in 20 bags, which you know like a tenth of a gram. Mm -hmm. So you get 20 20s out of an eight ball. So mm -hmm. I pay 120 for an eight ball and make 400. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it started. And were you cutting it or were you just keeping it clean? I didn't cut it at first. I mean, mm -hmm. when I was getting nine, when I, I started cutting it, when I started buying nine ounces at a time, when I started a quarter kilo, I was then I started. So everybody's putting like this baby laxative shit in there. I was putting in isotol. Like I, w I would buy everything in the in the GNC that kind of looked like it. I was trying everything. Like that's how nuts I was with. I, it was like business to me. So 
You would bump it? I, I would I would take nine ounces, I'd buy an isotol and put it put another ounce or two in it, mix it all together. I, f I found I figured out how to compress it again, make it so they were thinking, oh my God, this shit's great. And I just got made nine ounces into eleven ounces. Mm. But people were putting like these baby laxative, all the shit you could tell. Yeah. I was putting the shit in there, you couldn't, it didn't hurt their nose. They didn't know anything. They're like, that's the greatest shit ever. I'm like, it's not bad for you. I get isotol is like a bodybuilding supplement. Yeah, it's a bodybuilding supplement. Yeah, it's just a supplement. It's like creatine. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. Know, but it has a little like shiny little flex in it. So it looks like like, you know, what they would call fish scale, which they don't, you know, but that's what that's what it was. So interesting. I did that. Like I said, I went through probably three thousand dollars worth of different um lifting supplements white that i could cut the cocaine with mm. to find out what was the best and so when you buy your first eight ball who did you go to and you knew that guy just from like the so neighborhood knew, yeah so that that was just a, a guy in the city that i knew you know i was either played ball with and it, it took me about maybe six weeks to get to like half an ounce so then then he that was way out of his range so that's right. when I said, okay. So I found another guy that showed me these projects in in Philadelphia. You go into projects. So I was tan. I wasn't like I wasn't near the size. Probably two fifteen then. You know. So I was. So y'all thought I was Spanish, right? I pulled my hat down low. Then you know I was all tanned up. I mean, you are Spanish to you me. are Puerto Rican, bro. Well, like, I mean, I, yeah, I, you know I, I, I can't speak a lick. I know <laughs> I know you're Italian and Irish or whatever <laughs> lie you made up. You're Puerto Rican, bro. Puerto Rican, <laughs> but I can't speak it. So. I, so I, I walk in, so I would buy nine, I'd buy, uh, I went to half ounce, walk in and buy, f the first door would be like up to an ounce. You get like any announcements, guys. So I did that for a while. Then I started getting to like the half keys and things. Mm -hmm. So now I got to walk in this fucking projects that they have. It's the New, New Jack City shit. Like you remember that movie? I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, yeah, And so, what, which side of Philly is this? This is in, this is in Northeast Philly, off of Kensington Avenue. Okay. Okay. Which I was there the other day. It's brutal, but anyhow. Yeah, that's it's crazy up there. It's crazy. fucked mean, up. Fuck yeah, fentanyl's fucked up. Yeah. But so I walk in. So they had the doors. And you'd walk up the steps, and they had the doors cut like barn doors. You know how you have like the two, the ones that open, and there's dogs in every room, all the way down this hallway to the room. There's a hall. There's a room at the end of this hall. What kind of dogs? They're Rottweilers. I mean, big pits. Pits like you know, just barking all the time. And you see food. They're just like throwing food in there. So they always dogs. So. What they did was it was Jamaicans, <clears throat> and they was they had their thing all the way in the back. So I'm taking at this time it's probably eight thousand dollars for nine ounces back then. You know, you're nine thousand, whatever it was, and <clears throat> I would walk all the way past this thing by myself, dumb as fuck. Like you know, now you think I'm like I'm just an idiot. Walk to the end, walk in. There's fucking table just like this, full of kilos and a triple beam. What do you want, man? So in a, a triple beam, what's that? A scale. I'm sorry, triple, oh, gotcha. like the old scale. The old oh, school, really? Trip. Yeah. So they had that fucking busted key open right there. Give me whatever I wanted. Give wow. them the cash. Now they could have robbed me at any time, and just said, "Get the fuck out," or shot me. Were you afraid of that? I didn't think at that time. I just didn't think. I'd be scared now. Because you're thinking, I'm going to do business. Right. They want to do business. And we, they what's got the, money. I and there's the nothing here. Right. But listen, if they would have figured out a white guy, but they didn't, you know. So they're so I walk in. So I'm like. I'm asking them, what are the dogs for? And if they got run down, they had a button in there that the, the dogs would get out because there was only one way in, and they had a access in theirs to upstairs to, to upstairs to go to the next building. They let the dogs out there got raided, so they get out in time. No way. So it was like, and that's that's in like ninety four, five, ninety four, ninety five. So these dudes are running the trap out of the project, and if they hear a knock from the feds. Push a button, dogs go out, open. they hit the roof, go to the next, next building, thing. run down the stairs in the next building. And leave. 
That is crazy. And they probably like a, none of them. I mean, they probably weren't even from here. You know what I mean? Like they nobody knew who they are. That's like a fortress. Oh yeah, it's insane. But the thing that's what you know, people don't realize that the criminal enterprise is way smarter than any business you'll ever go to. Right. They put more work into eluding the police mm. than you know. They think through shit that multi-billion-dollar companies can't figure out. You know, <laughs> these criminals do. Yeah. You know. And so, you know, you, you look at that, but like today I'm thinking, you know, I'm driving here. I'm like, dude, this, I would never do that again. Like, what was I thinking? But yeah, they don't want to make it hot though. Like they kill a dude yeah, and it's yeah, like a whole yes thing. Yes and no. I mean, listen, they have no value for life, man. Now it's a lot worse. Back sure. then it was different. Like there's, back then it was respect for cops. Mm. You know, like now there's not. Like it's just such a bad time now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, listen, I always had respect for cops. Listen, you got a job, I got a job. My job is not have you catch me. Your job is to catch me. You view to like it's a game, like Loki, like the IRS or something. Yeah. Like, look, I'm gonna work on my tax shit, and you're the IRS. Like, catch me if you can. Mm. And so that's the way it's always been, you know. So when I did get raided and busted, I was like, okay, I mean, that's the game. Later, that's the game. Game over. Yeah. Now I got to fight. Interesting. Did you ever kick it with these guys? Did you like them? Like the dudes that you were? Nah. You never. You never met. Like you just did business and left. I, no. Yeah. So until I got to bigger. You know, while I was doing, half, you know, like a quarter key or, or half a key, I wasn't really friends with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, because there was no, I, I wanted to leave, like yeah, get it and go, you know. And because the drive over the bridge is it's scary. Like that's when I'd be scared. Yeah. Going over the bridge. And if sometimes I go over like the Delaware Memorial Bridge instead of like the Walt Whitman, you know, come out of Philly, come right to where, I go like further and come around. So there's, but they always have like a cop car sitting on the end of the bridge. I'm like, fuck, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, they, and I always, I never got, I always, I was comfortable driving because I was, I got complacent mm-hmm. after a while. But when I was doing that early on, I was scared to death. You would hide it like in the boot or something? Like, no, I kept right on me in case I didn't get rid of it. Oh, really? Yeah. If you got to ditch it out the window. That's it. Throw it over the bridge in the water. That's it. Wow. Yep. That's so sketchy. Yeah. And were, were you reinvesting everything back everything. in? Everything. I didn't buy sneakers. I didn't buy shit. Nothing. Rent an apartment after college, rent an apartment, fucking had a bed in there, a table, and two guys sleeping in the front of the house. That's it. And and why did you go to college after after high school? Probably for my mother. Yeah. You know. I got thrown out of Goldie Beacon for inciting a riot my first semester. That's the college you went to. The first one, yeah. I went to Goldie Beacon, which is a little business school in Delaware. And why did you start a riot? Well, I didn't necessarily. I did, but I didn't. <laughs> right, so, I mean, I got blamed for it, but I guess it kind of is my fault. I So... What's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because life is hard. There's a lot of things in life that are hard, but hiring Morgan & Morgan is easy. I'm sure you're thinking, Mark, hey, what is Morgan & Morgan? I'll tell you right now. Morgan & Morgan is the largest personal injury law firm in America. Yeah, over 100 offices nationwide, more than 800 attorneys. They are the guys trusted. And I'm telling you, size matters, all right? When it comes to a law firm, you want to be with the best. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, Mark, if I wanted to be with this law firm, if I wanted to submit a claim, it's probably going to take super long. I probably got to call. I probably got to talk to 10 different people. I probably got to go in for a meeting. It's probably going to take forever, and I got stuff to do. Hey, you're wrong again. Because with Morgan & Morgan, you can submit a claim eight clicks or less. You can go to their website. If you're ever injured, it's like buying something on Amazon or like ordering Uber Eats. That's how easy it is. Eight clicks or less. It's never been easier to submit a claim if you are ever injured. And I'm sure you're thinking, Mark, okay, they're the best law firm, and it's really easy to submit a claim. They're probably going to hit me over the head. It's probably going to be so expensive. Hey, you're wrong again. Because the thing with Morgan & Morgan is that their fee is free unless they win your case. That's right. You and Morgan & Morgan have your interests aligned. You guys both want you to win your case. So if you're ever injured, 
You can submit a claim to Morgan & Morgan very easily, have a trusted attorney waiting to hear from you to evaluate your claim, and then most importantly, you don't get charged a penny unless they win you some money. So if you are ever injured, you can go check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. For more information, you can go to forthepeople.com slash Gagnon. That's correct. That's F-O-R, thepeople.com slash Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N, or dial pound law. That's pound 529 from your cell phone. That's for the people, F-O-R, thepeople.com slash Gagnon, G-A-G-N-O-N, or dial pound law, pound 529 from your cell phone. This is a paid advertisement. Let's get back to the show. You're not supposed to pledge. I was pledging for a fraternity. So a couple mm-hmm. of my friends were there at school from that went to Mobile. So, you know, so like we can get you in this fraternity cap alpha or whatever. I was like, okay. So you had to pledge. And yeah. again, it's that thing where like, go steal a sign for me, do this for me. Like, I'm not doing Don't this. tell me what to do. Don't t- fuck you. I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah. You know. But I played the game per se. You know what I mean? Like they were like, go steal. I want to sign, you know, they steal signs from the street. Like, no, yeah. I'm not doing that. You know. And back then, I still had drugs and money and gambling going on. So I wouldn't even, you know, like, fuck you. But I stayed in it, you know. And I kind of, all my, the guys I was um, pledging with, the 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 motto was, we, not me. Mm. You know, so we all do it together. I was like, okay, well, listen, you guys go and do it. Let me know how you make out, you know. so Because that's not your motto for your whole life. Your right, whole motto yeah. from when you're a kid is me. Me, me, yeah. And then like, maybe someone else, if they. If I got to take care of you, I'll protect you. But right. like, it's not, we're not, you're not my people. But you're worried about you. I'm worried about me. and Because yeah. I'm, I'm not going to jail for some fucking clown who's steal a sign. Right. Yeah, you know, I got too much shit going on. Yeah. So I'm probably, it's it's the end of the first semester and they have a mixer with another fraternity. Mm-hmm. And Gordy Beacom had the dorm set up where like little apartments. So there was like four bedroom apartments in each each floor, four four bedroom apartments. So I bring some of my guys up. Go black guys, Spanish dude, you know. And what are they doing this party? They start smoking weed. Mm-hmm. One of them calls and says the N-word to this guy. And it's back then. But of course started fighting. So we start fighting with the other fraternity that was fucked with my guy. So we get out into the hallway. Because the other fraternity called your boy the yeah, N-word. Yeah, right. yeah. Which and at the end, they didn't fucking matter, but right. But it's yeah, you're gonna disrespect just, our guys right, because we're be smoking fight. weed, and right. you know, so they're all going nuts. So we get into the hallway down the stair steps. You know, there we're throwing people down the steps boom, all the way to the fraternity. We're beating the shit out of the whole of the fraternity. Well, then I look around, and none of my pledge mates are helping me. So what I do, I start fucking punching them. <laughs> Motherfucker, we not me, right? Bah! So now we're so it's me and five guys fucking up everybody because we're in a hallway. You can't get to us. You got to come down the steps. If you're coming down the steps, I'm pulling you to the next dude, throwing you to the, the flight. Yeah, he's fucking you up, throwing down next steps. It's just a shit, shit show, and you're locked in. They couldn't get in because the door's locked. You had to push your way out. Right. So the RAs and shit couldn't even get in. So we had a 15, 20 minute fucking fight going on. The dudes are throwing guy hit with a full. Beer can from like the first floor, you know, throw it hit me. That's the hardest I get hit. Split you. Oh yeah, cut me yeah. good. But that's it. So, but we're walking upstairs, pulling people down. Then I'm so uh, that night. That night, it all settles down. I get back in my dorm. The fraternity, the president of the fraternity, comes over into my room. He, I said, "My man, what? You said, we not me, right? Whack! Just beat the shit out of him in the room, in the in my dorm room. Get the fuck out of here." Next day, I'm going. They call me like, uh, "Mr. Riley, you know the dean has me." He's like, "What's up?" You know, I know what it is. Yeah. He says, um, uh, we're not going to throw you out, but we're going to need you to find a new place to learn. Uh, this is your, this is, you got a couple weeks here and then you got to go. Yeah. I said, you know, that's all fun, but I'm, you're the one who's allowing these 19, 20 year old kids to drink and you knew it. So you know what? maybe I'll talk to my dad. 
you know, the attorney. Yeah. So I said, you might want to make sure my paperwork looks right. You know, because right, I knew I had the upper hand. Right. I knew I fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go home and tell my dad, but I had already found another college to go to. So before I broke it down to what really happened, because I was living with my father at that time, mm -hmm. I found another college down the street to go to. Mm. Which they, you know, I told him, I'm gonna go there and golf. And I was like, oh, he said, yeah, did you get in a fight? You know, because your parents always know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, how yeah. they fuck they know. You know, report cards would come. They knew when the report card was supposed to be in the mail. I'm here trying to steal it out of the mail. I was yeah. getting another week before I got in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they uh, they found it. So he, I did that. That was a that was a problem. So then you got moved to a different college. And then that's when I started a casino there. And yeah, started drugs. a casino in the dorm. Yep. So you're probably like 19. 19. Yep. Yeah, and you are what? You're just running a game, like so. We had uh, CeeLo was a game, mm -hmm. dice game. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a blackjack table, and so you know we paid the RAs off to keep us out of trouble. We had, excuse me, up all night. I mean, just it was all night thing. And how many people were playing in the game? Oh fuck! I mean, there would be 20, 30 people a day coming yeah. out. Oh yeah, all day. Yeah. Pay a girl from the sorority to come through and deal. We had everything was set up, and that's when it was like AOL was just coming on and the dial up, beep, beep, yeah. you know. So, but that's how I was ahead of the curve on that kind of stuff because I'm trying to get online before anybody else was. Like, I'm taking the dorm. I went and bought like a, you need these cards to plug the phone wire into to plug into your computer yeah, to work. dial up shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I had all that. Nobody in the school even knew about that shit then. And so I'm trying to get like I was ahead of the game on there. If I would have put my sense into like probably good shit, I probably really you know what I mean. But I didn't. But, you know, did you have no aspirations at that time to do like clean business? Like, I don't even think I think I was just running with it. You know, it's just it's one of those things where I'm just comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I definitely wanted to do. Business. I didn't know what I want, was going to do because you know, growing up, I thought it was going to be nice plan. It was mine, right? So nice plan was mine. When my grandfather, when he got sick, it was a three month thing. Probably two weeks before he died, they forced they forced him to sign to change his will to take me out of it. My grandfather, my my grandmother, and my uncle, because they didn't really like you, correct? For the reason, and because he about. he wanted his part to go to me, of course, as a company. So he was uh, he couldn't even function. He never would have done that on his own. And my mother didn't fight it because she's just not a fighter, right? She's you just know, she's like you know let live it be, and let everything, live. Yeah. And, yeah. And you know which is I get it now. I mean, right? I didn't, I'm glad I didn't have it at you the time. I mean? You were probably hot, but well, so when when my grandmother died, she gave me five. My grandma gave me five thousand dollars. Okay, my mom called me. She's like, well, you know, Grammy left you 5000 Fucking keep it. I don't want that fucking money. You know, because I didn't. Like, fuck. Like, right. So once again, your own blood kind of fucks you up. Exactly. You know, and, you know, my mom, she's just a good person, yeah. you know, and she's like, no, honey, you know, they just did. I'm not like that. Like, fuck them. Yeah. You know, she, she, my mom's still like to this day, she's friends with this lady. I'm, like I said, I bring, if you talk shit. I'm gonna. I'm calling you out on it. Yeah, yeah. So she has this friend that she plays cards with, bridge or whatever it is, and she's like, "Honey, can I talk to you?" I'm at her house for one, dinner one night. I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" She's like, "Can you be nice to Ellen?" I said, "Why?" She's like, "Well, we play cards," and I was like, "Mom, fuck her. Wait, I don't who, like wait, who's Ellen. One, this lady I did business with, it like kind of fucked me on a deal. <laughs> so like, I talk shit on her. Like every time I see her, like I make her leave." But she's my mother's friend. <laughs> like, how, like she's at the house playing cards with your mom. Yeah. And then what would you say? I just come in and they talk to like, those fucking scumbags here. She's like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I do. Like, I just call, yeah. Nobody's safe with, when I come around because if you do me dirty or somebody did you dirty and I see them and they're trying to be your friend, you're fake as fuck. Like, get out of here. Right. Yeah. You, know, you, like, you can't handle the small talk. No, I don't want it. Like, yeah. don't say, oh, I'm, you, you fucked up. Like, you can't come back now. Yeah. 
So that you know, and that that's the other problem I have is that, like I said, I was telling you, I'll cut you off fast as fuck. Mm -hmm. Cut you out and leave. Yeah. Like you gotta go. And yeah. then that's it, it's just dead forever. Dead forever. Yeah, I've yeah. cut deals off. I've cut millions of dollars of business I've done with people because of that, like fuck you. Would you consider yourself like petty? I don't think it's petty because people don't like people like I don't like cowards. Right. I like toxic masculinity. You know, like we don't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah, and we don't. But like if you're gonna talk shit, be ready. Yeah. And make sure you can take it. Mm -hmm. You know, because I know who not to fuck with. So you should too. You should know don't fuck with me because I'm going to call you. I see you at the restaurant. I'm going to talk shit. Mm. Wherever I see you, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. It's on. Yeah, it's on. It's on. And, you know, it doesn't matter. We're at the funeral. I'm going to get you. Mm. Like that's just, that's just, that's my nature because, so don't, because people talk shit all the time. And the internet recently in the last 10 years has made people gangsters mm -hmm. and they never punch in the face. Yeah. You know, so my big thing is, Every kid at 18 should get fucking knocked the fuck out. <laughs> one time. Because, listen, it's going to teach, it's going to, one, you're not as tough as you think you are when you're typing those keys in. Yeah. You know, you see these influencers shit, like, kids talking all this shit, then they get, they get you know, somebody approaches them, they're like, oh, my God. Wait, you know, nah. Like, be ready. If you want to talk shit, or don't talk shit. Yeah, like, I'm was, okay yeah. with, like, uh, I'm okay with, like, some banter going back and forth, but don't, like, if I see I'm fucking you up, well, now nah, I'm ready. Yeah, that was my thing. Like, I never really got in a fight growing up because I never really felt like fighting. Right. And so because of that, I never really talked shit. Like, yeah. I, even, like, playing sports all growing up, like, I didn't really like talking shit. I don't like that either. Because either. I don't want to fight. That's, I don't want to fight either. And that's the thing. Like, I'm confrontational, but I will call you out on your shit. I know mm -hmm. you—the If you, the most dangerous people are the ones you don't hear from. Right. And I know that because I've been with these dudes. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that these people don't understand. They, the guys that are not talking any shit— they're the ones you better be fucking scared of. I'm not scared of the dude here that's running his mouth. Mm -hmm. He's a pussy. Right. So that's that's my biggest thing is that I just I want you to be real. If you hate me, just tell me you hate me. I'm a, I'm if you call me a piece of shit scumbag and you say to my face, I'm hundred percent fine with it. Don't go to my chick saying, Do you know when he used to he went to jail and shit? Oh yeah, I mean, no shit. Stupid. Hey yo, listen, you don't say that when you're sucking my dick at the table here, it's talking about how great I'm doing. Right. You right. know what I mean? I don't like that fake shit. Um so I, that's where, you know, like I'm rough around the edges because I just can't hold it back. Like, you know, if you if somebody's talking shit on you, you're my boy. I'm, I'm going to say, yo, get out. We don't like you. Right. If you don't like them, I don't like them. Right. I'm loyal, old school loyal like that. Mm -hmm. And there's not people like that anymore. Yeah, I see that. I see that. So you're at this new school running a casino game, flipping keys kind of here and no, there. No, so I was only doing, that's when I started. So that was in 95. Mm -hmm. Doing like, doing more weed down there. More, there's was, was a lot there's a lot of weed down and where are you getting the weed from Philadelphia yeah so you just have another connect in Philly yeah. that it was a Philly cop for 10 years 10 years about, he would bring it in a cop car over the bridge for me sometimes like a Philly. dirty cop that's oh yeah and how do you link with him like <sighs> I met him through another guy through another guy that just I didn't know he was a cop he might not have been a cop when I met him oh interesting he turned into a cop and so his hustle was like he would shake down a drug dealer type shit. I didn't ask questions. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I hypo mean, hypothetically, yeah. he could be. Oh, he would be the one that pull you over to two hundred pounds. He'd just take it until you leave. And then everyone's happy. Everybody's happy. And I, then I would have done that. I was a cop. <laughs> yeah, thank God you weren't a cop. Yeah, listen, you, I don't. Yeah, you, you got a hundred grand in the bank in the car, and it's dirty money. Yeah. Yeah, get that up. Or you you want to go to prison? You want to go to jail? Or you want you want to give it to you me? You want to drive home tonight? Go see your family. Is it? I'll take the money, and then and he links it. with you, dishes then, it to you. You pay him. Yep. And he's getting it for free. free. So he probably gives he, you. A he could have had a connect because a lot of it was the same. So he definitely had to connect somewhere, but I'm sure a lot of it was like 
Because that, listen, that's the way it was. You know, in where I was, if they caught you with a fucking smoking, they're putting you in the county. Yeah. There, they just the cops would just dump it out. Like if right. you have a quarter, you know, fill it. Same thing like New York, just dump it out. I'm not even gonna do the paperwork for that. Yeah. In Jersey, that little town I'm in, they're like, oh no, you're going to fucking yeah, county jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a different kind of mentality too. You know, so you would just, get it from Philly, then take it back to Jersey. Yep. And then, so you were like running the game, giving people weed probably at the game to like yeah, keep oh, them yeah. playing and shit. And and I was right next to, so it was in it was in um, it was in Dover, Delaware. So mm-hmm. Del uh, Del Tech was right next door, which is a big school. Mm-hmm. So like I was supplying that, and I had a couple guys there, basketball players and shit that would take it, and it was you know there and there was projects around there, so it was like. It was yeah. a good. It was a good place to right. be to, to at that age too, because I would drive it. So I, I would drive it from Millville to Delaware mm-hmm. in my car. I had a, a probe, four probe back then. Yeah, I put it in the speaker and just drive it. And, but the the problem is, I got like I said, I got complacent, so I wasn't worried about shit. And that you know that's the only thing that like I never got. I should have got knocked off a few times probably, but I never did. I got lucky mm-hmm. if there's such a thing as luck. But you weren't flashy though. Not at all. Right. You never. weren't buying chains. You weren't you know nothing. Literally nothing. Like nothing. clubs, you buy a bottle. Really? Nothing. nothing. I like money more than anything else. And what was the goal at that point? Were you trying to invest for a thing or you were just like, yo, let's just keep stacking it? Let's just keep putting it together. I get 20K, let's dump it back in. I get 40K, dump well, it back in. that's the thing, in. I just turn it over. Like, you know, turn it to where I'm spending a half a million on a package to come up. And then did you ever graduate from the second school? I paid, I paid for a degree. Well, how? So I literally paid for them to put me through school. You talk to the dean, you're like... Yeah. <laughs> Were your grades okay? Like- yeah, so I, I, I test very well. Mm-hmm. I, I paid for every paper I ever did. Mm-hmm. I never wrote a paper. I never did any homework. I never took a book. But like, I can, if, I go to, if I go to class and listen, that's all I need to test. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was a very good test taker. Where it's people, a lot of people are opposite. I couldn't fucking study for 10 hours ever in my life. Like, I just lose my mind. Yeah. But I can, if you tell me one time, I remember what you said, and I'm good enough to figure out what I'm supposed to write, like what the correct answer should be. Yeah. So that's where I'm I'm lucky in that aspect of things. To this day, I'm still that way. Like I took the real estate test. I finished it in 28 minutes. People were there crying for three hours. Right. I'm just, and I, I got three wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably because I just messed up something. So I, I test well, but I just don't do the other parts. Like I would never sit down and just write a paper. And then how do you pay for the papers? You just find a kid that's good at writing? Yeah, like, I'm saying, yeah. I mean, anything. Listen, I need a paper. Now, listen, the internet now is, yeah, Sick. it's wide but open. I mean, back then, it was just, you GPT, know, you just oh, you just write whatever you want. Yeah. Back then, you know, you found a fucking dork. You know, what <laughs> I mean? this I I got my SAT taken. I gave I got an ID made in Philly. Gave it to a kid to take the SATs for me. Interesting. You know? and you were just like fine dudes. Like you were yeah. nice though. Like you yeah, were, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I said, listen, be, listen. You always get the dudes that are like you know the goofy ones. They're like mm-hmm. want to be cool. Come on, man, come over here, Ronnie. Ronnie, come here. <laughs> Let me talk to you. Yeah. Like here, Ronnie. You want to go get you want to get some pussy get for some of this weed? You know what I mean? Like, but I need two papers written. You know, that kind of shit. Mm. So, like I said, everything in my life is transactional. I never want anything for free. I'm going to pay you for what you do. And let's do it right and just get, then we're over. Yeah. You know, tomorrow's another day. You need something, call me. So then by the time, so then how do you pay for the degree? Like, your grades are fine. Papers so, are getting paid in. Yeah, I just wasn't there. So, I, I, I set my schedule to, it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, I come home the week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And... We got into, I got into the girl that did all the, um, all the counseling. She did counseling for like the students who were there, but she also had access to the computers in the school. Mm-hmm. So then she introduced me to another person and won a couple bucks. And that's, it was just super simple. Hmm. And then I, How I much do you have to pay? It was eight grand, I think, altogether. That's not a bad deal. It doesn't do anything for you, though. 
Right. College but, is the biggest scam in the world. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does nothing. Yeah, unless did, you're going to be like a doctor, a lawyer, yeah. like a super specific thing. But like, it. what was your degree in? Management. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> drug management. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <a> drug game. <laughs> but no, that's what I'm saying. So, you know, my biggest thing is today, like, go to trade school. Right. Do this. You know, everyone wants to be a YouTuber, which is cool. Yeah. But in 10 years, the fucking plumbers and electricians are going to be way more valuable than a YouTuber because <laughs> yeah. nobody's going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and listen, I think you, that's a great shit. This is great shit. Mm. But there's nobody now. Like you said, we're losing people in in the trade business yeah, because, yeah. you know, oh, Johnny's going to go to school. He's going to be. No, Johnny's not. You yeah. know, the school teachers that pay, they want to go to like these big schools to make 60 grand a year makes no. You're $300,000 in debt to be a fucking school teacher. Yeah, it's crazy. What? Yeah, that get paid immediately out of high school. Go be a welder. But, listen, make 100 grand. Off rip. With no debt. With no debt. Yeah. But people don't, you know, because they, there's this big thing. Oh, he doesn't have a degree. He doesn't do this. It doesn't get you. What yeah. those big schools, they might get you in somewhere if you're doing a, a specific, but that's it. Back in the day, it would probably do more for you. Now it doesn't. I, yeah. I don't think it does a lot. Now. It's just oh. saturated. Like the whole college thing has just become such a business. It's that's it's yeah. a big business. Back in the day, if it's like 60s, 70s, maybe into the 80s, like. Yeah, you know, yeah, like when my father's time. You take know, a loan. Take a loan. But it wasn't, you but know. But the loans weren't so exorbitant. And this, I mean, what are they doing? Why is a school teacher need to pay 200000 for to learn? Mm. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, and to it, teach it, fifth grade is like, it, yeah. You, yeah. Second grade teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think Norm McDonald had a joke like that. Like, you know what you need to teach fifth grade? Uh, a sixth grade degree. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, but, and that's the thing. People don't see that. You know, like, I've dated school teachers. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Listen, school teachers, nurses. Yeah. I've dated these fucking nuts. They're all fucking crazy. They all, oh, well, you know, I went to, I got a degree. And I was like, you're a fucking teacher. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you're yeah. like fourth highest in the hierarchy of women. You know what I mean? Like, shut the fuck up. Because you got, listen, I have this hierarchy of women. I tell all my chicks, I'm, listen, first you got like the street walker. Right, she they're the lowest, like the pond scum. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, then you go to then you go to like the the, the stripper. Okay. Okay, so, you know a little higher in the street walk, but not much. Okay. Okay, but then we go to the hairdresser. She's a little higher than like the hook stripper, yeah, yeah. but you, I'm sure you know the hairdressers. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the teachers. Mm. They're only right there, but they're still. <laughs> then you get the nurse. Okay. Like so, yeah, yeah. You're working like, go away. So and what's above that? Well, that's when it gets a little complicated, because <laughs> the the you know like if the female doctors are awesome. Mm -hmm. But they think they're fucking God. You know what I mean? So we, you got to knock them down, too. <laughs> so it's, it's, and I tell them all the time, like, hey, listen, you know, everybody's got a job. We yeah. got to do it, you know. Um, and I respect all of it. Like, I, 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 I would be happy, honestly, with a fucking French fry. I'd be happy with a bartender. Yeah, yeah. If she got my back, I got her back. Yeah, of course. We're just bullshit right kind of thing, now. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. It, like, I'd be happy with that. I don't mm. give a fuck how much you make. Yeah. You know, so you can tell me you went to school with, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but ultimately, yeah, school. yeah. School teachers do not need to be going, you the know, a quarter million in debt to like be a great get, teacher. You can be, a, be you can be a great teacher with it's a high in, school it's diploma. It's your DNA, 100%, yeah, one hundred percent. So, yeah, that's interesting. So you pay for the degree, you get out, and at this point, once you're graduating, how old are you, and like, what is your net worth? And so what I'm twenty two. Well, I'm twenty one, and. That's when gambling started getting big, booking. Mm -hmm. And I like, I love, I'm not gonna lie, I hated drugs, but I love taking bets. Did you like gambling? No. I don't like gambling today. I gamble, but I don't, I'm a money guy. And I like money. Why do you like taking bets, though? Because the house doesn't lose. Mm. It's I just mean, good business. It's good business. Yeah. I mean, you got a 70 something percent win rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't do that if you're betting. Right. So, and I've lost money before gambling, like, I, you know, like that I made, fuck, I worked and I fucking lose all fast. Yeah, of course. So I, I like being the house. Yeah. Um, but gambling to me, 
people love gambling, but like a degenerate gambler isn't happy till they lose. I'm, that's like it's in the den. That's if you read about it, they their 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 thrill is when they're losing. Wait, what do you mean? So they're they're not they're not satisfied. So if you're betting and you're up, if you take a thousand dollars casino and you make two thousand dollars, I leave mm-hmm. because I double my money. Yeah, a gambler's like I'm gonna make ten, but then they start losing. They don't leave until they lose everything. So their thrill is that trying to get there, but they're never going to get there because you it just doesn't work. You don't 10x your money every time you go. Mm-hmm. Take your profit and leave. That's how I think. Right. So I've lost before. I mean, I've lost 100 grand before, mm-hmm. you know, on like stupid plays. But I know if I get up 50 grand, I'm done. Yeah. Like I go to Vegas, I make 50 grand. I'm not playing again. We can go spend it on shopping. Right. So that's kind of like the difference, you know, in, in gambling. So... I came home and I wanted. I hooked up with a guy that did um, booking in my town. Okay, I knew what he did all the time, but I was interested. So I read. I bought books. Like who the fuck buys books on how to gamble or how to be a bookmaker? But they have them on. They have them. Mm -hmm. So I was reading like you get rice paper in case they ever run down because you can just put in water and they can't take the bets because you know that was when everything nothing was computerized. It was all written down. So in in ninety ninety six ninety seven ninety six ninety seven I started. Taking bets, right. just from local bets, and and how much money did you have from the drug game at this point? I didn't have a ton saved up because, like, you take some losses. You mm-hmm. take, you know, you do like I had like thirty or forty pounds of weed that got moldy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's losses. So, hundred maybe seventy maybe, but that, I mean it's good money. But yeah. uh, I also lost it all in a couple weeks with football. I mean, so it, it would go up and down. Mm. So like, what, I, what do you mean you lost it? Like, so like week twelve of the football season, I always lost wait, as a bookie. I have no idea. All the favorites covered week twelve. I, week twelve, I always want to shut down. <laughs> but for five or six years straight, I lost every week twelve, probably six figures. The first couple of weeks, all the all the so you you follow like the trends. So I'm like a dork like that. Like I'm reading like I know what they're going to play. I can tell you what they're going to play. And eighty percent of the time, if everybody bets one way, it goes the other way. So I like that. Mm-hmm. But I know, like the first couple weeks of football, before the defense gets tight, the overs hit, mm-hmm. so people hit me for the overs. You know, so that kind of thing. So until it went overseas to Costa Rica, and I, I I had them take my bets for me all like doing the computer started thinking, I would know when we're going to get buried, so I know how much we need to have because this is going to be a bad week. Now mm-hmm. and we had good weeks too, mm-hmm. but we don't get paid. Because, you know, the guy, the gambler, especially like the degenerate football gambler, you know, so you bet Monday night and you got to pay Friday. Mm-hmm. Like that's how I ran my week. Well, if they won, by Tuesday they're calling me, yo, can I get that money early? Of course. Um, my man, holy motherfucker, you've never paid me early a day. Get the <laughs> fuck away from me. But usually I would pay him because I just want to get over with. Yeah, yeah. Because, but I, a lot of times I wanted to win on Monday night so they didn't owe me as much because it's always easier to get a little bit mm. than a lot. You know, my buddy still does it. He likes those little $25, $50 bets. I wanted the $500,000 bets. So right. I had a bigger, very much bigger exposure. But I also liked that. You know, I didn't watch any games. I haven't watched a game in three years. Since I, these last three years, I watched Since I started kneeling, I stopped watching football. Right. But back then, I would have a guy at the office, my buddy Jay. He'd take bets. What do we need? What do we need? Blah, blah, blah. He'd tell me. I'd be in the mall shopping. And people just find you word of mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they know because, like, we had football tickets. What is you know, that? like the, the, the parlay cards. Yeah, yeah. So you pick like four or five, six. You get paid odds on it. Like you pick sixteen. Mm-hmm. They don't fucking hit. I mean, once in a great while it would hit. Mm-hmm. So we had them. So people would know, like, oh, you know, he he takes bets. And then the Borgata poker room opened up in Lang City, mm-hmm. and I was playing poker. I like I like poker, 
I don't like it more. I liked it then because it was like the game was real. Now yeah. since people have money, just throw money in all the time, which sucks. Yeah. But I would take, you know, people who watch football game, you couldn't bet sports in Jersey at that time. <laughs> oh, I got you. You know, Mark, what do you need? What, who do you, who you like? Give me 500 on Dallas. You got it. Just throw the fucking chip over here. That's when I started taking bets and work out a poker room. Interesting. So like, you were just running your book there. Yes. You weren't running like the Borgata. Anything. No, no, yeah, just, yeah. My, just me, just me. And but you would just of, find people that would want to bet, obviously, because you're at the Borgata. On Sunday, I would be there at 7 a.m. at the poker table. Wow. Waiting for, I mean, because they're, they're, they're from all over. You know, the poker room's downstairs, the Borgata this time. Mm -hmm. And people just find you like, hey, you, can I get a bet on? Yeah, what do you want? And they always pay, I'd make a pay up front. Oh, interesting. Because it's different than like taking phone calls from people you know. And you never yeah. got caught. Like obviously you get kicked out if they knew you were no, running your book out they, of the. No, because listen, we were playing cards. I was bring, we were bringing people in. Didn't matter. They don't yeah. give. At the end of the day, the more you spend there, the more you can do. Back mm -hmm. then, now it's a little tough. Like I was playing blackjack with the guy from Piggly owned all the Piggly Wiggly's grocery stores in the <laughs> south. Yeah, yeah. He brought fucking bags, duffel bags of cash, and just like threw them on the table. And like would be mean. Like I didn't like because he was mean to like the dealers. So like I always liked I like like listen, I try to take care of dealers because you know they one of them on the same team. Mm -hmm. And he was just like a dick. He would do and say anything you want, they wouldn't get in trouble. You know, like because he was a high roller. Because he's a high roller. Yeah. So they, you know, they want that money. They want the half a million he's bringing in. Mm -hmm. So they know I would bring or me and whoever was there would bring in guys that would just so they get a bet in, they come play poker. Mm. So they're they're taking their rake. And, it's the, and we're staying there, you know, and they're confident and I'm buying a whole poker room breakfast or lunch or, you know, that kind of thing. So there, everybody made money. Everybody knew what's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. The money drives what people do. Yeah. Or allow you to do. If you're getting paid on it, you're like, ah, well, okay, I don't see that going on. And are you still running your drug game at this point? Yeah. You're yeah, doing both. Both. So, the, but the drugs I didn't really touch. Like, I was never a hand-to-hand -hand kind of guy. Like, I had some guys who would just buy, like, an eight ball again, mm -hmm. just that you know, my friends that I knew well, yeah, it was your boys, whatever. Yeah, but like here. a guy calls you up and he's like, Wouldn't call me ever. I never, I was never, I was always insulated from that. And so, you had people, Got, yeah. And how would you get them? Like, they'd be your friends, it'd be someone you knew from the block, yeah. Like, just you know, the, it, it's it's hard to even understand how that works because I don't know how some of these people even came in my life now because you know, you're moving so fast that after if they passed, like if we knew if I if I checked them out and they, they checked out, they were good to me, but they never came to me. So, like, if you're my number one guy, who at that time was Keith Rossetti, he had six guys who had six guys who mm. had six guys. So, I would, you know, you're my guy. So, right. I'm here. Here's a couple Here's a couple kilos. And that's what kept you. And that's what kept me insulated. I mean, I did it for 18 years. Right. And but then, you were never afraid that one of these, like, other guys from a guy that you didn't know would well, jam so you up? Well, so a couple times, the guys I know got caught, like, in their car with shit. And then I knew, like, we had friends all over. So, like, yo, Jimmy, J Jimmy just told on you. They can't prove anything because he didn't get it from me. He got it from this guy. They got it from this guy. They got it. Mm. They, that's not enough to say, hey, I know Devin Wright sells drugs because they probably did that every day. Mm. Hey, I know Devin Wright. Can you prove it? I can't prove it, but I know he does. Right. But they all knew too. You know what I mean? So, and you also weren't really touching any of the products, no. right? Like you were basically the bank. That's it. That was funding it. And pushed it out. So, And I had two facets going, which I didn't really talk about a lot is that. So I had like my local guys that, you know, like, so I kept. A couple. I always kept people around. So the guy I got in trouble with, one of the guys I got in trouble with, um, uh, uh, Jamal, he had his own thing. We didn't do anything together, but we shared together. And what so does that mean? If he needed something or I needed something, I'd get it for him. He'd get it for me. Gotcha. Just because that's your boy right. on the strength. And he did his own. Right. He yeah. did. Now, we got in trouble together, but 
So then I had like some local guys that I would buy some stuff from, you know, maybe four or nine ounces because I wanted to keep that. I wanted them to think this is what I do. I didn't want them to know that this is expanded. So I would keep this kind more public, if that makes sense. People would know like that's my guy. Um, how do I explain it? Uh, so I would buy like say nine ounces from some Spanish guys. Okay. Local Spanish guys. They think that's all I'm doing. When I'm actually throwing 10 keys loads. Who's over they? Here. Like just the streets, the street. So that way they don't come after me because it's, you know, so you're doing low level shit. They think I'm doing, I'm over here on this other side that nobody knows about. You did that intentionally? Yeah. And how did you know to do that? I didn't. I just, because I'm thinking what the cops think. And how are you thinking what the cops are thinking? Just thinking about just it. Just thinking about it. Yeah. It's all, I would think every day how to be better. And literally you'd be going to bed and you're like, the I, cops, they're going to think that I'm. If I'm doing nothing, they're going to think I'm doing something. Correct. So I'm going to do a little Dude, red herring get... magic trick 100%. over here. You watch this because this is going on over here. So there's a whole other facet that they didn't even understand. But are you not afraid if you get jammed up for this thing that they're going to look into it and the whole well, thing will unravel? So here, that's what, that's what happened, basically. Hmm. So 9-11 um, happened, okay? And what that did was that gave the feds, the, the Patriot Act came out. Even if you ever heard of that. So mm -hmm. they, they they did the Patriot Act. And what the Patriot Act said was, I mean, it was this thick, but it said that you if you think there's terrorism or something going, we'll give you a warrant. Right. You can go through phones. Warrant. You can it go through matter. everything. So I had we had inside people, of course. I mean, you know, I had inside people all the way through. Um, because, I, you know, like I would take loans. I would give loans to prison guards. So I did loans, booking, and drugs. But I would give loans like prison guards. I mean, I had judges on my phone putting bets in. I had Congress people putting bets in because I was safe. And they trust me, I'm not going to tell. You, does that make sense? So, And how do they know you're not going to tell? You just got you to you feel it. You got a sense. Yeah. This you're guy's not, solid. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've seen that. Like, uh, I think it's Ben Affleck said, I need you to don't answer any questions. We're going to hurt some people. And the yeah. guy says, well, <laughs> whose car are we taking? The town. They yeah. just know. Yeah, they know. You know, so you know, like, you know, just, you know, like, I'm pretty solid. Mm -hmm. And I'm not scared, you know. So <clears throat> I wanted to put this out there like that do my other thing, and the Patriot Act came. So I went in, and I didn't know anything about it. But at this time, everything's flowing so easy, and I'm not really touching anything. Mm -hmm. that I'm, Like I said, I'm, I'm not scared. I'm playing softball with the state police, and I'm fucking selling 50 pounds of weed in the parking lot as I'm playing softball. I'm bringing nine ounces in my baseball pants, giving it to the guy I'm playing softball with on the state police team. I mean, just because he wanted something and he hit you up? Yeah, and like just because I know him, like, yo, cool. this, we'd bring you up here because who's going to sell drugs during the so softball tournament? Right. With the state police? Nobody. Me. You know what I mean? So the Patriot Act comes. Also, th this is when you get jammed up with the Patriot Act. Patriot Act's where it started. Okay. So, I don't I don't want to jump to that too okay. quickly. I'm kind of more curious still on, like, the come up. Yeah. So, so like, the, you're running the book. You're selling, like, Coke at this point? Yes. Coke and weed. And why do you go to Coke? Is it just easier, better margins? Better margins. I hate that I didn't like Coke at all. I liked weed. I love the smell of weed. Mm -hmm. um, and when I started getting weed, I f there was a in, – in New Jersey, there's a uh, – it's called skunk back then. Like it won the cannabis cup from New Jersey and everything. So they were growing this homegrown shit. You know, like it was toxic back – you know, because it, back when I was selling, it was brick shit. Yeah, Reggie. From, yeah, trash. terrible. Now it's all this high exotic shit, but it wasn't like that back then. But the skunk was. So I was like, I need to know who's doing it. So I found who was doing it, and I hooked up with him to teach me to grow. And he just had a grow house in his backyard. Well, he had it in his basement that we went in the woods. So I, this is how nuts I am. So then I take my boy, I don't smoke weed this time. I take my boy to Amsterdam. 
because I want seeds. I want new seeds because the strain was getting weaker. So you flew to Amsterdam? Yeah. How I old flew are you? my boy, 24. Just because you know Amsterdam has good shit? Because I know that they sell seeds. You can, you can, I know you can go to the red light district, you can smoke all you want, mm -hmm. and you can buy seeds. So I flew out there with a guy that smokes weed every day to tell me what good seeds were so I could buy them, bring them home, and start growing in New Jersey, in the woods. Whoa. Yeah, so I take, I go to Amsterdam. I don't know if you've ever been, you ever been to Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Gotham. When I was there, it was dark the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Right? And it's changed, I guess. Like, the red light district back then was fucking insane. Yeah. But I, I, we get there, and all the cabs, I don't know if you have recently, you've been there recently, but I, when I was there, all the cabs were Mercedes cabs. Yeah. So I grabbed my boy, Richie, and he's the one that smokes them. He's like a pilot. You know, back then, he fucking smoked every day. <clears throat> and I, again, I've never smoked weed, so I couldn't tell you what was good or not. So we fly, I fly in first class to Amsterdam. We get out, we get in the limo, and I see this fucking hot-ass bitch, right? I was like, wherever she's going, I want to go. And the cab driver starts laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at, my man? He's like, and she pulls up to get walk in this club in the red light district. I was like, all right, we're good here. Well, Rich, come on, we're going in here, right? He's, the cab driver's like, no, you don't want to. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, that's a dude. No. Swear to God, I was like, oh, fuck. That's that was 20 years ago. That's the blue light district. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you know that? That's, no, that, that's it, the thing. Like, no, if, if you go now and there's a blue light on the on the window, yeah. that means it's a trans woman. No. Oh, fuck. So, okay. like, they have the red light and the blue light. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. And they look this, similar. This is all red. They look, and this bitch it's, was hot. It's, it's baddies in both. <laughs> baddies in both, bro. So you got to be careful. Yeah, see, Blue lights do. on. Yeah, yeah, stay away. <laughs> got to get surprised. If so, that's your thing, though, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah, not going to judge you. Whatever you want to do. That's what you want to do. Yeah. Hey, no, I, didn't want, I don't like that shit, but you can do whatever you want. And that, that's the thing. So, I, and I'm laughing. So, like, in my, so now we get out in the red light district. It's just fucking crazy there. Yeah, 24. It's, it's gloomy. Like, it's never sunny when I was there. Yeah, I was there yeah, fucking... Yeah. Wintertime, maybe? Yeah. yeah. And so we're going, we're stopping all these smoke shops, these cafes. He's smoking. Mm -hmm. Well, he gets so high that he can't tell what's good because he's falling the fuck asleep. So I'm here like, I wasted the fucking five days. Yeah. So we finally find some seeds. So I'm, I'm now, I'm talking to the guys that are growing there. So I need stuff that grows in my specific area, you know, in the East Coast. Because they're growing some inside. Like Hydro was just starting then. <laughs> so you're, t you're talking like a botanist. You're like, yeah, okay, yeah, how yeah. do I? How do I do it? Because I want to know the best way, the most... I, why waste time? I want to know. I want to do this shit right. So, like, uh, you know, Hydro just started. So I was the first one in Jersey that I know of that was doing shit in the basement of Hydro. Hmm. They didn't know what this rock wool shit was. I mean, it's way different now, but with a, with a filter system and rock wool and clay. Yeah. So I bring these seeds back. So we, we're going through. We're at the airport. Now I, so I have seeds. I have a leather jacket. I stitched. I bought 40 seeds. I stitched the seeds in the jacket. Like in the yeah, zipper part, unseam, right? Richie brings fucking a brownie home, bro. Right, and he's high as fuck. He still got a brownie. I was like, Rich, you can't. What the fuck? Like, there's dog, you know, like, and we and we gotta go through customs, and yeah. you know, the fucking dogs. I'm like, Richie. So he eats this fucking thing. He's so fucked yeah, he's up, blasted, blasted. Now we gotta fly home. It's eight hours, seven hours, whatever fuck flight is. He's fucked up. We fly into New York. We should go through customs. He's fucked up. So I'm like, fuck. I got my jacket on. You know, we're going to get my bag. I'm like, I'm getting knocked off for seeds because yeah. he's an idiot. Yeah. Luckily, we get through. I bring the seeds home, and then I start a whole new strain in Jersey. Wow. And But we grew on, like, the meadow. We grew, like, right behind the prisons. Listen, right where you wouldn't think to look. Right. Because people would go through the woods and steal it. Oh, really? Like other guys, yeah. And so, once they found your spot, you were done. Done. Yeah. Right, they get it right the two days before you go. You know, the harvest moon when they start hunting, you'd have to empty the leaves. So we had 10 set up like this times 10 
with dehydrators and metal racks, and we paid 10 or 12 people to take off work for two weeks just to clean blood. So we end up like 30 or 40 pounds a year that of skunk. You're growing for free, basically. For free. Well, I mean, you know, we're paying $1,000 sure, a day for yeah, people to clean it. Right. But you're getting $4,000 a pound. Wow. With buds the size of your arm. Wow. You know, so that's just like, that was. And it's the high grade shit that people are paying more for. Four grand a pound. You're, I'm selling the, the junk shit for 800. Right. I'm selling this shit for $1,000 a quarter pound. And again, you're never really touching it. You have people that clean it. Well, we, I would be in the woods because I was amazed at the, I love growing that shit. Did it, really? I, oh, just watching the shit and seeing like the different color bud, you know, like, and I love the smell of it, you know, but I don't <laughs> smoke it. But let me tell you something. Here's I a little, you're a little green thumb. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? not you're just really. Like, you're, just like, you're just like <laughs> being out there and just, you know, we, we, uh, you water well, it. 650, yeah. So we had 650 dual sport, the on-off-road dirt bikes, the yeah. Hondas. Yeah. We take fertilizer, like miracle growing on the back of our bikes, through the woods, water these motherfuckers three times a week and shit. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. But I had more than that than ever with like coke. I didn't like cocaine. I hate the smell of it. Made my lips numb when I break. Fuck, get that shit away from me. Made your lips numb when when, I, when we don't put up the bag. My fucking face. You're just, and you're I like, don't, just like, like the dust. It was like, get on you. I hate this shit. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it to this day. It's disgusting. And so you, like, after a certain age, you never sold weed or sold coke to anyone. Like you I would, would give it to one person here and right. then another over here. So going back to that, so the Patriot Act. We'll get back on that. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. I fucking lost track. But so the Patriot Act. So I, at this time, I'm buying, I'm bringing up 40 keys altogether from Florida for 540. I was paying $16,000 a key. Back then, sixteen thousand a key. Okay, right. So now it's probably double that. It's from like South Florida, from like so Colombia, off the boat, from the Italians down there. I was, I had an Italian connection in Florida, and they were getting it from. Don't, didn't ask. <laughs> I don't ask. Listen, because I never, I only met them once. I would send the cash down on the bus, on like the Greyhound. Yes, in a duffel bag, just like that, half but, a million. And you had a guy. They would drive. They would take the bus down there, and then I paid a thousand dollars a key to come back. So that's why this buying this nine ounces and these, you know, four and a half ounces from these guys, that, that, now this is not on a radar. This is on a radar. They're not paying attention to this side. They're paying attention to this. So we get knocked off. It's going to be for this. And how many keys would you bring back up? 40 at a clip. On the bus? Well, however you got back. I just paid a mule $1,000 a key. So if I got 20, I give him 20,000. And how do you find a mule? Like, it's just a guy that knows a guy. Yeah, just, you know. I say, who do you got? You know, they say, well, we got, you know, we got Javi to do it. Tell Javi, let's go. And how do you know that Javi's going to be solid? You don't. And but how do you know? The game. And how many times did you have a guy that get clipped? So I had one guy, only once, a Spanish guy got clipped. He was a friend of mine. Um, and he wasn't really for me. He had my, he had a connection too. He got called on the bus in North Carolina with like five keys. Mm. But they were watching him because he was from this area. So he was from this facet over here with his nine nine ounces that I get from these Spanish guys. Yeah. So he got knocked off because they're kind of watching him. Mm. This side went through. So Patriot comes. And so <clears throat> Patriot comes, and I hear they're trying to get a warrant for me. But they can't. So they went to four different judges. They couldn't get a warrant. And this is feds or state police? So it's the feds. Okay. And the feds and local. So the feds were the first ones on the case. And then the... the the town, the town got in it, but the town, Millville, where I was living, they weren't involved at all because they thought I had them on payroll. Mm. So it was the state police, the feds, FBI, DEA, and state. And how are they tipped on you? Just, it is, I didn't even, I had, I drove like a fucking piece of shit explorer. Yeah. I fucking lived in a rental. like, I was just stacking cash. And yeah. so, and but all the cash is cash. Cash. Well, you're stashing it in stash houses and all shit? All over, yeah. Just random place. Random, the, and the you know, like, here. My, my, I did some of my dad's house. Mm. The fucker found it. 
Your dad found it. He found my drugs too before. So I would, so my dad would be out. I would walk, I'd go, not with a lot, like three or four ounces. Mm -hmm. I'd leave there like New Year's Eve. All my guys were like, yo, I need a half ounce for, you know, we're all partying New Year's Eve. So all right. You know, I'd rather get it for me because I know it's good. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean? Like, so I'd like stash everything at dad's house. I'd just go get it. You know, it was close. You'd go up, you know, and I, I'd go in his basement and I had a, um, there was a duct work. I took the vent, come and I put it in there. Was thinking he wouldn't find it. Well, that psycho motherfucker saw my footprints in the carpet in the basement and was like, look around, what the fuck's he doing down here? And he found it. Uh, so he took that. Then when he found the money, he found a stash of cash I had hidden. He had like in the extra room, like that he never went in. I stuffed it in the cushions of the couch. He found it and kept it. You know, he's a scumbag like that. When he kept it, what do you mean? Like, he kept it. Like he took it. He flipped it or no, like, he just kept it. I don't know what the fuck he did. What he just kept it. He, he said it's mine. It's in my house. I'm taking it. Do you think he was like he, uh, he probably he probably party a little, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm he's sure. doing meth in the basement. Yeah, like, that, yeah. This was 10, 15 years later, but yeah, I'm sure he I'm And you sure. ever get pissed at him? Like, yo. Well, I I well, he's like, you don't do that in my house. You know, he tried to be the father of the year. You can't bring that shit to my house, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fuck you. And I walked out, thought he was gonna like follow me. He's like, nah, he didn't follow me. Never gave it back. Wow. But and he got the cash probably because he, well, he kept cash. the cash doing his fucking his what he married a chick that was a crackhead. She sold a presidential Rolex and yeah like crackhead. He because she was fucking he was fifty and she was probably twenty six. You know and she but anyhow. How That's, much money do you think he he lifted off you that time? Oh, uh, fifteen or twenty thousand probably. Yeah. I had where I stick in the cushions of the couch. Wow. So you know how, like when you unzip the cushions, how yeah, they, like yeah, the, yeah. the the side the, the is, so I stick in the middle there. He never went in this fucking room. I have no idea how I found it. But like I said, he saw the footprints in the carpet in the basement where I was just walking and looked at why is he down here? Mm. So he's not my father's not dumb, mm-hmm. you know. But the patriarch, so the patriarch, so I was under twenty four hour surveillance for eighteen months and I didn't know it. But I went to seven eleven one of my shipments didn't come up, didn't get here. So it was like three or four days late. So I go buy a track phone. Remember those fucking things? Mm-hmm. I buy a track phone. Pay the minutes. Yep. Open it. I'm, I walk out of seven. I remember it was like yesterday. I walk out of seven. I'm ripping this fucking phone open. I'm putting a SIM card in. You know, I bought a prepaid card from 7-Eleven. I make one phone call. I crash. I smash the phone and throw it in the trash. And all my phone calls says, yo, that never got here. We got to figure out where it is. I was calling my guys in Florida. My Italian guys. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, they're telling me. But that's there was no, that's all that was said. And three or four days later, I see a undercover car. Um, like, and the first time I ever seen anybody, like, just drive down my street. I'm like, that's weird. Cause I lived on like this back street. But again, I've been doing it so long, you get to a point where, what is it? You know, like, it doesn't matter. Not that it doesn't matter, but you're complacent. I mean, yeah. you just think, like, fuck, I'm doing, like, this shit's like, I'm not nervous. I'm fucking. And then uh, when I when I dig it ready, they're like, "This is how we got you." And the feds had a box. It was like the size of a, like a tissue box, and they were fo- I was under surveillance, eighteen hour, twenty four hour, a day surveillance for eighteen months straight. Tapping your phone. Every phone I talked. If I grabbed your phone right now, they could take it and listen. And they would find it somehow. They found that conversation. That's how they got a warrant from to raid me. From the one trap phone, not connected to you at all, from at the Seven Eleven, saying, "Yo, where's the shit?" Yep, that's how they got a warrant. Wow. And that, what year was that? That was 2000. I made a phone call in 2003. I got raided in 2004. And so you were running your game from? 90, 1991 to then? To 2004-ish. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa. And so in that time, 
how much money do you think like you accrued? Do you have like a number on that? I couldn't even tell you because you know it went. <clears throat> I know during football we made him. I had a million in safe at one time, mm. and my buddy and I lost it all playing blackjack in casino. In a really? Year, in less than a year. And so, that's just like the blackjack money. That was just well, it was money that we I put in a safe from you know like we make money I put in a safe. It was a safe we had access to. My buddy Tom and I, you know, like he was he had he did some shit for us. And we took, we were just, that's why I don't gamble. Like, I, we were gambling insane. I'm driving a Porsche through the fucking tolls on the way home from Lake City because I was so fucking broke I didn't have 35 cents to put in the toll booth because I was coming back to get more money to go back down to go to, then come back and go to work at 730 in the morning. Whoa. Yeah, it's fucked up. Wait, so how do you lose a million playing blackjack? Dude, back, probably, it took six months probably, but just chasing the, chasing the fucking devil. But, but you like gambling a little bit then. No, I, I didn't. I never get to. I don't. I like money. And the thing is, I saw. I don't like. I guess maybe I did like gambling then. Mm. But I, I was like, I got this. There's no way we can lose this and not get it back. Mm. Like it was a mindset. Like we got a mill. We got to be. If we have half a million left, we'll be all right. Because we, we want a couple good runs. We're good. It just never happened. Like it was just something was just not in the air. Like, but you liked blackjack specifically. Blackjack, yeah. I just, that's this it's the best odds in the casino. Right. You know, for for us. Right. Not, you know, against the house. You know, they only have like a three percent edge. Right. Like I don't play the carnival games, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's... want whatever my best my best chance to win. Damn, a mill on blackjack. Come on, bro. Yeah, who fuck are you telling? Me? <laughs> Listen, I looked at, and the thing is, it didn't even really hit me until you look in the safe and there's nothing there. Right, because it's like a thousand bucks here, ten grand here. Yeah, I mean, we would take 10, 15 out, and you're down. probably winning some nights and losing. Like I don't re honestly, and I was thinking about this, I don't remember winning. Come on, bro. My my boy Tom Come went down on, there and probably dude. lost thirty grand one day. I was and I was up probably thirty or forty thousand. I think we lost all that too and came. We dropped a hundred grand one day, and I know I don't remember winning ever after that. It's straight facts. I and I would never do that. If I go to a casino tomorrow and I lose four or five hands in a row, I quit. But back then, is that fucking? But you, you, you liked gambling back then a little. You got. I be had honest. to. Yeah. I mean, but I, it was a money thing. Like I said, is right. I want that safe stuff back in. Because I know it can't only be a money thing if you're losing the money and then still going back. I, I was chasing that. I wanted that's the, money the chase. Back. Yeah, like, that's and I, that's what I don't like. Right. Like, I want you know. But that's how you know, like when you were saying the degenerate gamblers, like yeah. they will, they want that when they're going down. They want that. Yes, they that's have that the, That's where the rush. And here, is. my feeling is, I'm gonna throw the fuck up when I'm losing. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. You know, and but they're not like, oh no, but I was like, there's no way. There's no, I just couldn't figure there's any possible way we can continue to lose. Mm. You know, it's just but it happened. And, and listen, <laughs> but that taught me, though, I just, and, you know, I sat there, I was like, you know what, fuck it, we just worked all fucking year for this, because it was after football season, yep. where, you know, and I was like, we just worked all fucking year, and it's just gone, mm. in, like, no time. Like, that's how easy it is to get fucked up in that game. Yeah, of course. Because, I, you know, now, I mean, I can do it now, because I, you know, I'm pretty, I'm okay, but back then, like, you know, 50, 75,000 is hard to come by, mm -hmm. and, you know, you're blowing a million. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And what was what was making you more money at that point, or maybe overall, was it the gambling or the drugs? Well, so drugs, so I would make so with the drug game it was pretty easy. So this side I would make with like the nine ounces, eighteen ounces that I would do like the local guys, I would probably make five grand a week. Mm -hmm. Over here, I would make three to four thousand dollars a kilo that I would get rid of. Mm -hmm. So I didn't touch this. I just I had the connection to another dude who was just like me, mm -hmm. and he's paying me twenty. I'm paying sixteen. Mm. Or seventeen to bring it up, right? And there was no touch. Nobody knew this money was coming in. My right. girl didn't know. Nobody knew. You would just drop off a bag and that's it. Keep it moving. Yep.
and that's and and so the patriarch comes. <clears throat> but then the gambling, how much money are you making from the gambling? Gamble's good, except the so gambling. I was probably making a half million a year or better. So it was like 50-50? like how much you would make from gambling versus how much you make. Yeah, in the because drugs? depending on what went wrong. So yes, because at the end of the day, you always you lost money in drugs too if something went bad. Yeah. But so let's say it was probably 50-50, 50-50 each way with less stress in the game. I like to gamble. I love taking bets. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know. And that's interesting. Yeah, it's just it's you know it's the house. I'd I'd, I'd want a casino. Yeah, it's probably like safer. It's listen, like they don't fuck with you. They do. I'm mean, so they would raid you. All the books would get raided in Philly, Super Bowl, and these dumb fucks would be in their same office here all year. So the feds raid everybody in Super Bowl because it's the biggest betting day of the year. Mm. So they knock down all the books that day. So we would be out. We we close our office two weeks before Super Bowl and be somewhere else taking bets mm. to know. You know what I mean? And the the problem is with with I was the gambling part when you owed me money. See, getting paid is the hard part with gambling. Right. With drugs, they fucking steal, rob, whatever they got to do. That's the difference between a gambler and like a, a drug addict. Mm -hmm. Like you get the junkie on the street, they're going to Seven Eleven to steal fucking packs of cigarettes to sell. Mm -hmm. The gambler's not because they're kind of it's a different it's a whole different like it's a different addiction. Faction. Yeah. yeah. So what I would do if people didn't pay me if Mark owes me ten grand. And you'll pay me in two or three weeks. I'm like, my man, you got to do something. Or I'm going to your job. I'm writing you boss a letter like, hey, can Mark, can you let Mark out of work all day? Because he owes me 10000 from betting. Or I'd send it to his wife, mm. a letter to his wife. Hey, listen, is there any way you can help me straighten this out with? Because gamblers don't are embarrassed to say they gamble. Especially if they're losing. If they're losing. Yeah. They don't want their mom to know their kids, their boss. So I, that's what I'm doing. Like, my man. So I would send letters to their house. I'd so call their wife. It was never violent. There was a, one or two violent, but not. I don't like violence. Right. I don't, so if I have to, there's it's there. Mm. I'm not scared of violence. <clears throat> but violence doesn't get you. If, listen, if I fuck you up, you're still not paying me. Right. I want the money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you got to make an effort. Mm -hmm. Like there's some because I'm just, if not I'm embarrassed the shit out of you, mm -hmm. which is worse than violence because you're you're, you're going to heal. But if I get you fired from your job. I'm never going to pay out, but guess what? Now they know why you got fired. Yeah, yeah that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So it's more of a mental. I'm more of a mental violence. warfare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to fuck with your head. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so you would just write letters, and then people would eventually get you the money back. Oh yeah, because if, if listen, when a wife would get involved, I could pay the next day. Yeah, the money. Or the back. father. Yeah, all of a sudden now they got it. Yeah. They, they're they're taking it out of their kids' college fund. Interesting. I don't give a fuck. Don't bet it. Right. I didn't make you bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then would you cut people off if there was like a couple times they'd be late and you're just like, hey, buddy. I'm not, yes I can't. and no. Um, the problem is you, you. I always wanted to get back. Like if they owed me 5000 I'd still let them bet, but I'd put a limit on them. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's 1000 So mm -hmm. drop a 1000 they can bet a 1000 If they're down 1000 you're cut off to pay me the 1000 because you still owe me 5000 Right. So I would work with you as long as you make an effort. Right. You know what I'm saying? My rental's now. I mean, if I've got 100-something rental properties – don't not pay me because I'm going to put your ass in court or I'm going to mm -hmm. cut your water off. Mm -hmm. like, I'm the motherfucking bad land. Let me... But if you say, hey, Dev, listen, I got 200. Come pick it up. I got you. You mm -hmm. know, make an effort. Don't let me come in. You got a new escalator in your driveway. Right. And right, you right. owe me $12,000 for rent. Right. You know, so I just as long as you're making an effort, I'm good. That makes sense. And so you're running both at the same time. Did the drug stuff ever go wrong? Like you had like a drug deal go bad and you heard about a guy that you, your guy, no, your guy, your guy. No, because it was, no, it was more like not, not really. There was nothing, you know, I, I knew when I, when I was under investigation, um, I was playing softball in somewhere, Texas or Tennessee or somewhere. And there was a guy taking pictures in the woods, but I, he was, 
I didn't know it. That's how dumb I was. That I didn't think they were watching me. I'm collecting balls from, you know, BP, and I see this dude in the woods with a camera. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, we're taking pictures for the local TV station. Or, you know, I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, I'm fuck. I don't fucking know. You know, but I was, they were followed. They were on the plane next to me. Like, my discovery was 40 file boxes, you know, that, that they brought on carts to my attorney's office. Wow. So they were flying. When I'm playing softball over the country, they're flying next to me, and I didn't even know it. Wow. Now they raided me. This is the best. <clears throat> well, two things. Two weeks before I got raided, I'm driving down the road. I'm all juiced up. They can fuck steroids out of mind. You know what I mean? And yeah, no, listen, I love this. You're taking this. steroids for softball? Oh, yeah. Come jacked on. Out, jacked bro, out online. What are we talking about? Yeah, listen, those dudes are big. You got to look look at it. So I'm all jacked up. And I, I, I called my boy. I was like, yo, I need nine ounces. <clears throat> and he's like, all right, yeah, I'll leave it in the car at his gym. So I came from my gym, picked it up, and I'm going coming back down to where I was, where I live. And it's back road. Now, I never sped. always made sure my cars, everything was right. All my paper was always right. So I had 50,000 D-ball, which are steroids, Dynaball, mm-hmm. back then. Like, people were taking their little pink stop signs, and they're in a, a pound bag, but it's like, what's it, gallon Ziploc bag? Yeah, Whatever yeah. you call it. Yeah, I don't know what the real name is, yeah, but yeah. they're in it full. And I pick up nine ounces. And I have it in the back of the, my – I was driving an Explorer. I had a back seat. <clears throat> so I'm driving down this road, and I get pulled over. I see a cop. Actually, I see a cop. I'm, I'm calling the exact speed limit. That you're allowed on the phone then. You know, so I'm on the phone. And I'm going to the speed. And I see the, I see the, the cop there. I just go by. No big deal. Like, I'm fucking windows down, fucking sleeve of shirt on. Like, you know, fucking being a fucking dick. <laughs> and this cop pulls me over. He's like, uh, license registration. Okay. Give it to him. He goes to the car. Now, at that time, my daughter's mother was dating a cop. You know, we weren't together. She dated. So I'm thinking, like, he's busting my dick. But I know they can't search my car. And I know they can't smell anything. I know they know anything wrong. So I know they're not. So you don't have car. any product on you except the I steroids. Do. I have steroids and nine ounces of Coke that I picked uh, up from earlier. But I, they can't get my car. Right. You can't smell it. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I got the windows down. It's the middle of summer. Yeah. So <clears throat> then all of a sudden, another cop pulls up on the other side. Oh. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, they're going to fuck me up. Like, because, you know, back then, the cops just fucked you up. And there was no, like, you know what I mean? It was after Rodney King shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so I'm like, this dude, he's setting his guys on me. So I'm on the phone. I'm kind of like laughing about like this fucking mutt, you know, like being cocky, whatever. So the <clears throat> cop comes out. He's like, uh, how's your license? So I was like, perfect. So my dad's an attorney. He's like, all right, well, get out of the car. I'm not getting out of the fucking car. Fuck you. Not doing it. Like, no. He, this motherfucker reaches through the car and tries to pull me out of the car. Boop, put it in drive. Pshoo, take off. So now I'm like, so, but this is how mentally strong I was. We'll call it strong. I knew there was a pond, a mile of lake, but two miles down the road. I'm dump, I'm getting to the lake. I'm dumping this shit in the lake. I know if they, they nine ounces, I'm getting in trouble. Fucking, I'm getting this shit in the lake. We'll figure it out later. You know, like they don't know. Because once you get in the water, that shit's a cloud, and you're good. right. So as I'm driving down the road, I don't I don't speed. <laughs> I put my blinkers on. All right, <laughs> but I'm grabbing the shit as I'm going, and so he. My boy had it in like um, he had it in a Ziploc bag, but then he had like four or five, you know, like the plastic grocery bags, yeah, yeah. Those? like the bodega bags, the black, you know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I'm taking them, and I'm, as I'm going around bends, I'm throwing the bags out the window. So I'm, I'm trying to get rid of everything, but you can't see as it's coming out of my car. Just the outside bags, not the coke. So I'm putting it in my. I got a sleeveless shirt on, tank top, and I, some basketball shorts. So I tuck my shirt in, put the drugs down my shirt, and the the fucking deep ball were in the whole thing. Fifty thousand these little pills. I put it all down my shirt after I get it down to just one bag. So now the cops have wanted the road cut off. I go right around them. Well, dumb motherfucking me. Now they shoot you for that shit. You know, like, 
So I go right around them, get to the stoplight, make a left. The police station's right here. I'm going by this Malaga, this little bumblefuck town, and there's fucking 30 cops there. I'm like, motherfucker. Drive by, make a right, pull right up to the lake, get out of my truck. Lily pads and all. Jump right in. Fucking lily pads sticking in my ass. Jump in. I dumped the shit out of, you know, I made it. I did it. <clears throat> I put my hands up. All right, you guys win. Like, I'm not running. Yeah. They whooped the shit out of me. Like, they beat the shit out of me. They had me hogtied. So I had hair back, like long hair in the front, you know, like if I was slicked up. They're grabbing my hair. I'm handcuffed behind my back and my feet are cuffed. I'm on a picnic bench and they're taking the tear gas right in his face. You want to run, motherfucker, with your chemically enhanced arms and shit? You know, they're talking shit. I was like, shut the fuck. And I'm still kind of like talking shit. But I'm not fighting them. Like, I got out of the thing. They got their long guns. I was like, you motherfuckers are going to shoot me. Right. I know you're not going to shoot me. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm giving up. <clears throat> so I get to the police station. This at that time, that's how much of a dick I was then because I wasn't thinking that. So they tow my truck. I get to the police station, and I'm talking. To, I'm trying to get the girl that's processing me to go out with me. <laughs> like this cop was like, "Listen, don't worry about it. I didn't do anything wrong." Because I knew they didn't catch the drugs, and they're they're only charging me like some dumb shit. But then they're like, "All right, uh, bail's going to be fifty thousand, and if you don't if you don't get paid bail by four thirty, uh, you're going to the county for the weekend." Mm. Like, all right, what's the fastest you ever seen anybody bailed out? Like, I'm talking shit, you know? So I called this chick. I was like, yo, I need 50000 bring it. 20 minutes later, she's there with 50000 cash, right? So I'm thinking, <clears throat> they at the meantime, they give me my phones back, my two cell phones. Mm -hmm. So I have one for work and one for play. So I'm like, I don't even think, like, it's just not making sense. But they give it back to me, but they keep my truck, Okay. So I'm like, all right, no big deal. You know, I got my phones back. Mm -hmm. I call my attorney. You know, he's, I'm like, Scotty. He's like, I tell him what happened. He's like, okay, no problem. You know, send me paperwork. I was like, all right. So I go to my house. I clean my house out just in case. Mm -hmm. I got some steroids left there, like for about a couple dollars in cash and a scale because I didn't want really to have the scale. I got this big digital scale that was like from some tractor place. That fucking, you know, like it was a big fucking <laughs> industrial digital. Yeah, thing, industrial, yeah. yeah. So I had that in the house. <clears throat> so two weeks later, um, yeah, about two weeks later, I have my kids there. I hear my dog starts barking outside. Then I hear boom, they blow the door off. They throw a fucking flash thing through my window in my bedroom. I'm balls ass naked, right? I get a fall on the floor, get up, you know, like this, and they defend just fucking tore me up. So they come in, they're taking my kids out with guns to their head. Of course, I'm the worst dude in the world. My kids are fucking like eight, six, and four. Damn. You know. Their moms are going nuts. <clears throat> so, but I, I, I'm thinking that this is because where I ran from the cops. Like they got a warrant to, right. it makes sense. And the you know? charge is, you know, evading arrest right. or whatever. And so I'm thinking, no big, I'm still thinking no big deal, you know? Well, I was like, I don't dress up, but I was, I'm together, like jeans, sneakers, and a shirt. Like mm -hmm. I'm never like some Walmart shit, you know what I mean? Like I never, my shit has to look good, you know? So they put me in like a gray sweatpants and like a, some fucked up shirt and like two different shoes, like fucking with me, right? So I'm on a thing and all these cops are tearing the house up and they're asking me questions. The defense I was like, nah, I just I want to see my attorney. I hear they bring a fucking excavator to dig up the backyard. So I'm like, what the fuck? But I'm still thinking, I still don't think this is a big deal. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm not putting this together because I'm thinking it's the evading. And you don't realize that they have cases of evidence against right, you at from all. Uh, I don't know. So they, the Fed puts me in a car. This one guy, this fat guy, he's like, listen, let's just talk. I was like, what are you going to talk about? 
you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't know what the fuck you're talking. I don't know what's happening here. You know, I played that fucking thing. So, guy. Right, so at that time, I had a girl living with me, but she was just as a friend. She was on the other side of the house. I had a four bedroom house. Her and her son were on the other side. They were there too. They got fucking, and she, they arrested her. Her name was Michelle. So, <clears throat> um, so I'm with the feds, and instead of taking me, and I, Michelle owned a real estate office, which was half mile from the thing on the main road of where my house was. So the Fed take me out, they make it right. I go by the office and the fucking DEA is taking the computers out of the office. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Like this might be a little bigger than I thought, um, but I'm still not thinking it's the operation. I'm thinking it's from running and they somehow did it all together. I make a left. They have the stage, st the staging station at the Rosenheim fire department. But as I go around the corner at the light, I see the, news vans with the fucking circular antennas in the air. I'm like, huh, this isn't good. So I'm, in, I'm like, what the fuck? Are you stressed out? Now I'm like, this shit's real. But I'm still like, I can beat it. Mm -hmm. I can beat it. They don't have anything. What the fuck? I know I didn't, you know. Well, I get around the corner, I see fucking 30 people I know, all my guys. I'm like, ugh. And now what do you feel? Now I was like, fuck. That took the wind out of me. But I'm still, I'm not scared at all because I know I got good attorneys. You know, and I, I don't think I, at that time, I don't think I'm doing any, not, I know I was doing something wrong, but right. I don't think it's what it is. You think you're insulated. Correct. Because <clears throat> I can't figure out what they can have on me. Because at the time, I knew they had my phone tapped. You know, I didn't think so, at least, you know. So they get me in, and that's when Akon put that fucking song Locked Out on. Yeah, Locked Up. Yeah. Locked Up. Locked Motherfucker. Up, yes. They played that for eight hours straight as they, was in, as they were keep bringing people in. They're bringing people in. And I'm in there from like 10 to 5 o'clock at night in there, just arrested, sitting in a chair. I took 500 fingerprints. There, you know, So then there was a bank robbery in my town. They they tried to get me to say I did it because I knew who did it because I knew what was going on. Right. You know, so they're like, we're going to put the bank robbery. I was like, you can't put anything. Like, I see how people fold. Yeah. But if they thought about it, they should never fold. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> then I see they arrest Michelle. Right, this girl is. She's the most innocent motherfucker. You'll you'll never meet it. If you took her phone right now and you put fuck in her phone, it wouldn't even come up. Like you know, like you search fucking our yeah, text yeah. message. It, yeah, yeah, zero of zero. And so she was never involved with any. She's illegal never seen drugs. Either. She's never seen a bet. Nothing. But they arrest her because she. I was I was working for her at the real estate office and she was close to me. Right. So they said she can figure out. Tell me. So I get in. They, then they just start giving me charges. Kingpin, Rico. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've had 50 charges. I'm like, well, all right, no problem. I said, listen, I, and I'm talking kind of like Tony. She's like, I got good attorneys. I'm not worried about it, you know. So they take me. They separate us. So they put me in Salem County. And everybody else, the, the, the arrest went in Cumberland County. They take me to Salem County, which is a federal holdings facility. That first night, still not nervous. I don't know why. Just I don't know if it didn't hit me. Um, it was more uh, uh, emotional disassociation. Yeah, like, but I, yeah <laughs> exactly. And I, and I fall asleep. They yeah. put me in the cell. I go to sleep. I even put my the shirt, the orange shirt, over the light because they leave light on for like suicide and shit. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna fucking kill myself, you fucking clowns. Yeah, like, I'm gonna I'm be not, out of here in two weeks. Yeah, I'm be, I'm be out of tomorrow. <laughs> you know, they're like your best half million cash only. I'm like okay, so <clears throat> they wake me up, they take me out a few times, like question me, like they want to know information. I'm like I don't know anything. I don't know. Like you're this, you're that. It's not me. So my attorney gets there probably five thirty in the morning. Now, I didn't make a phone call. I made one phone call because I was I was hooking up with the girl in the sheriff's office for a few years before I got arrested. So I was like, yo, I need a phone call. So I had called, who the fuck did I call? Oh, I called my daughter's mom 
Mm-hmm. That's the only phone call for like 30 seconds. So listen, this happened. It's like, we know it's all over the news, the whole thing. Oh, it's all over the news and everything. So Scott DeClaudio was my attorney. He's a big Philly attorney at that time. So he comes out. He's like, dude, they're just fucking with you because you're white. You know, like this is, you know, this this whole thing, you know. <laughs> what? Yeah. As a white kid, you you know, in a nice neighborhood, you shouldn't be, you know. So they put his uh, half million dollar bail on me. It was like, like a, else, it's like a the, bigger story, I guess. Yeah. Like you should know better. Son of, of an attorney. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Yeah. 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 So they called it Operation Deal Breaker because I was always like, let's make the fucking deal. Like, so they're listening to my phone calls. Like, I'm talking on the real phone. Estate. That's what you're saying. I'm always saying on the phone, let's make the deal about real estate and everything else. Because I didn't talk bad on my phone. You know, like, I, there was nothing drug wise that went on my phone because it was all like just deals. Deals, you know. And so <clears throat> he says, oh, we'll get it reduced. You know, don't worry about it. It's super high. I've never seen, you know, we've seen a lot worse cases. And they had no, they had no drugs on me, none. I didn't get called any drugs. So I sit in there and probably three days to go for a bail reduction. Judge says no, and you have a no contact with any of your co-defendants. Well, these are the only people I talk to in my life, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what the fuck do you mean no contact? So, <clears throat> all right. So it goes, they won't reduce the bail. So finally, after 15 days, I get bailed out by I get bailed out by my family, bails me out for half a million. So then, you know, so now it's like. So I get home. Everybody's on. Like, I have great support. Like my mother was there. Like she was upset, but she was like, we, "We'll take care." You know, whatever we got to do, that kind of thing. Now, my dad was like, you know, my dad. He's you know still being like, "Ah, you get your dickhead." But you know, but he was also on my side. Like okay. he, you know, he he like that's when he came through, kind of. You know, that's nice. And yeah, so <clears throat> I I'm I'm working in Philadelphia at a bar. And what do you mean working? Like bouncing, bartending. Like at, after I got in trouble, because I had nowhere to go. I had to have a job. Because, okay. like, I couldn't do real estate anymore because he took my real estate license right away. Mm. I was selling real estate at the time. So my buddy, was, you know, had a security thing, and I was bartending and doing a bar. One of my co-defendants walks in, shakes my hand. Now, he comes there, okay? And he got bailed out also? Yeah. But he he got bailed out. He was probably in there a lot longer. He had kingpin charge, too. It was Jamal. It was the other guy. They said it was, like, in the head of the thing. Mm. So I'm like, all right, you know, but no problem. But he comes to me. I don't search him out. He comes to my bar. Well, I'm going home that night, and I have a condo in Philadelphia on the water. So I'm going to pick up this girl because I don't want her parking her Honda at my condo because, like, you're not putting that piece of shit. I'll pick you up and bring you to the condo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just be like, well, I should have fucking let her come because I'm I'm get over the bridge in New Jersey. I'm going to the off-ramp. I get pulled over. What the fuck? They search the car. I'm on the side of the road for four hours. They let me go. So I don't. I end up going home. Next day. And home at this point again. Is, in Jersey. Is Jersey. And, yeah. And I go home. You know, they fucked my car. Didn't find anything at all. Five days later, they violate my bail for contact with my co-defendant. So that was Thanksgiving Eve. He came there. I'm sorry. So all over Christmas, I was in, back in county jail. Damn. Just because you talked to your co-defendant. Because he came in. And so said, they set him in there to do that, though. And that's really all he said to you was like. So he's like, yo, we're going to be all right. There was nothing at all. Wow. That's how crook, how, because they didn't want, listen, you can't fight a case. And how did they find that out that he says something? They, they told him to come there. To jam you up? Yep. And he told you that after? Like, after, yeah. Damn, and why did he do that? I don't know, because then the motherfucker went and shot a dude in the face and got life in jail anyhow. So he's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Damn. But so Did they give him a better deal? I don't know what the deal was, because before it all got over, he shot this dude. Whoa. But they only, so I got, tw- so... They were initially all for 80 with 40-year sentences. 
and ended up getting a 20 with a five year stip, which means you have to do five years minimum. Um, and so, but there's no, you don't know when you're getting out. You have to do five years, but you could do on 20 years. So let me go back. The feds had the case. The state sued the feds to get the case because the federal uh, powder cocaine is a 10 year sliding scale. Mm-hmm. Never been in trouble. Anyway, so I would have done three years and a boot camp. I could have been out like a year. If it was a fed, if the feds kept it, the state said, we've been chasing this motherfucker since he was in high school and I'll send you the video. I have the court in video. I have the video of the court case in video. When the prosecutor's like, Mr. Riley's been selling drugs since high school, gambling. I have the video, right? So they say, we go to court, the feds lose, the state picks it up. Now I get kingpin charged, which is life. With a 25-year minimum. And that's a state was, charge. Yes. Wow. So I was charged with RICO and Kingpin. So the state picked up a 25-to-life charge Kingpin if I go to trial. And the RICO's 20 years. And why is it Kingpin? Not, just because I had, they called it a oper- criminal operation. So like the RICO is if you do, if you sell drugs and you buy a business and you launder your money through, you have two different things together. Right. The kingpin is just the amount of drugs that they got, that they had on. Wow. And do you know what the number or the amount of drugs you had that they got no, you No, they only got me on, they got me on 40 kilos. 40 keys. On the phone call for 40. That was just the one call. The one phone call, that's all they had. Because all the other calls. They had all the other calls recorded. But with, you were. But there was nothing telling anything like. So they couldn't prove any of that. Correct. Ones. Wow. So then my right, so I was, right before I got raided, I was getting out of the drug game. Like I was I was going to take bets and do real estate because real estate was crazy and I love bets. Were you really going to get out of the drug 100%. game? 100%. I hate drugs. To this day, I hate drugs. But the money though. I, yeah, but I could make it in, in gambling and I was in an okay spot. You know what I mean? Like, For sure. I'm, you made enough that I you made were enough, like, and I was 32. it's not worth the risk now. Right. Now I'm good. I'm 32. I can fucking start driving big Mercedes now. Like, you know, like, mm. and I'm going to give it all to you. I'm still going to make money. Right, but I, you're going to pay me. I'm going to charge. You're going to pay me a thousand dollars each key you sell to me. Right, but I, you're going to have the connection. I want nothing to do it. I yeah. want you to leave me a fucking envelope. I'll just be the bank. That's it. Yeah. No, I don't, no, no. I don't even want to be bank. I want an envelope. If you buy twenty keys, you owe me. You owe me uh, twenty grand. And wait, why would you get paid? Because I'm giving you my connection. Ah, uh, you're just. Getting and he paid was my right hand dude. Like he was number. So you're basically giving the business to him. Exactly, and I was just going to keep the gambling and do my real estate stuff. Gotcha. Well, end up he's the one that ends up telling on me. He's the one to put the whole case together for him. So this dude, Keith, he, uh, he, I've, I knew him since high school. He was, he was working for him since high school. Okay. Italian, Rosetti's last name. And he, uh, so he gets charged and he gets charged with a second degree, uh, which didn't make sense at first because he was my right hand dude. Second degree. Drug charge. Gotcha. Which is a max 10 years, you know, so let's say seven, you know, it's five to 10, you know, but you, you go first time. You do like 18 months. That's it. So I'm like, why the fuck do you get that? <clears throat> so a lot of shit's going on between this time. And you're and in, you're in jail for I'm this. out. I'm out. I'm a, no, I'm out. I was bailed out. This is between this is after bailed out. This is after you got bailed out for contacting the yes. code of Yeah, yeah. You got bailed out again. Twice. Yep. Yeah. Damn. So so that so I'm trying to figure out. So I'm going that this time now I'm just playing poker and, and working a little bit. I <clears throat> I'm driving I buy a navigator, okay? And I see one of these fucking Chevy Caprice, whatever they are, behind me. So I pull into a gas station. This is when you still have pay phones. And I call them down. I was like, yo, they're fucking following me again. Like, for, I don't know why. Okay. I pull, I'm on this pay phone. And fucking, they come over. They act like I'm fucking Bin Laden. They're coming over to curb, arrest me again for the third time now. 
What I get charged for the third time is fourth-degree tampering with evidence. While I was in jail, I called my daughter's mom and said, hey, listen, delete my email. Hmm. But I wanted them to do that because I wanted them to look at that email, not another one. So I did it on purpose. Oh, really? But the fourth degree, they could just send me a charge. They got fucking kingpin charges. Right. A fourth degree is nothing. $25,000 cash only bail for a fourth degree charge. Something like, fuck. Come to find out, Keith was working with them. So he spent 60-something hours, as I get discovery, riding around, not just telling on me, telling everything he knew. He didn't get a deal. He did it before he got a deal. He still ended up with a fucking second-degree charge. Why did he do this? He said God told him to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's fast forward. I come home. I see Keith. Oh, let me go back better. We go to sentencing. So in the video, and I'll send it to you, you got to watch it. For his sentencing, they're talking about how good of a witness he was and how much he told on, you know, if it wasn't for him, the case, we could have beat the case because they only had a phone call. And I was ready to beat the case. I paid for his attorney. He took he took the 30000 I gave him, put it in his pocket, got some fucking scumbag for five grand to tell on me and kept the money. So, so, so that, that's all going on, you know? So Jamal, his people were junior black mafia or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. They came and saw me like, yo, Rosetti's telling. They knew. I was like, how do, let me, you gotta get rid of them. I'm like, oh my, here it goes. What? My attorney calls me. He's like, I don't give a fuck what you do. You better take your money and keep a priest next to you. Because if anything happens to Rosetti, you're getting, it's you. Like they're coming after you. They want you because yeah. they put a newspaper that he was testifying. Yeah, buy a bodyguard for Rossetti. Yeah. Like you got to take care of this kid. I got to keep him alive now. Yeah, because if he goes, I'm getting a murder charge. Yeah, if he gets in a car accident, it's, I cut the brake lines. Like yeah. that's how they're going to do it. So, right. come Whoa. with. So now this is a this is a whole. So thing. he just fucked this whole thing. Up. Are you so, stressed at this point? I was only stressed because I'm waiting for the second indictments to come through because I want to I want to know I'm a guy that I want to know I'm fighting against. Mm -hmm. I don't like the blind shit. Yeah, you know you what I mean? still don't really know exactly. No, you know and, it's Kingpin and Rico, but you don't even know the trial hasn't gone through. And no, because I didn't. So we're getting all this. We have you know they have forty thousand hours of recorded phone calls. We got to go through every one of them. That's a lot of money, dude. So yeah, you know, I got a quarter million attorneys already. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, so they start throwing deals my way. Anyhow, so they you know they that's when they threw the eighty to forty first. 80 years with a 40-year minimum. Can't do that. I'm not doing... I'm out of this bitch. If yeah. I, if I, I'm running if I have to on that shit. Right. So I got to a 25, and it was only nine months before from from when I when I got in trouble to went to prison because I want to get it over with. Like, listen, you win. You get... I definitely do on time. I don't know what my back end is, but I know five years... It seems like a long time, but I can... I'll be all right. Mm -hmm. So that's why I took that deal. So we go to sentencing. They put Rosetti in my cell. After sentencing, dad and fucking in prison. That's fucked up. Like, they wanted me to off this dude the first day so they can keep... So their whole intention was to get me here Whoa. to make me fuck up. They intentionally put you in jail, in, though. With him. With him. He didn't get a deal. He The same sentence he would have got if he didn't say a word is what he got for telling on me and everybody else. So you walk in a cell. And I see this motherfucker. I give him a... So I paid... So I knew the people around the, the jail. The county jail. So I, I gave them a duffel bag before I went in with like, because at then you could wear like sweatpants, your own shit. I, but you had to wear it in. Mm. So I was went to court in a suit. So I gave them sweatpants, you know, cover sweatpants and socks and shit that they had. So they had a duffel bag waiting for me when I went to county jail. So I had a bag. So I said, here, do here some sweatpants, get comfortable. That's what I did for him. So I come home. Let's fast forward. I do five years. I get out. 
I get my first, I get out first time. I buy the houses next to them and across from them within the first year of being home. Motherfucker, you live in half doubles, I buy them. Just so you know, every day when you walk outside, you see like that motherfucker owns those houses. Whoa. So that's what I do instead of fucking, you know. And so you, when you sit down in the cell with him, you don't, do you talk to him? Do you like he ask him He tries to be my questions? friend. And I, no, because I didn't want to know anything. You know, you're, it was almost like, I know what's happening here. Like you just, they set me up. Like the average weak minded individual is going to kill him in a cell. Right. Yeah. That's what they expect you they to expect be to an idiot and yes. go and beat the shit out of him. And you don't know what he's telling, so I no threats, no nothing. He says, here, man, here's some sweatpants, put them on. That's it. Wow. So I knew it. But eventually, listen, you know, it all comes down. I mean, you know, he's sitting there doing nothing, and then, you know, right. I'm all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, you know, that's the kind of shit that, like, I think that, you know, we talked earlier about the emotion part. That's what kept me, that's what keeps me strong, too, in that those right. situations. Because you were probably angry. Was, listen, they said... The prosecutor said he got sentenced. He, I was last sentence, one sentence. The prosecutor says if it wasn't for Rossetti, they could have walked from the case. And now you're face to face with him and with a 20 year fucking sentence. And there's no, the cops probably aren't going to help him out because they want they you to beat it. him up. Yeah, 100%. Because you beat him up and now you're in jail for life. Because it wouldn't stop. Like if I would have put my hands on him, I wouldn't have stopped. But you were able to kind of keep it together. Yeah, just put it away. You know, like that's that that was the good part of all the emotion part. I don't I don't wow. handle emo I don't deal with emotion. So emotionally, I should have fucking got him right there, and I didn't. I said, I got you. Wow. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be better, and I'm gonna do better, and you can never do what I do. Wow. You know, so that's the arrogance kind of like in me that I know I'll be all right, but it's also like the strong mentality. Like I'm okay. Like you're not gonna be, and I'm gonna be every day. I only get lucky once. You gotta get lucky every day. Whoa. I mean, that's wild. And so that's after sentencing? Yeah. So we sentenced. We all went to sentencing together, same day in court, November 17th or 18th. And he got sentenced, and I got sentenced to 20 years with a five-year stip because I made a plea you know, a plea deal. And so what exactly does that mean? So I had a 20-year. So my max was 20 years. Okay. So I had 15 years. On the, on the kingpin charge, got reduced to first degree, which mm -hmm. is a 15-year sentence with a five-year minimal mandatory. Yeah. Then I got leader of organized crime, which is another five years that got added to to run consecutive instead of concurrent. Okay. So that made it a 20-year sentence with a five-year stip. Gotcha. So the max in state on 20 years is 13 years, eight months mm -hmm. with good time. So that's if you get good time. So that's an open sentence for me. So I can't fuck up in jail because now I don't get out in five. I get a charge. I don't get out five years now. I'm in seven years or seven, nine years. Right. And then if you fuck up again, it just keeps adding up. So I, I, I could potentially, the dad went in, I could have done 15, 16 years if, mm -hmm. I, if I didn't know what I was doing. You know, if I, did, if I didn't, you know. But I had a game plan. Like I said, listen, it was a game. Right. You know, in prison, I didn't get, never got in trouble in prison. I mean, I did a lot of bad shit. Do you remember the first day? I do. So <clears throat> what's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because you need to take the bad out of your habits. Yeah, you heard me. Cold turkey might be great on a sandwich, but there's a better way to break your habits than going cold turkey. And that is with our sponsors over at Fume. Fume is an award-winning device that I have right here in my hand. You can hear it right here. It's got this nice little dial. It's got a sleek design. It feels good to hold. It feels great to fidget with. It kind of will calm your anxiety without even using it. But the way you actually use it is you go just like this. You take a deep breath. I'm sure you're thinking, Mark, what are you putting in your lungs? That probably is bad for you. Well, here's the thing. It's actually not. It's great for you. Because with fume, there's no electronics. There's no vapor. 
There's no harmful chemicals. Uh-uh. Nope. It's completely natural. It's using a flavored air packet, and it's all natural, delicious flavors. Yep. That's how it works. Fume is an award-winning device, like I said, that's helped thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people take the bad out of their little habits. See, here's what happens. It's late at night. You drink with your boys. You're at the bar. People all of a sudden pull out some sticks. They go, hey, let's take these. Let's, let's breathe these into our lungs. Let's light them up. And then what happens? You get black lung. You die. But with fume, you're not going to die. Because what you're going to do is you're going to try fume. It's going to fix your oral fixation. It's going to relieve your anxiety. It's actually going to help you focus on your breathing. It's going to taste great. It's going to probably improve your breath. All of that in this one little thing right here. I know what you're thinking. Flavored air. Mark, what does that even mean? I'm telling you, dude, I got this little cartridge right in here. It's just a little packet with, like, little oils in it. This is the peppermint one. This is my favorite one. I think it tastes amazing. It makes me feel good. I take a deep breath of this. I feel like it opens up my lungs. It reduces my anxiety. And most importantly, it stops me from doing a worse habit. You know the one that we're all thinking about. So here's what I want you to do. If you're interested in, I don't know, saving your life, not filling your body with chemicals and harmful vapors, is check out tryfume.com. That's right. Tryfume, T-R-Y-F-U-M.com. And I want you to use the code GAGNON to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack. The Journey Pack is an amazing way to start breaking your bad habits. It's got everything you need to get started. It's got cartridges. It's got the little fume packet right here. And it's going to give you everything to get started on your journey, hence the name Journey Pack. So go to Tryfume, T-R-Y-F-U-M.com and use the code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your order today. That is Tryfume, T-R-Y-F-U-M.com. Use the promo code GAGNON. Take control of your health. Well, let's get back to the episode. Well, the first day in... They put you in the county. So I paid the county, the guy in the county, not only for clothes, but I paid him to get me out of the county because in the county, it's day for day. You want to start getting comfortable if there's such a thing in prison. Mm-hmm. So um, he, what the, I paid the guy. I was out probably in 10, 12 days. Mm-hmm. I was in, they, so they put you on a list and you go to Kraft, which is central reception of, uh, facility. And that's in Trenton. Okay. And that's, I think, I think the diesel therapy, which is on the back of the bus, mm-hmm. feeling sick as fuck with the, this fumes. Yeah, and they just on, drive you around every week to a different. Well, no, this is just going to reception. Okay. To, so they where they classify you. Okay. But because of my crimes and the people I was associated with, I didn't ride with everybody else. They took me separate. So to go to Trenton is about an hour ride. It took three and a half hours because we went back way, helicopter over. It's fucking. In, I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to escape, but they had. Van, I was in vans in a in a bus, but two other people on there. Everybody else was in like the, you know they put fifty on a bus. Mm-hmm. Helicopter follows the whole way. We went every back road around. It took I think close to four hours to get to Trenton mm-hmm. because they thought I was, might escape. Right. Fuck. What makes you think I'm escape? You got me. You never had any intention of escaping. Fuck. No, listen, right. I'm getting five years of coming home. Yeah. That's it. And I'm going to make it. Yeah. So <clears throat> we get the craft and. Every everybody that thinks about doing crime should do this. Go to craft. I swear to God. So it's it's November, maybe December, first of December. Cold as fuck. There's <clears throat> we pull up and there's two other uh buses there with people. And they're just you know, we're handcuffed and, and ankle cuffs. And you they put you in this like building and you just up steps. Take all your clothes off. You're balls ass naked, ass the dick with everybody in the motherfucker. Probably three, four hundred people up the steps, freezing your dick off. It's outside, it's, you know, it's in the in the stairwell of this craft, 
and it's fucking freezing and you have to be you're this close like hey and you don't want to talk to anybody you fucking you know what i mean like you're like fuck you know so that's when it got this is real mm. you know so then he gets you in the shower and the shower's probably the size of the studio or a little bigger there's probably 50 guys in there you take a fire hose and they fucking hit you with this bug juice because like the lice and shit they don't want to spread them so they spray you this, then they give you a paper suit, and you sit in a fucking cold ass cell for three days as, with no shower anything, as a bug juice kills everything on you. Well, I go in, I was probably three fifteen at probably fifteen percent body fat. Mm -hmm. You know, before I went to prison, I took every fucking steroid I could find. Yeah, just juiced. I'm like, rah, rah, rah. you know, I was in when I was in the county. Like, damn, how long you been down? You know, look, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm down yeah. twenty years. Like, nah, I just coming in, but I was fucking juiced. I'm losing a pound a day because they're only giving me twelve hundred calories. Right. In craft. I'm in the middle, no TV, and I'm just losing weight and just fucking. That's when I'm like, man, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. You know. That, so was that like the lowest point at that of that point in the process? Of the process, yes. So then they send me. So so what they do is they call cereal on the bars. You go to a classification group. They put you in like you know they say family, your crime, da da da. You know they try to keep you close to your family. So they sent me to there's in in Cumberland County where I live. There's three prisons. There's Southwood, Southern State, and um, Bayside. Okay. <clears throat> and like Bayside, they say it's easy, you know, but it's all, it's, I know these guys. So I'm good there, either wherever I go. And I'm taking, I'm taking I was giving loans to all these guys. Like a lot, I knew a lot of prison guards because they're in the, the town. I mean, that's what the majority is. It used to be glass factories, now it's prisons. Hmm. So I know these guys. So they send me to Bayside. And it's probably, they're probably a month. They call cereal on bars. So you put the cereal on the bars, that means you're leaving that day. You're getting on the bus to go to your prison, which is good because, like I said, you had nothing. You were just locked down 24 hours. There's 24 cells. There's TVs on both ends, and that's you had nothing. Mm. <clears throat> so I go to Bayside, and I'm there, and now I'm feeling good. I know everybody. Like, I know the cops. I know a lot of the guys. And, I mean, and the second day I'm in the gym. Day four or five comes. They're like, I get called in, like, four in the morning. Like, the captain's like, you got to go. What the fuck? I was just at the gym yesterday. Like, they had a nice gym there. Yeah. He's like, you know more people here than I do. You're a threat. You're going to Southern, you're going to, Bay, or you're going to Southwoods. It's all right. I'm like, that's kind of fucked up, though. I pull into Southwoods. So they put me in the van, transportation. I pull into Southwoods, which is another prison in Cumberland County. The lieutenant comes out and says, he's not allowed here. They said, if you want to tell on the, because, so they had all these phone calls recorded people calling me from the prison that I wouldn't cooperate and wouldn't say who it was. So I had probably 40 different people from the, that prison that would just call me because they were in my town. Mm. Hey, listen, I need a loan. Put a bet in, you know, because they're working Sundays. Put $50 on, blah, blah, blah. And so they wanted to know who the voices were. And if I didn't cooperate, it didn't matter who they thought it was. They didn't have evidence it was them because it was coming from their phone. But they had it recorded, you know, because right. of the things. So, like, right, so they sent me to Riverfront, which is in Camden. Mm. Now, Riverfront is, though, a because I had such a big number on the 20 is it life one of the lifer prisons like there's a lot of guys with life and shit <clears throat> so i go there i'm all right i get a job as a teacher's assistant right that's when fuck so everybody in there these motherfuckers have never worked a day in their life they all want to go to work because it's something <laughs> to do like oh my yeah. god i want to work you know? yeah so i get a job as a ta so i'm in there like these dudes and it's a shame man that there's so many people that just can't read or write like it's terrible you know yeah and so I I meet up with this this teacher. She's cool, like civilian teachers coming in. You know we're cool, and the prisoners get jealous is the problem. So there was um there was a guy there. 
can't remember what his name was, but he was he was the rabbi that got his wife killed. And he was there, but he was like one of the snitches. So the 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 gay guys and the child molesters were the snitches in the thing. So they they were protected by the by the guards. Right. Like they're the ones that told everything that was going on. So one of them told me that I was fucking this teacher. Right? The civilian teacher. Like she would bring me food once in a while. Like, so I get arrested. Were you fucking her? Well, I mean, not what they said. <laughs> what do you mean? So listen, here's the story. They so they come, they they come, they run down my room. Okay. Get it, you know, internal affairs hits me, puts me in lockup. Okay. And you know, puts me in we call it jail. So it's lockup. You know, so they throw me in, they don't tell me anything. And I see them walking her out in cuffs. So internal affairs comes and say, listen, we got your DNA on the desk. We know you're fucking her. I said, first of all, she's married. Secondly, I never fucked her on that desk. <laughs> right? Just like that. I said, so you're lying. So you don't have evidence. They left me in lockup 72 days. 72 days? Three showers. So were you ever alone with her? Yes, because I had access to the whole, the whole. So listen, I had them, I was showing them stock plays, all the teachers in there. I'm making them money. I'm, I'm showing them stock plays. Like I'm showing them, teaching them how to do stock market because I was into that stuff. Like these, they do nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm showing stock plays. Her husband, I knew, was taking loans from another one of my guys. So I kind of knew like there was a whole tied in thing here. So I wouldn't, since I wouldn't tell, they left me in lockup for 72 days. And she lost her job. <clears throat> and so I, th- I think I was even named in the divorce. I, I don't know. I mean, you smashed. I mean, I, there's a chance, you know. Hypothetically, allegedly, allegedly, who knows? But how would they have found out if you? Because somebody else told, and then they, you know, the average person is going to fold after 20 days in lockup. Like, yeah, I fucked her. Even if he didn't, they're going to say he did mm. because they wanted to charge her. Like, they wanted to ruin her because you know, I think it's a big thing. Like, you know, you know, a civilian coming in, you know, with access, and you know, it's like it's a big thing. I'm not letting this chick lose her. I'm mean, she's not going to lose her life. She might have lost her job, but not. She didn't deserve anything, so I'm not gonna tell you. Anything. What the fuck? You, I'm not getting anything out if I tell. These guys tell for no reason. So she, I see her walk out. I leave. That's when it got real because I'm in there and like I said, three showers, a Bible, and one sheet on a metal bed. Seventy-two days is brutal, dude. After twenty, I'm counting. The, you know the cinder blocks have the divots in them. Yeah, I'm yeah. counting the divots. After forty days, I'm talking to the toilet. Like you I'm really start to, to go crazy. I, I but I I. I'm talking to myself because I'm talking to myself like you're going to get through it. You know, like I'm strong mental like that. Like you're going to get through it. So 72, I, do, 72 days solitary. With three, only three showers. You're going to go crazy. Yeah. So I'm starting to lose my mind. Rick comes through. I, I, I No phone calls. I got, I got a letter Rick, out to Rick. Stepped my out. stepdad. I was like, look, I don't know how long I can deal with this. Like if I ever thought about doing something bad, it was then. Yeah. After, I mean. That's after, the like, darkest point. I dude, mean. By far. Yeah. I mean, it was just, so, you know, so finally. They came and asked me like every day they would come because they wanted to, they were going to press charges. She would go to prison for doing that. And so the, the internal affairs, his name's Riggs. You know, I ran the football pools in prison. Mm-hmm. Like the, the betting, the, the book. betting. Yeah. yeah. So I had food, fucking cigarettes everywhere. So he said, uh, all right, you know, you're, I, so Rick comes, I'm sorry, I wrote a letter to Rick. You know, I was like, listen, I, this shit is bad. You know, because he couldn't, he would call every day to find out if I got out. But they're like, he's inside. He gets no visits. I get nothing at all. You can write letters sometimes. Sometimes. If the fucking, you know, the pens there are very soft, like they're the plastic. Right, so you can't kill you, yourself, you can't stab someone. Right, and the thing is, you, if you if your hands even get warm, the fucking thing's bent, you can't write. So they suck. So I, so he hires Robin Lord, 
a big hotshot attorney in that area, a big criminal attorney. He takes it out. I don't know. Took it off his credit card, twenty five thousand. You know, he never, never, never talked about it, and she gets me out in two days of lockup. Wow. So the internal affairs guy comes to him. He's like, "You're leaving." I said, "All right, good. Where am I going?" He says, "Northern State." I said, "No, you get moved again." Yeah, to Northern State. Now, Northern State is the shittiest prison in probably on the East Coast. One of them is a gang. It's gang prison. So this is not even in your area anymore. It's in Newark. Wow. Okay. All bloods, all gangs. They're sending me up there just to be motherfuckers. So <clears throat> I'm in the back. I'm in the bus. They're, I'm in transportation. I'm like, I don't want the cops don't even want to work in Northern State. Like, that's how bad it is. And it's, you've been locked up at this point probably like half a year? No, I've been uh, probably a year, okay. year, a little over a year. So I'm in North, I'm going to Northern State and I'm like, I'm just going to walk in. I'm going to punch the biggest, blackest motherfucker I know right in the face. <laughs> Because I want to get out. I don't want to stay there because you die every day in Northern State. Like, it's it's a terrible prison. Like, you can Google it. There was a guy, Omar. I can't remember what his last name is, but he videoed. He had a camera in there. Like, video. you can see, the, like, what Northern State really like. So I'm, I'm just going to Because they, now there's a conflict. I'm a, The biggest, blackest blood, I'm punching. Like, I don't want to, but I'm going to because I want to be out. They, they got to ship me somewhere else. And what is the thought with that? How do you know to do that? Because that's, that's the only way you get out. Like, a fight, they separate you. If I go after a blood, then they got to get me out of a gang. You know, a gang jail because they're assuming you might be gang affiliated. Well, no, they're gonna think you're gonna. I'm gonna get killed because I just fucking punched one of the leaders in the face. Yeah. Now, in in Nor in Riverfront, I, they're the people I'm I, I'm drawn to, or they're drawn to me. So I was always cool with all the leaders of the different facets and sets and things. You like know that. these people. In Riverfront. I know, and yeah. you know, like I said, they or they knew me. You know, the Latin Kings. I was doing business with Latin Kings and shit. So everybody knew somebody that knew me. So I was never. I was always left alone. The Pagans had people that I know. You know. So I was really well off in prison that way. Like I never had, they never asked me to join a gang. Like, you know, a lot of people do. I never needed protection. My first day and second day at Riverfront, I had to choke a Muslim out and they, everybody left me alone. It's a fucking child molester and took a swing at me. I, and instead of like beating them, I just choked them out. And once you choke them off, out and they see it, not like knocked out. I don't know if you've seen people get choked out, like with a chokehold. Mm -hmm. And they just, it scares the shit out of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nobody even fucked with me at all. Um, <clears throat> but so I get to Northern State and I'm like, fuck. I, well, who's some? I'm gonna have to blast somebody. I walk in the reception, and now the like, cops stole all my shit, all my personal shit, like from Riverfront. Yeah, you know, they cigarettes, whatever. Yeah, because I had cartons of cigarettes. You know, and all that's just trade. That's just money in prison. Right. And um, I walk in, and the underboss of the Philly mobs in there, and I know him. He's like, "Come on, sit down." I was like, "Yes." We, the, everybody else in, in the cell, he's out here, him and a couple guys from New York guys are all talking at the table. I was hmm. like, I hit the fucking lottery. Wow. So we're in we're in we're in the same house housing unit for a couple weeks. The feds get a call. The the jail gets a call from the feds. Say you can't have them together, they're gonna escape. The fucking windows are six inches wide. My fat head's not getting through <laughs> there. You know what I mean? Now now Mousy's a little dude. He might have fit through there, but not even. Like yeah. the fucking windows are that big. And there's a railroad tracks that went through the prison. So they're like, um, you got so they put me in gang unit in the thing. In dog cages, seven, 23 and one lockdown. What is that? You don't get you come out of yourself for one hour a day. You eat, you have 15 minutes to eat, and each table like this is surrounded by cage. So only four people can eat at a table. I mean, You're one is... hour, either you go outside and play basketball or handball, or you shower. Well, I always show the shower. Mm -hmm. But you got to shower your boots on because some shit breaks out in the shower. Like, what you? 
I'm not getting in a fight barefoot. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, I mean, uh, on dry land, nobody can fight better than me barefoot than Tarzan. Like, yeah. I swear <laughs> to God, like, you know. But in the shower, you're fucked. So I, yeah. you know, wearing boots. <clears throat> so Northern State, I got out of the gang unit after about a year. And I got sent to mid. That was high security. And, and how'd you survive the gang unit? Like, what was the I strategy? had a cell phone every week from the cops. It was dirt. They were crooked. So they knew... One of my charges were good charges, like the drug charge. Right, you weren't a chomo. You right. weren't. So I was, wasn't violent, I guess. No. Like that would also not be great, probably. Well, they don't care about violence more than, you know, childs and, you know, like yeah. get off me charges and shit like that, which is fucked up. I mean, you know, but I, I got out. I got, so I went back to another classification because I don't, didn't belong in fucking gang. I'm not affiliated with any gangs. Yeah. But because I had organized crime charge, they said, Oh yeah, let's get. Plus, I'm sure the rigs from Internal Affairs and Riverfront like put that motherfucker. Right. I, you know. But you never had to swing on like a gang leader, or nothing like that. No, because I was always cool with them. Okay. So like you... they, I was always cool with the bosses of everywhere. Right. And I in prison, I tried to say, listen, I tried to talk to all of them. I'm like, listen, you dumb fucks can run this whole place instead of killing each other, like the sex money murder against this. Right. Get together. Because they were like set tripping, I guess. Yeah, yeah but yeah. You're, 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 you're blood and you're blood. Yeah, yeah. That's 10 bloods instead of five and five. You dumb fucks, don't kill one of them. Get together and kill these crips and shit. You know what I mean? Like, because there yeah. wasn't a lot of crips back then. But, but if different sets basically are different gangs. Yes, but so they like, still fall under the same umbrella, the yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. Be, you know, yeah. be something else, you yeah. know? So that never worked. But I was always, every all the bosses kind of respected. And we, you know, we had talks. You so. were diplomatic. Yeah, 100%. And listen, they needed something. We ate together. You know, mm -hmm. like, listen, we always had run the football book. Or you remember the things I always have here, whatever we need. And you would run the book even in the gang unit. Yeah, so I would take, yeah, so I would get it, one of the guys to make, they would take little piece of paper, probably that big, and just write all the games. You circle them, and they get it back to me. Mm. They put it in my window, my door. So, like, the people are working, like, clean, sweeping the floor. They pick them up for me. I give them back a Newport's. And, but, um, and they, everyone would be betting cigarettes and cigarette, food. Yeah, so, yeah so a dollar. Yeah, yeah. So, each, you know, like a pack of Bugler back then was a dollar. Mm -hmm. um, Newports were six dollars. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how much the fucking things are. But that was, the, that was the cash back then, you know? So And was anyone sending you money while you were in Yeah, there? so my, I, was, I was taking care of. I, I didn't have a lot of money on the books, but I had enough. I, mm -hmm. I never really needed anything. My mom would send some money. Um, Michelle would send some money. Like, you got food packages. Like, I'd buy food packages and things like that. So I never really needed money. Um, but they would bring, you know, I always had a couple thousand in my house account. Mm -hmm. But I need $400 a week because I need a new cell phone every week. Because your old cell phone would get confiscated. Every week. You lose it. Right you'd have yeah. to throw it away. They run down. And what are you using the cell phone for? I would just call home, call. You know, I would never call, like, my mom. Anybody that was on my list my visit list the numbers couldn't match mm. so they were pulled up yeah so i would talk conference call to this person gotcha but the cops are so dirty there they're they 400 bucks I, I mean I, I i come to visit i get 400 bucks and real tight up real tight fucking boof it or have a mouth and give it to the cop with you know who depend who will strip search me after the visit next day fucking cell phone be slid into my door wow so i always had a phone and that's the good thing about being such a bad prison Everybody's dirty. Right, right, right. The worse the prison is, the easier it is to break the rules and shit. Exactly. So I get to mid, mid, middle, mid security. Uh, that was high security. I get to mid. And uh, I get, I meet up with, I go, I go, no, I'm sorry. I have two years left on my sentence to five years. I go to the minimum camp. Mm -hmm. We're working, which now. Oh, that's great. 
I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, you know, we're in bunks. You know, it's not everybody's kind of cool. I'm working at uh, Totowa, which is a mental health facility up here like New in Newark. And it was a good thing. I hooked up with a, a white cop. His name was Johnny USA. He called me like fucking absolute maniac. It's just a psycho. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck about anything. He didn't care about the lieutenant sergeant. He's like, fuck you, suck my dick. So he's a cool cop. So I was like, so they had like number one and number two guys, you know, like that would run the jobs for him and then everybody else. So I had this number one job. Like I was, you know, I was this dude sat in the front seat. You know, I'm getting them fucking loans on the street. I'm taking, you know, that kind of thing. Well, he retired and then this black cop came in, did not like me at all. So I'm like, this is going to be our problem. So he's going at me. So I'm like a year from year and a half from my parole hearing. Like, I can't fuck up, but I'm now I'm nervous because this cop's coming at me hard. And why is he going at you so hard? I'm a white dude. People respected me, and I didn't give a fuck. Mm. You know, not that I didn't care, but like. Were I you a dick to him at all? No, I, I never, because I wouldn't get along with everybody mm -hmm. at that time. Because like I said, I had an angle. I had a plan. You know, like, this is what we got to do. And, but he just had a problem with me because, like, the nurse liked me. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like, she was cool with me. Like, so I wasn't from Newark. I wasn't a blood. And this dude just had a problem. Now, so in men camp, it's fight night Fridays and lock up Mondays. So what that means is cops, if a cop want to fight you, no face shots, body shots in the shower. You fight a cop, whoever you wanted. They will come betting on you. Like, the cops, Newark stay so fucked up. That the cops would come in from all the other compounds Friday nights in the men unit and they bet on the fights. Okay, so paint the picture. Like the the shower, the shower, the, the shower room is 15 by 15. You come in, you know, and you had a problem with one of these cops earlier in the day. He takes his vest off, he fucks you up, or you fuck him up. No face shots. The face shot, you go right to jail. They beat the shit out of you. All body shots. Anything you want to do, you can't slam, but no face shots. They come in, pop, pop, or I can pick you. Look, I'm I want to fight him today. And that's what it was. And they cops would bet who's going to win. Cash. So that's how crooked it is there. And did you ever have to fight? Every week. I you, liked it. You would get in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, one of the cops, that I, I, so I got hit by a dude. He was probably 5'9", maybe 5'10", 180 pounds. So hard, I wanted to kill him. He hit me just right in the kidneys. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to fuck. I'm going to have to kill this motherfucker. Like dropped you low-key? To the knee. Yeah. Yeah. And he kept going. And I didn't really like the dude either. I finally, I got him because I got him in the corner and fucked him up. But he dropped. But then, like, one of the cops moved to Cumberland County, and I see him in the gym. Like, he's a good dude. Yeah. You know? So I would pick, I want the biggest new dude in the thing. Because, you, listen, it's not face shots. It's body shots. You recover. So I was in every week. Like, I like that shit. Because, you know, like you said, it's not like a... You're not getting your face split. Now, if you got mad at the cop, if the cop fucked you up and you didn't get over it by Monday, they lock you up. So that's, you know, that's why they call it a fight night Friday and lock up Monday. So any of these guys that had a problem getting fucked up, if Monday came, you weren't over it, you go right, to, you get out of the men, you're going right back to the medium scary. And what does that mean, get over it? Like you got mad, like you can't be mad you got beat up. You can't have an attitude about it. Correct. Like the cop sees you and he says something. Yeah, just. Be cool. Yeah. Because you don't want to go back to mid. After you get the minimum, you don't want to go back to mid-level. Mid does the opposite ever happen? Like, if you're fighting a cop, did you ever have to fight the cops? Oh, yeah. A couple of them. But they, there was never... Most of my fights with the cops were fun. Like... And like, why yeah. were they fighting? Like... Just fucking gorillas. That's it. Like, that's <laughs> it. They're, you know, listen, they're all crooked. They're just, you know, motherfuckers. Down the like, bank. Yeah. Like, they take their fucking vest off and fucking have their t-shirt. Let's go. Whack, whack, whack. 
I would have a cop come in. One of these cops is, is Myers, cool motherfucker. He'd just fuck with me. Like, he, this one ain't in the mid camp. This is medium camp when I started. Like, he'd cook, for, like, he'd cook and bring me food all the time. But he busted door. I stand up, whack. He just fucking started wailing me. Wah, wah. I said, I right, motherfucker, we, you know, we wrestle. And it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was never like, I wasn't mad. And was it was it love after like? Oh yeah, yeah, it was hundred percent. Like if I needed something, he always he was always there. And like after the fight, like how would it end? Just like all right, you win, you got it. Or he, I someone would just kind of give up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was probably you know it was a minute maybe of just like pounding on the ribs and the kidneys. Yeah. And then you kind of just be like, all right, you got me. Yeah, like yo, enough, Dad. I can't do it today. Yeah. And then, and then that was hug it. him and tell him, yeah, he's going to go out. I mean, I got him a few times good. They got me a few times good too, but I I got him a few times. I got him, and then I got. I got hit by, like I said, the smaller dude, hard, hard, hard. That's the only time I really, like, fucking felt it. Like, mm-hmm. Because back then, you don't push. Your whole core is so strong. They can pound on you. It doesn't hurt because, right. you know, you're working out body weight shit all day. So, but that that's just the the way they work at that prison. Right. Like, that could, wouldn't go on here because, you know, somebody's going to tell and they're going to have fucking internal affairs. Right, but it's such a brutal prison. Like, <laughs> that's what I mean. You it was can just, run a fight club and it's fun. That's, that's what it was. These cops were making a couple hundred bucks a night betting on who was going to win the fight. And then so they'd have two people fight, and one of the cops would say, who won? Well, yeah. How was your record in there? I only lost once. Hey, who, wait, who'd you lose to? Fucking dude, half my size. <laughs> Fuck me up, man. Just had a good shot. Dude, listen, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I was bigger than most. You know, I mean, he said, yeah, average dude was 5'10". Yeah, yeah. I'm 6'3". Yeah. You know, I was 260 then. I'm 275. So I was a little lighter, but I was in better shape then. So, you know, like I said, I would pick. The biggest dude that would just come on the block and I'd be his friend. Like I'd be cool with you know, yeah. listen here, you need a phone. You know, like And you got respect from there, like out yeah, in the yard yeah, there or was whatever. No, the the, res- the we the respect in people was always high in there. Um the 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 cops, some of the cops just didn't respect us mm-hmm. as the prisoner. Sure. And but that kind of sucks. Yeah. Because you're I'm like, <laughs> my man, you're making seventy grand a year. Yeah. You understand like we're the same. You know what yeah, I mean? you like, bleed just like yeah, me, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't get that. So, like, when they'd run down, like, they you'd lay on the fucking, like, they had us in water before running down our camp. They'd have, like, the puddles. they put us in the puddle face down because you had to put your head down. If you had your head down, they were fucking stepping their boot on your back of your face in the mud puddle. So, like, that's the kind of shit, like, I don't like that shit. Yeah, you don't like getting told what to do. Yeah. So, like, like was prison difficult for that reason? No, because I just follow, I know what I'm supposed to do. Right. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. I know what the game is. I know how to play the game. And I know mm-hmm. my end game is I don't want to get a hit for parole. So I get to halfway. I was about nine months left, which that was probably the most stress is the halfway house. Because now you're tasting you're so close. outside world. Yeah. But I didn't go for my parole hearing yet. So my parole hearing is six months before my stip is up. So I got. Te- I think I got there with 10 months. Now, I didn't do drugs or anything, so I didn't have to do, like, the programming that programming shit which i i don't think i could have made that like the you know the i don't think i could have made the program what, what does that mean the program like the drug programs like they do the 10 12 steps or whatever and they read these verses and start singing it's like i'm just that's not you no i just i just can't can't do it you right. know what i mean like oh and this is one of those things if you do the program then you can get out sooner yes but i wasn't eligible because you know it's for the, the people who use drugs for the alcoholics and things right. like the 12 step program i'm just you were clean the whole way through i was clean the whole thing yeah I never, you know and i i, I, just, I don't believe in that like if i want to <laughs> stop something i just stop it for you yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. It, listen if it helps other people i'm actually fine with it right. but me like reading this book 50 times is not gonna help me like mm-hmm. i'm gonna go fucking nuts because of the book but um so maybe 10 months in i get there and i start going at home visits so now i get a job so I get a job at a real estate office. I go home on the weekends. 
now it's getting nervous. Like I'm scared now because you don't want to go after you hit those streets again. You fuck up one thing, you go right back to prison, and I don't have a date. So I'm working. I'm going. I'm taking a bus back and forth. I have like six months left. I go to parole. I'm like, if I was nervous, my asshole, I couldn't have shit a grain of salt. Yeah. Because you just hear, you don't hear good shit. Like you, that's one thing in prison. Nothing's ever good. Yeah. It's always bad, you know. And so I'm there and I'm looking and I'm, and I'm trying to read the, the, the parole board. Like there's three people, old Spanish lady and two old white guys. So, but I'm trying to read them. Like I'm trying to figure like what, what angle, what angle am I going to take here? Cause you know, like it's all like what, what's going to make them happy. But I know that I had this psychiatrist that I had on my side. Why? Because I initially got interviewed by her when I went down, when I first got in trouble. And I was talking to her. And I was just like, you know, again, I know what to say and not to say. Mm -hmm. But I said, <clears throat> they asked me, what are you going to do when you get out? And I said, well, I'm going to go back into real estate. You know, like buying real estate, like selling real estate with a license, that kind of thing. And uh, she's like, well, you know, why? I said, you know, because I like making the deal. Wow, fuck. As soon as I said it, you know how you know you say something? But so I was like, man. Because that's the same thing with selling drugs. Like, right. it's that high. Yeah. Because I still get I, I still get happy when I sign a $1,000 lease. Like, yeah. I still like that. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's You know, it's just, I just like making that, you know, making sure it goes through. So, um, but I'm looking. So I see the old Spanish lady. I see these two guys. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to work. So, But I'm in my head. I'm angling it. Like, yeah. you know. So I get in and I sit down and the guy, they, they try to, like, push you. But I know, you know, like, I got you. So I let them. You know, listen, I'm I'm a pussy. So, you know, I'm sitting there like, they're like, so tell me what you did. You know, I was like, oh, okay. I sit back, you know, stand, sit up straight. Like, I sold drugs. I fucked up, made bad decisions. You know, everything they want to hear that I think they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, you know, your psychiatrist here. Now, I know she gave me a good review because she told me she hates me. Because my IQ was higher than hers and I ran a drug game instead of doing something cool. So they feel some kind of way about that. You took an IQ test? Yeah, she gave me an IQ test. In oh, prison. really? Yeah. And so she and she had all these things there. And she was the one that originally interviewed me when I first got went down. So you go to her before you go to parole too. So it's my second visit with her. And she's like, I just don't fucking like you. By the end of the conversation, we're talking about real estate and how she's gonna make money in real estate. So I like I said, I switched her. Right. But she still had a problem. She's like, she said, I have an advanced degree and you have a higher IQ than me and you were selling drugs and stuff. I said, who made more money? Mm -hmm. Just like that. You know, which kind of like, tweet, but I was also wasn't going to give in to her. Like, you can say what you want, but you're not going to beat me down. Right. You know? But I still know I had it. By the end of the conversation, I know I said, so make sure you write me a good thing. And when we go and I get out, you know, we'll figure out how to buy your houses, that kind of shit. So, I'm sitting there, and they, they, they push me because they want me to react. The, you know, the pro, they want, they want to give me a hit. Yeah. So if you get a hit, though, you go back to prison. You don't stay in the halfway house. So you're only out in the halfway house like 16 months. The minimum hit is 18 months. So you go back to prison until you get time. Then you got to wait to get back in the halfway house. You got to go through all the bullshit. Yeah. So I'm sucking dick, if you want to call it that. Yeah. In that moment. You know, like anything they want to hear. So the lady's like, Spanish lady, older, probably 65. And I'm like, she's like, don't smile. I was like, okay. You know? So I'm trying to like keep it light. And they're like on me. So I'm like, fuck. But I think I did okay. So they say, all right, go out of the room. I'm like, come, come back in. They said, well, what are you going to do with your life? 
So I'm not sure yet. You know, I said, I'm going to do on real estate. You know, I have, I have the good background, give them the whole thing. You know, I have the support system, blah, 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 blah. You know, they said, well, what about your father? I said, he said, you know, you could have told on your father and you didn't have to do any prison time. What do you so, mean? You, know, you could have told on your father. So the, the reason they were so hard on me was my father, who was an attorney, was fucking the prosecutor's wife years before. Your dad was? Yeah. So I make this deal. I'm getting ready to go to sentencing. Okay. And they're, it's sentencing. This was, you know, five years before this all happened. So sentencing is there double doors. You walk in one door, there's a little foyer, and you walk into the courthouse. They stop me and say, you want to sign this paper? Saying your dad was misusing his trust fund checks and shit like that. You know, just like dumb shit. But technical shit will get him in trouble. I said, no. They said, all you got to do is sign this. You do, you'll do six months and be home. They told you that? Oh, yeah. They offered me six months or a year or whatever it was. I said, nah, what's he going to do in prison? He can't make it. I can. And did you know the deal that your that your dad was banging uh, he, the prosecutor? Oh, yeah. I knew, the, I knew the prosecutor had a very big problem with my father. But I didn't know why. But until, you knew that they were low-key trying to get him, Oh, yeah. Too. They wanted him the whole time because they, they kept sending stuff to my attorney, excuse me, to ask questions about him. And he never even got raided or anything. So they wanted him worse than they wanted me. And so they just brought up bullshit to you. And said, hey, say that your dad did some say, They nonsense. said, say your dad, yeah, it fucked with his escrow, his trust account. Because, you know, that's, that's an indictable offense. Sure. And other shit. And he said, we'll give you a year or six months, whatever it was. I was like, I already signed my deal, brother. So I took 20 years instead of a year. Wow. And your dad, I mean. He, listen, and that motherfucker wouldn't have done that for me. I can tell you that now. Right. He yeah. would have said, fuck him. He can go to prison for a couple of years. But you held it down for him. Yeah. What's he going to do? He didn't sell drugs. I did it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I am big. I don't make anybody. If you did it, fucking eat that. Yeah. You know, I didn't make anybody buy drugs. I didn't make anybody put bets in. Mm -hmm. I didn't say, if you don't buy my drugs, I'm going to shoot. Well, you, you, right. You're a grown man. You made a decision. Yeah. That's why I such a problem with Rosetti telling. Right. Because, like, like, yeah, yeah. It's this old saying, like, everyone wants to be a knight, but no one wants to bleed like one. 100%. It's like, if you want the glory, you got you to take the punishment. And they don't. They, they just fold. So I got that offer and it went in. So they asked me about my dad in, in the pro hearing. And he said, well, you know, what about, you know, you, your father, you know, is, is he on the up and up? I said, I've never known him do anything wrong. You know, just like, yeah, like, mm -hmm. you know, as far as I know him, he's a prominent attorney. Like, so you were offered a deal, though, right, to, you know, help out the prosecution against your father? I said, they wanted me to write a sign a piece of paper that I didn't believe was true. Just like that. Like, Fuck. So I'm like, now they're hitting me, you know, because I'm not— what they want me to do, I think, is, you know, but I, I can't, even though I know what I should have said, yeah, I should have signed it and been home with my family because they were like, you know, the big family. I just said, so I'm like, did I fuck up right there? The guy over here says, you're going home. I said, thank you. <laughs> Got up. I was the only one that day that didn't get a hit out of 20 something guys. Wow. But they, they want, yeah. So they're trying I, to like rattle you. Yeah. That yep. is crazy. Because they want a reaction. They want to know that I'm not going to react. Because that's what, you know, a lot of people in prison for just one reaction of fucking up one time. Yeah. And you shoot a motherfucker, you run a motherfucker over, just not thinking emotionally, just, and that's what they wanted a reaction. Wow. So it's just, you know, my dad never, to this day, he's never said, like, thanks. He knows it, though. The motherfucker knows it. So I, I don't care. You know, but he knows, like. Did you tell him? Like, yo, oh, yeah. they tried to get me he, to flip He on was me. there. He was walking in with me. In the. In the, in the foyer area. Yeah. He was there. You'll see. I'll send you a video. You'll watch it. You'll see. Him. Well, you have it. Oh, you, you don't have the proposition on the video. No, no, but I have him. I was walking in and I have the prosecutor and me talking and the whole thing. My Whoa. attorney. 
Mm-hmm. Is, can I play the video in the episode? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll send you all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll drop it in. Yeah, you have to because it's, it's you know, you get these people, and, and listen, again, you know how it is. People talk shit. They don't even know you. You know, I'm sure you get it all the time. Like, mm. it's fun. He told, I didn't tell him a motherfucker. I got 20 years. You understand? I have all the, I keep all the receipts, but I don't argue with these people. Like, you know, you see these people like going back and forth on YouTube. I don't give a fuck what people say. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. You're not me. Yeah. If you're talking like that, you're the pussy. <laughs> you understand? Like, so I don't, my biggest thing, even with my relationships with girls is I don't argue when people say shit. Like, okay, listen, let them talk. I don't give a fuck about that person. That means nothing to me. They don't change my life. Mm-mm. So like the last girlfriend I was with, she's like, this girl said you fuck this, this, uh, I don't care what she said. I don't give a fuck. Did she tell her to prove it? Mm. I keep the receipts. I, so I always have like, oh, I told her I was going to fuck her. Well, here's the here's what the real message said, not the one she made up, that kind of thing. So that's how I'm big on that. It's like I'm, that's And I'm so forward in your face. Like if I say it, I told you. Yeah, I did that. Why? Yeah. Or I did it. Yeah, I fucked her. So what? What are you going to do? Keep it straight up. Keep it straight up. But to people don't like that. Right. Like it threatens them. Do you, Are you... Uh... Do you like lying? Are you a good liar? No, I don't no. think so. Because I don't. There, don't when when a lie comes out, it's more for protection. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to protect anything. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not. Listen, if I did it, I tell you. Yeah. Like if I if the, the, you lie to cover shit, I don't. So I'm so for that. It doesn't seem like it might seem like a lie, but I have the evidence here. Mm-hmm. You know, say like, no, I didn't. Like she can say whatever you want. Oh, you're fucking lying. If I had to, I can show you that that's not how it really went down. Mm. But if you want to believe that, I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. So if you got accused of cheating, you'd be like, yeah. Prove it. <laughs> and because what if someone proves it? Like, what, they, like hypothetically? They, they can't. They mm. wouldn't. You cover your tracks. If I do it, 100%. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no need. A lot of people want to claim that just to, you know, people that are jealous bring that shit up. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. They don't know me. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they think, oh, you know, that guy does this. If you can say that at this table right here. I'll admit it. Right. But if you can't sit at the table and say it to my face, but you can say it to you, but if we sit at the table, you don't say a word. Soft. It's right. So I say anytime, like, girls, oh, this person, bring them over to the table. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'll call them right now on conference call, and let's see what's said. Oh, we don't want to do that. Why not? I'm in your face. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you're going to threaten. I'm not going to threaten them. If I said that, show, tell them where I said it. Don't say, don't take five things out of the 30 sentences I said. And put them together to be something else. Right. What is it really? Right. What is, you know, and so that's how it is. So there's no need. Just keep it real. Yeah. And that's hard for a lot of people to understand. Yeah. You know, they don't like that because it threatens them. Because it takes them out of that comfort zone. And again, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's just, it's just one of those things. So you get out immediately. You're back home. Yep. Good system. Michelle was there. The one, so Michelle got raided with me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dating her at the time we got raided. Mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit, whatever. I was dating another girl. Um, the girl I was dating at times actually was selling drugs. Not selling, she was a school teacher, mm-hmm. okay? And she would take like a hundred bag and sell to her class friends, you know, like the teachers and shit like that. And this bitch tells, fucking tells on me. And I never told on her. I'm like, James, you were fucking selling drugs. And because so the prosecution is so bad, so crooked that they're like, just say you saw this, do this. Here's what you, you know, they'll feed her the information, mm. even though it's not true. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's true. James, you never saw that. What the fuck are you talking about? You you signed a thing saying that's what happened and it didn't have anything like that. Right. But you didn't tell them that you were selling fucking 
quarters and shit to your fucking clan. Well, why do you, if you told them that about me, why do you say, well, oh, why well, did this or I did that? They don't tell those stories. You know what I mean? Like, that's what bothers me about people just not keeping real. Tell the whole story. If I did it, tell the whole story of why it happened. Don't just tell your part of the story. Mm-hmm. Just say, hey, yeah, you know, I was taking this from him, or I took 10000 or I took 20000 he bought me this, he bought me that. You know, oh, he charged my credit card up. Well, that's because I charged you because you owe me 20000 <laughs> Right. But you didn't tell that part of the story. How come? Right. You know, and that's I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what makes people uncomfortable is because I'm going to pull you. I'm going to call you out on your shit. Yeah. So, so when you get out, do you have some money? Like, Not a lot. Not really. So, and I'll send you that picture. I probably, I, so the guys that I was never told on gave me a, a bag full of cash. Not a lot. 20000 something like that. Um because so my daughter's mom, who I was kind of like, she was tight with me. She ended up getting married, but she was she was good for the first few years. But she took the money we had left and spent it. Mm. I spent a lot on prosecution, like, you know, like an attorney. It's just and bullshit. Listen, I didn't know when I was coming fucking home, so I'm not gonna lie. Like I was just fucking out there being crazy, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like so between those nine months, I was just doing whatever the fuck I wanted. Like what? Like between the casinos, the fucking flying to Vegas, like just. Not drinking, but just like fucking do, doing dumb shit. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but I, I knew when I came home, I had a good. So Michelle was right there for me. You know, the one that got in trouble with me. Um, and I, I, we started dating because I was in the halfway house and I wanted an iPod. Remember those iPods? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I said, so I'm calling her. Like I've talked to her every day and from the halfway house. And I was like, Michelle, I want an ha- uh, iPod. She's like, well, do you want to get married? I was like, yeah. I said, I want to get married too. Like just fucking with her. And she's like. You want to marry a fat bitch? Like just playing. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, like just you know talking shit to her, like back. You know, because like, that's just like the talk we have. And I was, she was like, what? I said, you got to buy me an iPod. Well, fucking, she buys me an iPod, and I'm dating her for 15 years <laughs> after that. 15 years. Yeah, like I just Whoa. probably four years ago, I think we broke up wow. during COVID. Mm-hmm. That's wild. But she's still my best. Like, yeah, yeah. She, she's she's so cool. Oh, dude, she uses and abuses me now. <laughs> you know, like she gets ten times more out of me now than she ever did yeah, when I was yeah. with her. You know, like I'll do anything I want, like anything I can for her. Like, I don't want to fuck her, you know. She's but like she's she's just there. I mean, she needs something. I'm there for her, and it's it's hard in relationships because I'm not. She never told on me. She got charged with kingpin. She did, and she never saw a drug in her life. She lost her kid for two years. All right, and she never said anything about me. So think about that. These bitches, like my ex, my two my my ex and my kid's mom, they both told shit that was a lie. Right. She never told wow. a word, nothing. She she lost her kid at that time. She would drive three times a day to forty minutes away to pick him up from school, take him take him to school, pick him up from school, and feed him dinner, and then leave him there because his dad. So they called his father. He called her ex husband the day before the raid and said, "Get in court that day and get your kid." Wow. So they're angling that to punish me. So part of my plea agreement was if you drop Michelle's charges, I'll take this twenty years. So but you guys had each other. Yeah, like she, listen, solid. That's solid. awesome. But my last girlfriend didn't work because of Michelle. Mm-hmm. Like, because people don't understand loyalty. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean, so the, the, my, the girl's just dating. Good girl, gorgeous girl. But she, she, has, she she's always been taken care of, kind of. You know, like, so, and I was saying before, like, you know, she married the whole thing, you know. But she, her parents own a company, she, which she, they gave to her now. But she has friends that were talking shit at her table on her dad and the company and work and everything, and she's still friends with them. Right. I'm like, Stash, 
if that I don't like them because they were talking shit on your parents. And that's not my company. <laughs> How the fuck are you still hanging with these bitches that are drunk talking shit? Oh, they're good employees. Stace, they're $15 bitches. Get them the fuck out of there. Mm. Because if you think they're talking shit in front of you, what are they saying when you're not there? Yeah. That's called loyalty, but people don't understand loyalty. Like, I'm big on loyalty. Like, I'm loyal to a fault. I might not be faithful. I am now. But, like, I, I believe there's a difference between faithful and, and loyal. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll never turn on you. I'll never sell you out. Right. But I might... Get mine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. You know, so I can see how you could justify it differently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And listen, I haven't. I mean, that was you know, I don't do it. I don't cheat at all anymore just because I know it's fucked up. Really? I have. A, yeah, like that's cool. Yeah, it I, seems like one of your like you're probably maybe your biggest vice or second biggest vice is women. Hundred percent. Like, yeah, money and money and women. Hundred yeah. percent. But you don't cheat anymore. Nah, that's cool. Nah. And the thing is, I still get the problem is it never is gonna. I always have that like stigma. Yeah. Because just who I am, you history know what I mean? and shit. And yeah, and you know, like like I, you know, Stacia, she, you know, she was. I had an, after Michelle, I had an assistant to work for me, good girl. Her name was Lexus, and she ran the company for me. She made my life super simple. Not like I missed the shit out of her on that part. But she was very, um, very jealous. Mm -hmm. She shouldn't have been, but she was very jealous. And like she was the one I was saying, like. If I smiled at the fucking lady at Lowe's, an issue. I don't like that shit. Yeah. Stacia made me get away. Like, I had to get away from her totally, from Alexis, who helped me run my company, make life, my life easier. Because she didn't like it, which, okay, I kind of get that. But then she's like, you're always over at bitch Michelle's house. I said, Stacia, Michelle would come, if your car broke down, not that it would, but she would pick, if I called her, she'd pick you up. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of girl she she's is. She's got us. But she, like, she didn't understand that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I never cheated on Stacia. Like, she always like, you did this, you no, I didn't. Like, right. your friends are saying they're fucking lying. So then you get out. She's got you. Your parents are there. Yep. And they they got you. Yep. So, and then just started, got down, just started real estate. Yeah. I mean, that's all started. You know, and I hooked up with a guy. Building that up. I, I flipped a house, bought a rental. Flipped another house, bought two rentals. Mm. You know, and then cashed out the rentals. So that's where, it, you know, started changing. I think four or five years when I made the first million profit mm -hmm. on real estate. If that, you know, so it took a while to get there, but then by that time I had enough where we were bringing in rental income, but I was also flipping houses and mm -hmm. buying houses. Then I would cash, I would, so I'd buy, I'd flip a house that's me 50,000. Back then I'm buying two rentals for that. Right. Then I would cash them out, refi them for a hundred. I bring the hundred thousand, but cash back in me. I'd have mortgage on here. So I write that off. All that money came back. So I didn't have to pay tax on that because I, it's borrowed money. Mm. And so that's just how it kind of, it went from there. So. In 2017, I think, is when I think I hit, like, 60 or 70 rentals, and that's when it really started getting, like, real. Right. And I hate rentals. I'm getting rid of all of them. I'm selling them out. Yeah, <laughs> fucking, I can't stand it. It's a headache. It's, you know, it's not a headache, but so I was buying, like you said, buying 15, 20,000, 25,000. I'm selling for 200 now. Right. So I'm selling 50 of them. I'm averaging about 80 grand per right. profit. How do you turn it down? You don't make that shit in rental income anymore. Right. And people don't fucking pay. Yeah. When the governor of New Jersey said, don't pay your rent for two fucking years because of COVID. Right. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. And that's the, that's the problem. Right. So it's, it's a good game, but I like the flipping part. So we're now we're in, uh, I'm flipping in Florida here in Jersey. Um, like I said, I, I met that guy from LA that I'm doing a TV show with. He's getting in. I'm, we're buying a place together in Florida just so I can get him into making other show and like other things. And I, this is how much I trust people is that, I was like, dude, you can put it on your name. I don't give a fuck. Just mm -hmm. pay me. And if you don't pay me one time, I, listen, if he pays you the next 10 years, it's great. If you take it this time, that's all you're going to make. Yeah. Because I'm the one that's worth the money, right. like, in this game. 
You know, like you do the production, you get me on TV, you want to do the flipping TV show, that's fine. But this game, you might think you can do it better, but I, I got it down pretty good. Mm -hmm. So if you want to fuck me from one deal, do it. I don't give a fuck. Do you wish that you would just got into real estate off rip? Like if you had a mentor when you're yeah. 19? Yeah. So my dad's second, second, second wife, third, second wife. She owned a real estate office. And when I was probably in the end of high school, I, sh I wanted to get in real estate. This is the crackhead? No, the one before the crackhead. Oh, okay. So it was my mother, then Debbie, then the crackhead. Yep. Whoa. And so if you had linked up with her when you were like 19. I, I don't know, because I was already selling drugs. You know what I mean? Like the money yeah. was there. And the drug but I always hard. was interested in real estate. Right. You know, I always, I always liked it. So when I came home... I, st I started flipping houses with a guy that helped me out. He, this guy, we're not, we were partners for a while, but we, that broke up because, you know, everybody gets greedy and shit. Like, I, I, I'm a trusting person. So, like, I don't want to do the paperwork. I don't want to collect it. I don't want to, I want to be on the street. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I want to run the guys. Mm -hmm. I want to find the places. I don't want to fucking sit there and fill out rental registrations yeah, and bank shit. Paperwork sucks. It sucks. And I suck at it. Like, I can admit, I'm ter Like, I fucking mail this high that I don't even fucking open. Like, right. if it's not emailed to me that I can just, like, pay online, I don't fucking know. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that went bad after two years. But in the meantime, you know, he was that was our partnership, so it worked out. I'd get the jobs done. We'd sell them. But then things started not equal. You know, he, he had money. Right. I needed money to live. You know, that. so it was, it's different. So that's, that's how that went bad. It's you have... The, the real estate thing is a, you'll never, I don't think there's another profession you'll make the kind of money in. Doctors don't make it. Mm -hmm. But I can make a year just, you know, buying and selling houses. Right. And it's, I love, I enjoy the, the deal. And it's all clean and legal and yeah. I mean, board. I mean, you, the illegal, I mean, I might not pull a permit for everything. Sure, so, sure, you know, sure, sure. So, But yeah. I mean. It's not, I, it's not drug charges. Right. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. I mean, I fight with the townships. I fight with people all the time. Yeah. But there's no, I'm not going to prison. I don't yeah. fucking jaywalk now. Like I was, I was like, well, let me hit this fucking thing right. Like I, I'm not. Listen, prison sucks. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. No matter what anybody says, the toughest motherfucker you'll see coming. I don't care, but he's the one crying himself to sleep in jail. Yeah, shit sucks. It absolutely sucks. Whoever says it's fun is stupid. Yeah. Like they belong in that motherfucker. <laughs> I couldn't wait to come the fuck home. Yeah. You know these guys. I'm maxing out. Fuck that. If I can get out two days early, get me the fuck out of yeah. there. But I, you know, I also see that, like I said, my mindset's different. Mm -hmm. A lot than you know a lot of people because I you know I don't I never I never looked at even think about going back to doing that shit. I've been broke. I've been broke. I've been fucking in jail. What makes me dangerous is I've been broke. I've been in prison. You can't scare me. Right. So you can say whatever the fuck you want. In my in my in my mind, there's nothing I can't do. Right. In a way, do you feel like prison actually helped you? Hundred percent. Because you were like, I'm not doing illegal shit anymore. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I would tell everybody like, there's other angles to make it out there. There's so many opportunities to make money. Yeah, that why why, you know, dr listen, nobody, everybody tells now, you can't do anything without the fucking government hearing it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's one of those things like, you got to come up with something better. Yeah, I mean, listen, I still know guys that do it. Sure, but I mean, it's like like when you get knocked off, it shit goes because it, now yeah. they can come all, you know, they find everything. Like I said, nothing, they don't do any, their shit is illegal as fuck. The, the government, the way they treat you. Right. So it's just not worth it. It's just, you know, it's one of those things like yeah. got to get better. If you could tell like 19 year old dev, like anything. See, I don't regret it, man. I can't do that mm -hmm. because I, it put me in spots I'd never would have been in before too. It was though. Mm -hmm. So because it was, the game was different back then. Mm hmm. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, you say don't do, don't sell drugs, don't go to prison. Yeah, but I don't regret it. 
But do you regret any of like the uh, like the family stuff? Like yes and no. I mean, still because I came home, I don't know if I'd be here right now if I did, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with my position now. Right. So from 2010 to today, I wouldn't change a fucking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have been better in a relationship, yeah. but that's probably it. Like I fucked up one relationship I know of mm-hmm. that I should have probably worked harder to keep. But besides that, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change one thing. The good deals, the bad deals. My position right now. I'm happy. Yeah. Like, and I was never happy like that in that time, but it put me in a position to be here now. Right. And it made me fucking fearless at the end of the day because they say, what's worse than lockup for 72 days and being broke? Yeah. There's no, I mean, you know, people say money doesn't buy happiness. No, it doesn't. But guess what? I don't know a lot of motherfuckers that have money that are out there causing problems and fights. It's when the people that are upset are the ones that can't pay their bills yes tomorrow. Yeah, they're yeah. they're stressed out all night, which sucks. Like that's a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. When you wake up knowing you're going to be okay, you might have a bad day, but you're not like fuck. This world sucks because I can't fucking buy dinner. Yeah. So, you know that that's the thing. It's just my mistakes. I definitely fucked up. But I mean, today I wouldn't change anything. This whole whole way around. Would you ever go back to prison and teach? They couldn't pay me enough. I would do it pre. I would rather I would rather teach and go on a tour of sixteen to nineteen year olds that are in trouble or doing trouble. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. I wouldn't want to go into prisons. I would go into a few prisons. Just like but the problem is, so when I I like came home, I spoke to a couple like the Boys and Girls Club of Philly, like people, things there. The the parents are the ones that are worse. So they're not paying attention. The kids are listening because you know it's a good story. Mm -mm. But the parents so without your parents helping you, you're done. Like it's just the parent factor has to be in there mm-hmm. or it has to be like a 16 and 19 year old where there's nobody in there. You say, listen, this is what sucks about prison. Yeah. Like you don't want to shower with 50 motherfuckers where you get under the water, yeah. you fucking spray. Getting hosed and fighting. And- you don't want to do that. Like you, it may sound good, but you're not that fucking tough, especially in today's world. Yeah. You know? So I would definitely do like a tour. But if there's a way to talk to like 19 year olds that were like you that like didn't have great parental systems, but were like sharp and I'd bright. And just be like, yo, there's another way for you to make money. Yeah. And I would show them, listen, construction. I would show trades, like real estate. This, You don't need to be smart. You just got to posi- keep your credit good. You know, like I could show them the the, the, the path mm-hmm. to make it. They're not going to make my kind of money. Yeah. Into, I mean, you got to get to, you know, like it you takes a while. Out. But I mean, you could start off making more than you're making at McDonald's. Yeah. And it keeps you busy the whole time. And they would believe you because you've been through it. I've like, been through it. if a guy like me goes to prison, I'm like, hey, start a podcast. I was like, well, what are you talking about? You like, grew up in a suburb. Like, I'm Ian. not, you know what I mean? It's Ian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a great dude. Like, I, I, I truly respect him. Yeah. Um, you know, the first time I met him was great. And I, you know, I stay in touch with him and meet him. Like, I, I want to help him get better. Yeah. Because I think he has. He has the potential of to to show things that like the average people don't show. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do Matt Cox's thing next week. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going down to Florida. Yeah. Um, but we're also filming some for a flipping show down there, so oh, we're cool. doing. You know, but there you got you guys are the ones that like change it. Like you know these other like the Logan and them. I don't watch that shit because right. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, like I watched Andrew. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's got something. You know, like he says shit that people should that I think that yeah, you yeah, yeah. you know most people can't say. Yeah. yeah. So. But like this is what this is so much more inf- inf- informative and and helpful than I think any other bullshit like the Pauls and all those fucking yeah you know. I can see that I mean my thing is like I just got what I I got nothing to say to someone that's doing crime or dealing drugs like I don't have any advice yeah, I don't, you, you I don't know thing. I don't know where they're from but I can talk with people like you that have been through that yeah and seen shit like that and maybe not necessarily being from the hood but like being the drug dealer and being in the drug game and being able to come out of it. 
and, and do the right thing. What's up, guys? We're going to take a break really quick because I want you to feel more confident in the bedroom. I do. I think about this constantly. You listening right now. I want you to know I think about you and I think about your sex life. And I, I just wonder to myself, is he happy? Is he fulfilled? Is he confident? Is he able to show the woman or man in his life the time that they need? If you're not, and if you're even considering that maybe, you know, there could be room for improvement, you're not alone. And here's how you can do it. With our friends over at Blue Chew. Yes, Blue Chew is an amazing service that will deliver a chewable tablet directly to your door that's basically got the same active ingredient as Viagra, Cialis, all the good stuff, but this is the chew, and that's why we rock with it. Because with Blue Chew, there's no awkward doctor's visits. There's no like, oh, uh, I think maybe uh, I could use some help. Oh, maybe, uh, uh, you know, I'm getting a little older. Oh, maybe I just want to feel more confident. Uh Uh-uh, none of that. You're not talking to a doctor. You are doing an online consult with a licensed practitioner over the internet, and they will send it directly to your door. That's right. It's easy as that, in discreet packaging, directly to your door, and now you have confidence in your pocket. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you're going out late. Maybe you're like, man, I'm a little tired. I don't know if I got it in me tonight. Uh Uh-uh. You could take a Blue Chew tablet, and all of a sudden, boom, immediate confidence, and you will be bricked up, wooded, in the pants. You know what I'm saying? Ready to rock. Maybe you're just feeling, you know, maybe a little older. Maybe you're like, man, back in the day, I used to just be ready to go whenever I needed it. Oh, you might be in need of a little Blue Chew tablet. You know what I'm saying? You could just be blowing backs out all night. Now, maybe you're listening to this and you're one of these guys that's like, oh, Mark, I don't need this. I have a great time in the bedroom. Hey, don't knock it till you try it because you might be having a great time, but what if I told you you could be having an even better time? Imagine that. What if we're talking multiple rounds? What if we're talking harder? What if we're talking bigger? I'm just saying, look, it might be worth trying. And if you're interested in checking it out, like I was. I tried it out. I'll be honest, I've used it. That's true. I went camping with three of my friends. It was cold. It was late at night. And we didn't have a tent. So what did I do? I took a Bluetooth tablet and I, I pitched a tent for all of us. We slept, snuggled up underneath the, the warmth of my wood. <laughs> so if you're interested in checking out the amazing Bluetooth tablets from the good people over at Bluetooth, here is what I want you to do, okay? I want you to go to Bluetooth.com. That's B-L-U-E. Chew, C-H-E-W dot com. Chew it and do it, baby. And for the listeners of this show, for the good people, for the good campers that tune in every week, I want you to try Blue Chew for free. Yeah. That's something I'm willing to do for you. I'm losing a lot of money doing this. I'm bleeding money. Just so you guys can try Blue Chew for free. And here's what you do. You go to BlueChew.com and use the promo code GAGNON, G-A-G-N-O-N, and you will receive your first month for free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. That's like a cup of coffee in New York City, or three cups of coffee anywhere else. Just think about that. $5 shipping, and you can get your first month for free, directly to your door. And that is what Blue Chew can do for you. So visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you so much to Blue Chew for sponsoring this wonderful program. Let's get back to the show. And that's the big thing. Like, nobody should give you shit. Like, make that shit, you know? 100%. So, like, you know, I can't wait to come watch you, you know, perform. Like, I like that shit. Like, I like, and I like, you know, I like being there, like, just, you know, got your back. Yeah, You know, that kind of thing. And there's not, as you can tell, I don't like a lot of people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I could care less about, you know, how these people, like, you know, I go to dinner, I sit, I no problem sitting at the bar by myself at the end. Right. And then people come talk to me, like, man, fuck, I just want to be left alone. Yeah, yeah, Where you like people, you yeah, know? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, I, you know, I sit, I go to Texas Roadhouse, and I'm sitting on the corner here, and then somebody comes over and sees me, and all of a sudden thinks I'm approachable. Yeah, which, yeah. And I talk to everybody. Right. I have no problem doing it, but if I can sit there and just eat alone and be out, I do it. You're chilling. 
But I would also love that anybody can help to make to the next level, like I, we all eat together. If yeah. we're down, we're all eating together. So if we have a deal, I say, listen, we just made a hundred grand. We're just gonna put the shit on the table and we're gonna eat it. That's cool. That you know. So I'm not greedy either. That's right. what. That's the one thing the prison also, because you see, greed is what fucked a People lot. People get of, fucked up. Greed and jealousy, and yeah. the mo- you know, like the the split second, not thinking about what you're gonna do for that second, and then your whole life changes. You fucked up, man. It's cool that you were able to turn it around. I really think that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not hard. It's not hard. You just gotta take. Take it to the right way. Yeah, and you have all the talents. You always had the skills. It was just applied in the wrong thing. Is that around a business? It was a drug game instead of a you know yeah, yeah, a yeah. construction company. Yeah. Did you ever see like any of the guys like the dude that uh, snitched on you or any of the other co-defendants or anything like that? I see him all the time. And what happens with those relationships? I laugh at them. The what about, what about the other co-defendants? Um, I don't see I don't see many of them because it's just you know we're totally different spots. Yeah. Some of them are still fucking. Doing nothing. Right. Um, but the one that told, like, I see him and just laugh at him. Like, I just blatantly, like, you're a fucking clown. Yeah. They said I bought the houses next to him and across the street. Yeah. Just to be a dick. That's petty. Oh, fuck <laughs> it, but it's awesome. Listen, I want, and yeah. if, if my chick at the time didn't talk me out of it, I was painting a rat on the side of the house that he walks out of his front door and put his name on it. No. I swear to God. I was going to. <laughs> like, I tortured, that's how mentally, like, you know, beating right. him up. What's beating him up going to do? Right. He's going to heal. Long game. Yeah, fuck your head up so you kill yourself, <laughs> <laughs> bro. Fucked up, man. Dev, this was this was very interesting, man. I'll be honest, Thank you. I I, uh, I didn't expect to like you. Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> even better. You, you kind of flipped me, man. I'll good, be honest. Good. This is very interesting. And uh, going from like childhood, I can see how your mentality and everything kind of formed into where you're at now. Mm-hmm. And then it's cool that prison was able to to wake you up. Like, yo, I don't want to do this yeah, shit. You don't want to. Anybody listening or watching you, you don't want to go. Trust yeah. me. No do you think at this point you made more in real estate than you ever did in ever. A... Really? Oh, by far. That's cool. I'm, I'm six figures a year without thinking. Yeah. I'm seven figures a year without thinking. Yeah. And now it's on cruise control. That's dope, man. And so, you know, like the, back then it was a struggle. Now, it's like it's now I walk in and know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that's, I like that part. You know, like the real estate, you know, I love looking at these pieces of shit houses mm-hmm. and knowing what I can do. You know, in, in my, I do it different than a lot because, you know, I, I put the team together. And that's the other thing, like, you know, real estate, like, the, you know, like the subs and shall saying, like, they made more money than I did when I started this shit. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I drove around and found every best carpenter on the job site. So, yo, what are they paying you? I'll make it better. Come over to me because I know it's still cheaper than what it's going to cost to get it done by subbing it out and put together a team myself. Interesting. So... My rate, like my electrician and my plumber, I can redo a whole house for three grand when it'll cost me 15. It'll cost you 15 to get sun. it done. Yeah. So I, I, I bought a backhoe so I can dig my own shit. Like, you ever do mushrooms? No, I don't do drugs. Never. I'm not, my, my mind should never do any mind altering shit. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> no, that's like, I thought about it. I was like, you know, because there, uh, a chick was like, you don't do mushrooms? I was like, I just don't think I should. My my old assistant girl, the Alexis, she was like, I want to do mushrooms. I was like, I don't think I should. Yeah, I mean, if you don't think you should, then I definitely don't. But I just, uh, I think that would be the, like the last like ripple in your story. Is do you like, like them? I have only done mushrooms like twice. I want to grow them. <laughs> I swear to God, I was looking at mushrooms. You look at my phone, I was looking at mushrooms. It's called a shit block. Make sure it's legal. Make sure it's legal. I yeah, th- you can I think, grow yourself, right? I think you can. I don't, yeah, really know. I don't fucking know. But, but a mushroom, uh, that's not, it can't be illegal. <laughs> that dude got called eight and a half million. Did you see that? No. He grew eight and he, had, he got caught, I think it was in New Jersey, eight and a half million dollars worth of mushrooms in his house. 
You can Google this shit, yeah. That's crazy. Kid Yunkin, probably 20 something years. Eight Damn. and a half mil. That's wild. But I saw like they were selling on like Facebook or whatever. Like a, it's called a shit block. Yeah. 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 yeah, I, yeah I mean, they sell them in like Amsterdam. Like yeah, they oh, just yeah. sell just yeah. like seeds, whatever. You can grow all your mushrooms. And I think they're pretty easy to grow. I mean, did you do it? No. Nah, what do you I think? Mean, I did mushrooms one time with a high dose and it was great. I, What's like, it do? So for me, I did it like very therapeutically. I don't really like drugs like that. Like I don't really do you smoke. Both? No, no. It makes me paranoid. I get a little I start, even, even like indica. See, I take edibles at night, just go to sleep. I, I sleep start, five hours. I start thinking about planets and stuff, bro. I start thinking about a plant. I'm like, what is a planet? How is it even up there? It's just floating. Oh, you there. overthink. Oh my god, dude, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. I just like get anxious. I I can't fuck with any of this. So okay. I, I, yeah, so I don't like to smoke. And like I'll drink sometimes like, if I'm with my girl, yeah, I'll drink, drink but not really. So I don't really fuck with drugs. Never done cocaine. I did Molly one time. That was awesome. Have you done Molly? I've never done any drugs. I've only eaten edibles. Maybe Molly would be good for you too. I don't want that shit. But the only reason I bring it up is because, like, the mushrooms for me, like, it helps you get in touch with emotion in a positive way. So and again, I don't know if you need this. I'm not telling you. Oh, no, listen. I, I mean, I, I, I'm open to anything. But I just, I found it very helpful for me. Like, it helped me, like, sort of, like, uh, evaluate and kind of manage a lot of my feelings. It was very interesting. It wasn't like I'm at a party seeing all this crazy shit. It was like I was in the woods. Like on a hammock, I got like a cabin, like oh, with my okay. with yeah, my yeah. girl, and I would just like I. So it's just you too. Yeah, yeah. See, I'd probably be okay with like. And she I'd was she was sober. Right. She was just taking care of me. And so you need somebody to handle you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just in case I start bugging out, like I don't know well, what's that's gonna. What happen. I don't want because like you said, you know, what I mean? like <laughs> this shit, this this mind's fucked up already. Right. That's how I feel. I'm like, my, I'm I don't want to start geeking out there in the woods. Right, so yeah, like yeah. I'm like, okay, just take care of me. I just laid there. I listened to music. The music was amazing. Like I was listening, say, I was listening to Pink Floyd. And then I didn't really see anything crazy. Like when I closed my eyes, like there was colors that were really like vibrant. That was really interesting. And then like visually things got like a little wavy. The trees kind of get like a little wavy. But it's more like the internal feeling where I started thinking about things in just a different way. Like you're able to like three-dimensionally look at situations that normally are like two-dimensional. But does it stick with you? Like, did you you remember kind of like yeah, what you're thinking? The advice sticks with you. Are you? Yeah. Hundred percent. For me, again, I might be different I, I, for other I'll people. I'll try it. I don't. I mean, they're for not me, bad. I felt like the advice stuck with me, and I was able to sort of like see situations with a different lens, and I was able to understand other people's motivations when normally I would be more, you know, resistant to understanding their perspective. And I came out of it being like, oh wow, I get why they felt that, and that I had more empathy towards them. Or I was like, I get why I was anxious about this thing. It wasn't actually about the thing. It was about this other thing. Right. And I was able to understand more fully what it was. And it was just really helpful. And I did it one time, and it was like eight months ago. I haven't done it since. Are you going to? I'll probably do it like once a year as like a mental check-in. Like it just kind of like. Fuck it, I'm trying. Let me know I, what we're doing. Look, I, I got look. a house in the Poconos. We'll do there. <laughs> I got an Airbnb in the Poconos. I, look, on fucking I don't know what's acres. going on in your brain, though. I don't want you I don't want you to start going crazy, start beating me up see, in the shower. A, yeah, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, right? face like, shots. Yeah, no face shots. <laughs> no face shots. <laughs> but and I'm saying like that. that's something that. I would definitely explore if we had somebody take care of us. But yeah. I don't. I could not. I just, you know, like I've seen people with bad trips, like acid. Yeah. Well, like I don't want shit coming at me. Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also, know. I also think it matters, like the intention. Are you going into it to like see some crazy shit? Or no, are you, I don't are, want to. Right. I, or are like, you going into it to like try to work on yourself? Right. You know I would hundred percent do that. So like, I even know a, a psychologist who lives in Vermont that does like. MDMA therapy and psilocybin therapy. So like literally, Joe Rogan had done, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So like, it's it's very therapeutic. You go in, like he tells you everything that's going to go on. You journal, like, and it's not you're not talking to someone. It's not you're like how long does it last? Uh, mine was probably like four hours. That's kind of long to be fucked up, but it doesn't feel long because you're in there just being like, whoa, everything is different than what I thought. Not everything, but like this situation is uh is not what I thought it was in my perspective on myself. It's like. 
it's like for me at least the way I always describe it is like I took my own advice like people can come to me for advice and be like Mark what should I do in this situation I'd be like oh do this that and the third like I had all these great ideas but then when it came to my own thing you don't do what you think what you, you would, give great advice but don't think exactly uh-huh. or like I would get caught up in my own way or whatever and then I afterwards I was like yeah why am I anxious about this why am I worried about this everything's fine Right. Like it just it it cooled me out and it like really helped. And again, are you an anxious person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you? I mean, like not like everyday life. I'm not like oh my god, just jittery. But like, I'll just like be thinking about work all the time, or I'll be thinking about what I got to do next. And but does that drive you though? Oh, 100 like, percent. Yeah, because but, people don't think like like I think like that too. I don't need to work. Right. But I think about like what am I gonna do? Like when I have a day off Thanksgiving, I gave away 400 meals. I didn't even go to Thanksgiving dinner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I was thinking that like. Because Wednesday we started, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, didn't do I'm fucking losing my mind. Right. I don't have to work another day in my life. I don't want to. Right. But I, I like, I'm like, oh fuck, Sunday I'm not checking job sites. Like I'm just, exactly. you know, I can't I, even... I'm on that time. Like yeah, I'm, I'm checking analytics. I'm writing jokes. I'm thinking about what the tour. St- I'm trying to find show. Like I'm always just like ruminating. Yeah. When sometimes I need to be present, or like I'm hanging with my girl and we're at dinner and she can kind of tell that I'm not really there yeah, because I'm, I'm over here thinking about work shit. But does she, it, so, not to get in your personal, but is like, does she have, does your, she have a good job? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because so, that's my ex, the, the station, one of my, she didn't understand that, that I want to work every day. Right. You know, Which again, there's personality types and we're different people and like, you know, she has her own job and she loves her work and it's like a legit, you know, she's a medical professional and does okay. her thing and it's great. And, but it's just like. You know, when we're spending time together, like family is family is important to me. Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. so like I have a wife and I'm building my family with her. And it's like being present in that relationship is very important to nourishing the relationship. Eventually we're gonna have kids and being present with my kids is very important. And if I'm just constantly running off thinking of other shit, it's hard to be present with them. And then how is that gonna affect them? Yada yada yada. This is just what where I'm at in my life. So like yeah, things like mushrooms were helpful. Therapy, again, was not really that helpful because I was able to tell a therapist kind of like you, just like... What what's, what they want to hear. Yeah, or he'd be like, you know, how are you feeling with this? And I'd be like, nah, I feel kind of like this, but then I would explain... Because, again, I know it, but I don't internalize it. Correct. And mushroom, some, yeah. mushrooms was the only thing that made me take what I knew and feel it. I'm it's, try. it's bizarre. I don't know, and maybe it has different effects for different people. I don't. I can't. No, I've speak heard that numerous times. And actually, I, I looked at like you said, the, the, the girl before said she's like, Dude. I was like, ah, but I just don't listen because if something comes there to me, I'm a fighter. <laughs> yeah, you understand? But, like, I don't want to be in that. Like, I don't like being at all. Like, you don't drink. I don't. You know, I don't drink. I don't want to be. I don't like being out of like conscience. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know of course. What I mean? mm-hmm. So like, I've never done any like coke. Like this is I do these all day. Yeah, pre workout, yeah, morning, yeah, fuck yeah. back. That, you know, I'm, I'm a go like if I were to do drugs, it'd probably be meth because I want to be 100 miles an hour, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, because yeah. I'm always so I like, like I said, smoking. I take edibles at night, yeah, and only because I just go to sleep. That I just helps you sleep, not that, because I've never had a problem sleeping, but it puts me in such a good sleep that you wake up and able to wake, do more. And I feel real good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after four hours, five hours, I mean, that's all less. I wake up, boom, tomorrow, 4 30. Yeah. Boom. Like that. Let's go. Yeah. You're a dog. You gotta, you gotta go. Yeah. You need to be walked. Like, I cannot sit. But then again, you know, five years and fucking locked up, fuck that up. Like, I don't ever wanna, I can't sit still. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the probably longest I sat. Like, (laughs) you know, I'll go to business meetings or investment things. I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah. yeah, You got shit to do. Call me. Like, you know, and that kind of thing. So I definitely would try them. I'd have to be, I don't know if I'd go in the woods because yeah, I wanted something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. The shit might be, the trees might come alive <laughs> and shit. But that's the only thing I'm worried about is like, is is having a bad 
Yeah, of course. Where, you know, because now I'm going to fucking fight a tree. Well, what's interesting is like I've heard people saying I've never had a bad experience. And again, people have bad experiences, of course. With mushrooms or is it only with like acid? I can't speak specifically. I've never done acid. I never really had an interest in it because, again, I don't want to. I'm not in it for the thrill. I'm trying to go into it with like an actual intention of like improving myself. Mm -hmm. And so I've again, for me, like the the fear was that I would see something scary. Yeah, that's like I go into it like I grew up very religious, and so like I had this fear that like, yeah, what if there's a demon? What are if you still? Uh, I believe in God. I, I'm a Catholic. I'm less religious than I probably was, but I still believe in like the fundamental tenets of you know. I couldn't get through the Bible at all. <laughs> no, I just couldn't because yeah. you know it, it to me, and I hate religious discussion. I believe everybody should believe in something. Yeah, but like, like, do you believe in God? No, really. Mm -mm. Do you do you think there is no God, or you just don't know? I don't, well, see, the thing is, I, there's, I have no evidence. Mm -hmm. So I'm a man that just, just show me and I'll believe you. Like, if you talk to God and tell him, I'll buy him dinner. <laughs> like, come down during the Dallas game and say, I'm God. Yeah, I'll 100% yeah, yeah. believe you and I'll do whatever you want. Yeah. But there's so many gods and so many problems over religion. Mm -hmm. There's more people killed in religion than anything else in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so many different gods. Like, so who's God's right and who's God's wrong? Right. So there's no, there's just not enough definitive evidence for me to, Understands, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, that makes sense. Because I'm not smart enough, honestly. Nah, like, I, <laughs> I'm, no, no, but I, I, like, I'm good at what I'm good at, mm -hmm. and I can admit that. But there's other shit. Like, I have no idea. Like, I tried to read the Bible, and I tried to like, I got through seven pages, and like, you know, did this and seven. So they're like, well, the seven days is really well. No, that to me, I need to spell it out. Right. Like, I did this in the first hundred years, not the first. That, you know, that <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then a, a guy talking to one guy in a burning bush. I'm like, it, to <laughs> me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. I want to see what's around the corner. I don't want to believe it. Right. But I believe in me. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm a god by any means, but if there's a problem, I look in the mirror like, Dev, how are we going to handle this? Where right. other people, if it helps them, say, God's going to help me get through this or God's going to help my. But where was God like doing the nine one ones and you know the towers and shit? Like you know, good people died too. Right. They believed in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like there's so many conflicting things that I just don't even want to get. And and you're Catholic, which is mm. I think is a huge business. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I look at it, dollars and cents. I mean, yeah, they're the yeah, biggest yeah. business in the world. Yeah. And they're sitting on the most cash in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's 100%. just how does that? Where does that come? You know, like that kind of thing. For me, the way that I understand, at least now, and I'm kind of grappling with it still, so I don't necessarily have like a very fully like fleshed out uh, sort of like idea on it. But for me personally, like I, I like and I believe in the idea of like a higher power. I, I that, like that idea. That I'm like, just the, all of us getting here on earth like there's this like this little bubble that just exists and where did it come from matter can't be created or destroyed except for an energy yeah exactly except for the beginning of everything so like that is like a big question mark where i'm like how did this come to be how do we have consciousness how are we walking around there must be some type of like greater thing and probably a lot of these religions are an attempt to explain that greater thing um and I don't know if necessarily all of them are right or wrong. I can't speak to that specifically. But I do think the tenets, at least for me, for like Catholicism were like very helpful. Like I think just like the ideas of like humility, love people that hate you is like a very like powerful. Agreed. There's definitely good things in it. But sure. it's the, you know, it's the, it's the higher thing like you're going to go to heaven when you die. 
Listen, I think we'll to hell in every religion. <laughs> no matter how much good I do. You understand? Like, well, I don't, I don't know if Jews can... have hell, so you might want to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. You know, listen, I, I try, and this, like, every day, and, and I don't tell people, like, what I do, but every day I buy somebody a meal. Mm. Like, I'm in a position now where I can help somebody every right. day. You know, I was at, I buy for somebody's grocery. Like, I was at a grocery store two days ago, and the guy's counting his fucking quarters to buy, like, $20 worth of shit. I was like, there's 50. Yeah, yeah. But I don't tell anybody about it. Like, I, I buy people dinner, I leave before they know it's me. That's cool. Because I don't even want you to say thank you because I know you appreciate it Mm -hmm. and I don't post you know you see these guys on Facebook oh look I just gave this listen I post on Facebook we we gave 400 meals out because I want and not like who no picture anybody Mm -hmm. I just put a little quote you know get long day 400 meals but you know Kensington was the fentanyl they used to get back to it the fentanyl's fucking people up they don't think this border's fucked up I've never seen listen and I've been in drug game I've seen a lot of bad shit I've never it's a zombie land in Kensington right now in Philly I mean they're just it's, it's, it's terrible. Insane. Like, there's something neat. And even though I was in drugs, somebody needs to get a hold of this shit. Mm-hmm. But, and they're giving needles out. Like, there's 10,000 needles on the fucking ground because yeah. they give them needles free. That Make that make sense to me. Who says that's a good idea? Yeah. So, <clears throat> it's just, it's, it, it's, I, I like helping somebody all the time. And I, no matter how much I help, I don't want, I don't want people to say thank you. Yeah. Like, I just want to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, like, think that's, I think that's awesome. But, you know, but I also want to, like, you've seen, seen my folks, like we did, I want to say, hey, everybody says, oh, I want to help next year. And then next year it comes, like, oh, man, you know, I got to go to my mom's for dinner. So you don't just say that because you yeah. don't mean that. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, you know, like I said, I didn't have Thanksgiving. I got done at 4, I started at 4.30, 5.30. I fell asleep at my couch at 7.30. My parents, they all had their shit. They knew I was doing what I do. I do yeah. that until Christmas. I don't care about that shit. Like, I can do it anytime I want. These mm-hmm. people can't. You know what I mean? So if I can help somebody when I can, I, I enjoy that without, I don't want people to know. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. So just, I, to me, those are like the tenets of like any great religion. Like I think Islam probably has tenets of humility. I think Judaism has tenets of humility. Like just those types of things for me, I always thought were very like helpful and good for like, uh, you know, society building in general. So like those are the things I try to hold on to. Anything where it's like, yo, I you hate. You just try to live right. Yeah, hate someone or kill someone for their religion is obviously bullshit. So like, yeah, I don't I mean, abide by that. Uh, but to the mushroom thing, my fear was that I was going to see something terrible. And then when I was like, all right, I'm just going to confront what my fear is. Then the fear went away. Like, it's a bizarre thing. Like in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to see this thing I'm afraid of. Like if there's going to be a demon that's going to show up in my mind, like, let and it- what do you do if it shows up though? What is, what is your, so in your mind, see where I think three steps ahead, mm-hmm. I'm thinking if I see that now, what's my next step? So what did you think? If mm-hmm. you see that, what do you do now? So my, what, what? my, my thought was if this thing shows up, whatever this thing is, I'm going to try to think of the scariest thing. I'm going to try to conjure the scariest thing in my mind and handle it. And I'm going to confront it. And then the second I saw this thing, which was nothing, I'd literally nothing even vaporized. It was just like, it was just a dark cloud or something. And I close my eyes and I see this dark cloud and it's like much, much more vivid because the mushrooms kind of like, I don't know what it is. Like you can, you feel like this thing in your brain where you can like see colors and like lights. Like you can like, like it's, it's a, it's a weird thing to describe. Like that whole mind's eye thing uh-huh. where people talk about like you have an eye in your brain or whatever. It's, I've never felt it except for mushrooms. And you close your eyes and you're like, oh yeah, I can see stuff in here. It's bizarre. And so I was like, okay, let me see the scariest thing I can think of. I close my eyes and nothing comes about. And then it goes away. And then the next like three hours were just awesome. Awesome. And, but it, to so me. So you got that out of the way ahead of, like that was that your was first the thing. First, like, so who told you minutes. to do that? Because if I didn't know, if you didn't say that, 
Exactly. I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't even know what to do. So it was two people. One was uh, a psychologist I actually spoke to on this show about psilocybin and, and okay. just drug research I saw in that. general. I saw, okay, yeah, yeah. And he was awesome. He, he was like the best dude. Rick Barnett, he's a great guy. And then the second one was Graham Hancock. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He has a show on Netflix, uh, Ancient Apocalypse, which is basically, he's like an alternative history guy where he okay. tries to break down history through a different lens. Um, and goes to all these different sites and has explanations that are really interesting. But he's also like a big psychedelic drug user. And the thing that he brought up, his quote specifically was, when the snake rears its head, jump into its mouth. So if you're in an experience and, you know, this, the most horrible thing you can think of, a snake shows up in your face, you can't run from it. If you run from it, that's when the experience goes bad. That's when you have a bad trip. That's when you start trying to not think of it, and then not thinking of it makes, makes it, you think of it, and then yeah. and then it starts to fester in your brain. Where instead, you see it and you attack it directly. You go straight into it, and then once you go straight into it, the thing goes away, which is true in life also, yeah, you, right? You, like you stand up to your shit. Exactly. Like, yeah. So like, don't run. And if something is bugging you, which it doesn't seem like you have an issue with this, this thing specifically. Like if something's bugging you, a lot of people will ignore it. They'll try to look past it. They'll pretend it's not bugging them. And then it's just eating them up yeah, inside, see, that, and they don't even realize that's it. the worst shit ever. Yeah. And just once you confront it, and you go, "Hey, I fucked up. I did this thing wrong," or "Hey, this thing you did to me was pissing me off, and I want to talk about it," then all of a sudden, it just it goes away. And so to me, it was like a lesson in that, and I actually really retained it beyond. And it does different things for different people. Again, I don't know. I don't think it's a panacea. People talk about like psychedelics and things like, "Oh, this will solve all your problems." I don't think that's true either. But for me specifically in that one case, it was very productive and uh, I'll probably do it again. But again, it's very much like a set and setting thing. Like make it very intentional, get good stuff, work with someone or journal or something that like you get your thoughts out. That's another thing that might be nice is like journaling. You can't bullshit a journal. Right. You can bullshit a therapist. Yeah. But when you're writing your thoughts out, even just the act of just like spilling your brain onto a piece of paper and kind of looking at it being like, Yo, am I an angry person? Am I a sad person? Am I, I wrote a bad? book. I got a book on. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Is it out now? No, it's be probably three months, three or four months. Oh, so cool. I just, I just did the last chapter. Was that productive? Yeah. Yes and no. You know, the thing is, it exposed, because I, it exposes too many people. Like, I don't want certain people to read it because I don't want to hurt them. Sure. You understand? So that is my biggest thing right now. So mm -hmm. the, the, the girl that's helped me write is like, I need to know about these relationships. Well, I don't want to hurt the leg. I don't want to do like I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. and that's the hardest part. Like, I wrote great things about everybody, mm -hmm. but then I don't. I just you know, I, what I is private is private to me. Right. You know, and, and that's the beauty of a journal is that you can it's, put it's some me, shit and down. That's what I'm saying because a book it just is like fuck. But, you know, it it's, it it chronicles everything, and there's so many like text messages and things that like nobody would ever know or from different. You know, like we have all that. So it it was it was very helpful in in getting me past like. Not angry at people, but say, like, it just helped me get past them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, the things they did were kind of, like, fucked up. Yeah. Because they thought not – and it wasn't really my own fault. It was my fault because I just didn't pay attention enough because I don't think like that. Mm -hmm. But then it also showed me, like – and when she came back, she said, well, what do you think about this? Like, you know, when the girl read it first, she's like, let's go further in this because this kind of makes – then you understand. Mm -hmm. So that helped in that in that aspect. That's awesome. So, it's, you know, it's like flipping. and it, they, she, Everybody's concerned about these fucking relationships I had, which I don't know why. You know, it's just like – but they want to know, like – because I'm – not listen, 
I don't get angry. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm not gonna fight with you. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I might if I if if I talk loud, that's my yelling. Like <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. like because I I don't have any desire to do that, mm-hmm. and I don't have and you know, like I said, I don't defend myself. You can write whatever the fuck you want. To, I don't care. You mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, if I'm put in your head and you don't sleep night, I won. Right. I'm still going to sleep just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I know I won. So that was the hard thing is like just getting this the relationship part because that's probably my biggest hurdle in life mm-hmm. is you know like maintaining a good relationship and and because of my past yeah of course you know and it's always fighting you know like when I meet the mom and dad you know like oh he was in prison bitch I was in prison ten fucking twelve years <laughs> ago you know, you mean like I'm way past that and the, the people I know are ten times more important than you you know so it's hard like that part and then you know like I said banging these fucking Chicks, like, what's your body count? You don't want to know. Like, don't ask me. But, in, like, in the book, they want to know. Like, right. I'm like, she's like, you guys, I said, I can't, I'm not doing that. Right. I refuse to do that. Mm-hmm. Five. That's my number, five. So, you, you know, it's just what I say. Five, come on, bro. Five, man, five. That's, here's what I say, and I tell five without a condom. That's all that counts. With a condom, it doesn't count. Yeah, that's, you're having sex with rubber, bro. Honestly. That's it. Yeah. That's, listen, so it doesn't count against your body count. So I think I'm six. Six, maybe yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and when I tell these you know, chicks on day, I'm like, yeah, they, how many people are like, five, six, I don't yeah, fucking yeah. know. Shut the fuck, you know. So it's just, you know, it's like one of those things. So they, you know, they, they have a problem. You just tell, you don't want to know. Right. Don't ask questions you don't want to know. I'm big on that. So, you know, like, the, the school teacher I started dating, you know, years before I got in trouble. I meet her first thing. They, What's your body count? She's like thirty six. And she starts crying. I was like, honestly, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. If, listen, it's not me. You're not fucking. You, you got anything? Like, takes. I don't give a fuck. You fuck two hundred because yeah. it's not. That's, that's your past. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? But then me, you know, oh, you fuck this. But you know, like women can't don't look at past it. Like men, I think too. Either you right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially so, you, if you say you're not jealous, like, yeah, I'm why not. would you care what someone did before they met you? Listen, I laugh when we see ex boyfriends. Right. Like, now I'm fucking her. Yeah. You know, like, I want my, everybody I'm out with, I want everybody to say, damn, that chick's hot, I want to bang her. And I just look back like, hey, I'm taking her home night and you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's my mentality. Because mm-hmm. if it was any around and you're looking at my chick's got big fake tits and, you know, this gorgeous girl, and you get jealous, for what? Right, you get protective for you, no reason. Yeah, for no reason. Yeah, I yeah. saved that shit for when she didn't understand, like, I took her to the casino, like, one of the first times we went out, this is my ex, and she wanted to hold my hand. I said, Steve, you can't hold my hand. If you hold my hand... First, my left hand's carrying, covering my money, and my right hand is swing, because I never get out of that protection mode. Right. So if you're in my group, my job is to provide and protect for you. Like I totally, like I die for my people. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I said, Stacey, you don't understand. I know what bad is, so I know these dudes that are looking all around are looking for a dude to take advantage of. He's got a pocket full of money. Don't hold my hand. We get in the car, you can hold my hand. Mm-hmm. But we're walking through the casino, and I got ten thousand in my pocket. Don't fucking touch me. Mm-hmm. Walk next to me. Hold my arm. Keep this hand because I got to swing and I got to protect my money. You know. Right. And but if people don't understand that too. You know what I mean? But I see, because of where I came from, I see the bad in people. Right. I know these intentions. Like yeah, this dude's talking to me. He's nice. No, he's trying to. He's trying to text him right now. And say, do you want to fuck and see what he says? Right. You know, all these girls like, oh, he's just my friend. Okay, well, if he's your friend, <laughs> text him right now. Say oh, you're a hookup. I guarantee he's like, I'm yes. Like, I would never do. That. I said it doesn't matter what you would do. It's what they would do. Yeah. So that's what I say. Well, like I'm in your face. Like that's how that's how it is. You listen. He's your friend. All right. Text him right now. Say you want to fuck and see what he says. Yeah. Because then you'll really know. But then no, that's what I say. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know. So that's the test. But now nah, listen. Life is good. Jail sucks. 
Man, that's awesome. This is an awesome spot, man. I love it. This is an awesome set. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. I'm really Impressive. generally I'm 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 grateful that you came through and shared your story. And uh yeah, I'm glad that you're doing better and, and that you're out and, and living life. Yeah, I'm not going back. Fuck yeah. that. No more. No. No more. No jaywalking. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully someone listening to this that's that's wrapped up in it knows yeah, that there's a know, way to get out. And listen, I've I, with Ian's and a couple other podcasts I did, um, I bet you I've I bet you probably on Ian's podcast alone, I bet you a hundred I've talked to a hundred people. Yeah. Like in the similar situations and like I spent four hours on the phone with a dude. That's cool. You know, just like you know, it's gonna be good. And I have no problem. Like I'm cool with that. You know, so like um the, for the T V thing they wanted me to like open up I left used to keep my social media closed. Mm -hmm. So they're like, just open it up, let people I'm like I don't want people fucking looking at me. Like I don't want them talking to me. Yeah. But I did. And I'm glad because now, you know, like I said, I was able to talk to people like this guy, Brian, uh Brian Compton, he's he's from BC Limited. He has like a little clothing company. Mm -hmm. During COVID, he was on the marketplace where he said some political shit and they shut him down. Mm. During COVID, like about the the vaccine. He had a big building going on selling all his BC with like like this one of his shirts, not my you know, just like you know, shit like that. Like, you know, he's like alpha dude you know like mm -hmm. a real man which i think you know there are not many of them left yeah and i got on i had that i hate people hat on his shit blew up because that was his hat oh really and he's, he's like dude i'll send you i said i don't want don't send me anything bro just whatever you want if i can help you get bigger i will i don't need you I'm, you're, what you gonna send me some fucking 500 hours not gonna change my life yeah keep it dude get your shit back so like you know i was telling you to help people then i had a guy walking down the store that he's like yo dude can you come talk to my kids in third grade i was like i don't give a fuck like He's like, how much you want? I was like, oh, don't worry about it, man. He's like, I'll pay for your... Man, listen, I'll come in there, give me an hour, I'll give you an hour. You know, that kind of shit. So I like this platform of being able to, if I can help do a couple people, it's good for me. That's tough. And that's true, you know what I mean? Well, Dev, I appreciate yeah, you, brother. Bro. Thank you so much, man.